Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 158 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you. Today, we are introducing to you Forbidden Lands. Why are they called Forbidden Lands? I don't know. We'll find not out. Not there. You're not, well, <laughs> uh, you're, well, once you go there, you don't go back. Uh, in segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals and even the occasional how-to of system settings and game mechanics. I am John Maxley Oslo, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is our Rift's RPG reincarnation of Stephen Irwin, Brett, Ethan Dodd Grissomer. How are you today, sir? Stephen Irwin. <laughs> Crikey! Today I'm not going to die, man! I don't want that! From a from a seemingly innocuous well to to a layman a seemingly innocuous creature that that's horrible it's 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 like it's like being killed by a koala sure it's possible but you, you people are gonna laugh at you because the layman doesn't understand that koalas are dicks yeah they are but uh, let's let's get some chatting here he's got a chill gamer Ooh. three months as a member that's outstanding thank yeah. you very much. And, uh, you know, if you if you watch the Friday stream, you'll know that uh, we're going to have a special giveaway or two for you members only members folks only. once we once we hit 5000. That's right. Some members only books going on there and 5000 members. That is. That's right. Listen <laughs> to Crafty. It's Sunday. Have you have tied to guess, guess who has? Yep. Chill gamer. And he got there three seconds beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week. Uh, I went to the Re Michigan Renaissance Fair. Did you, do you call it Fair Festival in Michigan? Uh, it used to be Renaissance Fair. I think now it's festival. Okay. I, like everywhere I've been, it's Renaissance uh, Festival, but Renfest. But everywhere I've not been, it was called Fair. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it depends on the region, I guess. But it used, used to be Fair. Now it's festival. But, you know, whatever. So I got, I got my fried pickles, which I love. I love fried pickles. Got my fried pickles. Deep fried? I got the... I got my wife some bath salts. They're for me to snort. But, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, oh, that reminds me. No, that seriously reminds me. I finally found out why all of our videos are going limited ads. Why? Apparently, one of the videos, or, or I've had a recent uh, spree of videos that YouTube doesn't agree with me on. And uh, when I, when I uh, do the, hey, I want ads and, you know, whatever, I've got cursing in there. You know, all those dumb little things you have to check. But apparently, I've had 10 videos that they didn't agree with. And I didn't refute them because I didn't care. Mm -hmm. But apparently, if you don't refute them, that automatically say, oh, counts. Okay with it. The automatic, well, because I didn't care. They were the, the YouTube comments videos. I'm like, I'm not going to argue that. We probably said something in there that was dumb. I, don't, I just don't care. Um, but because I didn't refute it, I didn't. Oh, so no, that's not true. Please manually review it. It automatically counts against you. So now all of our videos are limited ads unless I get manual review. And it's been like that for a couple of weeks, and I was trying to figure out why. Now I know why. So uh, you smoking bath salts? Well, guess what? Now I can't monetize this video. <laughs> it's not those kinds of bath salts, YouTube. It's not those kind. I don't care anyway. But we make stuff. all of our money, to be honest, like 98% of our money in Super Chats anyway, So and yeah, membership. Right. So thanks, you guys. Yeah, thank you, members. And uh, what else? Um, no. Hey, you can get some live action responses to your stuff it's monday king's what king birthday king's <laughs> king's birthday, birthday holiday, holiday here, here in, in Queensland, Queens. australia okay all right well just just to let you know mercurius uh this this Thank book you. is not good oh it's not a good book it's a it's a bad book now it's it's not bad 
because it's you know written written very poorly it's it's not bad because you know the the aborigines or or whatever are put in a bad light that's just that's just dumbass fucking forum talk don't worry about that i'm gonna talk more about that later but uh it's incomplete there was supposed to be more books those books never happened and crucial data is missing from this book and when i say crucial you're gonna find out when i when i get to the occs and rccs now now an experienced game master can always do what he wants but yeah but you gotta make a occ but when you buy a source book kind of are buying it for the purpose of having that information given to you yeah that's it you don't want to make your own occ you you don't but you're gonna have to if you want to because there is an occ in this book that relies on an occ that doesn't exist how how messed up is that it doesn't work and adventure ideas baby (laughs) and my my final segment adventure ideas is all me making up shit because there aren't (laughs) there just aren't i mean I'm, i'm having a deja vu moment here well hey but that but that's good because adventure ideas should be coming from us and explain what you can use the book for so i mean i'm well, okay no, with no, that part. It, it, it that i understand that that sentiment but with uh with with palladium world books they they're supposed to have their own built-in uh storyline all of them do well most of them do the ones that don't are the outliers that are bad and this one doesn't so that's not good. Oh, crafty. He's wrong. Oh, <laughs> I don't have any. I haven't followed any of it. I know there is now. So I don't believe in solo play. A solo play is a choose your own adventure book. You yeah. paid for it. You paid poorly. <laughs> yeah. You know, either choose your own adventure book or solitaire. Great. Fun yeah. game. If you have no friends. Now, to be fair, uh, Forbidden Lands does uh, does now have uh, some solo play options available to it, but uh, I do not agree with. I don't call it playing an RPG. I know some people. No, it isn't. It's no, not role playing if it's solo play. No. It's a choose your own adventure book. I have some solo play games. I have Four Against Darkness for sure, and I think I have one other one. I'm not saying they're bad games. I'm saying they're not role playing games, and I will take that to the grave. Don't care. Um, but as far as that goes, Forbidden Lands, yeah, I mean, I can see how it can become solo play because it has all the features of it. You got your own little hex crawl. You've got, uh, I mean, everything's baked into the game. It just needs a couple of tweaks to make it solo play. But I am very anti, I'm anti solo play when it comes to tabletop RPGs. I understand. Oh, I'm going to talk about one other secret too that we're not going to read in the book, but I'm going to mention it. It's the, uh, the, um, the the ogre we'll call it ogre remind me to talk about ogres okay so should i give a spoiler for you guys or should i wait make them wait make them wait all right so uh what anything is, uh, well i'm not shut down damn it yeah you gotta <laughs> I work was tomorrow. looking forward to having monday i i wanted this week off because i'm on leave the week after and it would have been perfect they could have just taken one damn week to come to some sort of, you know, resolution. No, they had to do a lesson, but I knew it. I, I was telling everybody at work, people are like all excited, like, yeah, dude, are you ready for some time off? Like, we're not going to have time off. I knew it, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm bummed about it. But, you know, I, I suspected this was going to happen anyway. Yeah, well, I, I said the same thing to to my my younger family members. I have I have uh, two cousins who have college loans. They're saying, oh, we're getting college debt. No, you're not. That's not going to happen. 
no, no, it's going to happen. The, the president said so. He doesn't have a say in that. I'm sorry. Yeah, he it's tried and it got shot down. Yeah, it, it got shot down because no, no one's going to agree to that. No one is going to. This, this whole country is a whole bunch of individualists. We are not going to pay for your liberal arts degree. And that's exactly how it's how it's how it was going to be said to fight it. And that's exactly how it was. And guess what? It worked. That's it was a pipe dream. I laughed at them in their face. They're like, you don't have to be mean about it. I'm not being mean. I'm being realistic. Do not count on this. And guess what? They counted on it. They're like, oh, I got this free money now. I don't have to pay. I'm like, you better pay. You better keep paying. Well, like, I don't have to. You're right. You don't, but you should. It's gonna get. It's gonna get forgiven anyway. No, it's not. So well, now back, back they have in to the restart day. their payments. And and what what they do? Like 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 any idiot American, when they got more money per month, their lifestyle went up to match. So now when they now have to pay again, it's gonna hurt more because they have to draw back their lifestyle. Stupid. Uh, Back in the day, doctors and some lawyers didn't pay off their student loans because they knew they'd make enough money. Lawyers were mistaken a lot of times. Doctors weren't um, because they knew that eventually they could pay for everything in cash. Oh, three hundred thousand dollars for a house. Got it. (laughs) Oh, I have bad credit. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Especially in the plastic surgery side. They did a lot of that. Plastic surgery. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. uh, Now everybody's trying to do that. But that no, you you took out a loan. Be a responsible adult. Well, they gouged me. I don't yeah, care that you, you signed. It's not like they if they lied to you in the paperwork. Well, then you got actions, right? Mm-hmm. But if they're following the the agreement that you signed, dude, you're just a dick. You're just a it's like those man. dumbasses that went to those check cashing places that took twenty percent of your paycheck. Yeah, dude, you that's, did that's that. You. But I needed the money. Well, then you needed to give them that money. That's that's how it works, man. You you had an agreement. Follow your agreement. Uh, now. I am not 100% with that. If I can skate by with screwing over a nameless entity and having zero repercussions for it, F you, I'm going to do it. Unless my wife stops me, which is exactly what happened. In 2009, 2010, something like that, Obama was was like, oh, you know, we, we, we have a loan, loan forgiveness for the evil home loans. And I was like, honey, watch this. We owe way we're underwater on this house we owe so much money that if we sold it now we'd still owe like 50 grand if we abandon this house that debt will be forgiven by 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 beautiful beautiful obama and we have enough cash to buy a house two blocks over free and clear that is the exact same layout of this house we can put all our shit in the same spot we just have a different address that's it she was like, no, we can't do that. No, it's not right. No. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not right. It, who is it hurting? The government? Well, they, they did it to us. We'll fucking do it to them. I, I, I know. Didn't happen because she wouldn't allow it. And, she, you know, she has to sign off on anything like that because she's my wife and there's laws. So and anything to do with, with property and wives and stuff like that, you need their signature. So which which I understand don't get me wrong I understand that because my my grandfather actually uh sold the house from under my grandfather and moved to Canada and left her alone with nothing so I get it right I get the law I'm cool with that but that'd have been great right I, I believe in doing the right thing 
but if other people uh, how do i say this so here's an example I, somebody I used to work with was basically triple dipping getting a paycheck from the government getting a retirement from the government and collecting va benefits from the i think he was actually collecting two types of va benefits from the government now to be fair Part of that he absolutely was owed because he done blowed himself up in Afghanistan, okay? Uh, I mean, he's fully functional. He's not missing limbs or whatever. You know, it may have racked his brain a little bit, but uh, but he was... TBIs are no joke, yeah. But he was, he was triple dipping. And I'll give him credit for this. He's like, dude, this is what I'm authorized. So at the same time, if they start looking at this and saying maybe people shouldn't be allowed to triple dip, he's like, I wouldn't complain about it. But everybody else is triple dipping because that's what the law allows. Yeah. And it's blatant. The law allows me to collect a full-on paycheck here, a full-on paycheck that he was making almost three times more than I was doing about half the work. <laughs> Good for him. Well, I, you know, right. I, I mean, I, to me, I, I'm not going to yell at him where, no, don't fill out the paperwork. Don't get what you're, you know, the benefits that you owed are. But those are the type of stuff that we need to clean up. So no, I get it. I get it. I mean, uh, just highway rules sometimes piss me off, like speed of traffic. You can actually get a ticket by going the speed limit if you are going significantly slower than the rest of the traffic because because you're you're causing a danger. In Michigan, there's a law for that. Even in the right lane, because that's usually only left lane laws. It 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 depends. If everyone is passing you and and you you are causing a bottleneck because people behind you have to get around you all the time, you still can be pulled over and give given a ticket for impeding traffic. If you I'm, I'm totally to for that if it's left lane. I'm against that if it's right lane. I understand. And I hate it. I hate it. If I'm going the speed limit and everyone else is breaking the law, why the fuck are you pulling me over? You have you have fish in a barrel, basically, for actual lawbreakers. I'm a firm believer in, in driving with traffic. I don't even pay attention to the speed limit unless I'm the only one on the road. You drive with traffic. But I also drive in Minnesota. They change it to the center lane. That's where you're supposed to drive, not the right lane. Um but uh, that's because I drive in the left. I'm usually faster than most people. Again, I'm not a big speeder. If there's nobody else on the road, I go about five over. But uh, yeah, if, if this if left lane's going 90, I'm going 90 also. I'm not the guy that's going to pull over and go, like, well, the speed limit says 55, so I'm going to slow down. No, get the fuck out of left lane. No, I get it. I get it. And Halcyon is right. You know, keep up with the flow of traffic. Yeah. That's what, yeah, you have to do it in Michigan. I don't know. I don't know about other states if if they have the law, the the impeding flow of traffic law. Even if you're going the speed limit, you're not going below forty five. Because again, only in Michigan is the states I know the 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 speed limit has a lower limit of forty five for highways and a higher limit of whatever the speed limit is. On yeah, that road. yeah. I've seen. I don't I haven't seen them here in Alabama, but in Minnesota we have those minimum speed limit signs. Yeah, minimum also speed forty five. Yeah. So if you're going below that and you get an impeding traffic ticket, I get it. Right. I get it. You're on a highway. Dude, 45 is is a fast, regular road. Dude, get on the regular road if you can't go above 45. We need, we need German traffic laws. German traffic laws are freaking amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, going the speed limit or going, you know, within five of the speed limit, but not quite there and getting a ticket for impeding traffic because everyone's breaking the speed limit. That just sits real wrong with me. I'm the only one following the law and I'm I'm the one who gets a two hundred dollar ticket. The fuck? Were you in the right? Were you in the right lane? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have a problem with that. But all right, let's. Uh, <laughs> let's ouch. Let's uh, get. I, I do want to respond to one comment here. Uh, Jim, you solo play to familiarize himself with the rules. Yeah, yeah, but I don't consider that solo play. I just consider no, that's that not play. Like, that's play testing. Yeah, looking over the game, whatever. If you yeah. want to call it play, that's yeah. fine. But yeah, I do the same it's thing. Not. Yeah, but uh, actual play. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I just... I, I'm not going to tell anybody how to play at the table, but I don't consider if you're like, man, I just got done playing an entire campaign of AD&D. Oh, yeah, who's in your group? Just me. No, you didn't. <laughs> like, lie to me. So, all right. Um, yeah, so let's get ready to rumble. Oh, that's two weeks in a row. Dang it. Now, no, now I know why I'm demonetized. Yep. And... Uh, Oh, that's right. I got to slide. Oh, hang on. One. Hang on. I got to answer a question first. Okay, go ahead. Cause that gives me a moment to slide. Uh, this Halcyon. Uh, he's asking me if the shroom fellas game I ran was own game or pre-made. It is a pre-made. I got third place in uh, what was the year I went with you to Gen Con? Well, we went twice. Uh, I think that was the 2011 one. Two th- it was 2011 and what? 2013? Uh, 2004, 2011. Four, 2004. Okay. Yeah. It was did you go in 15 with us? I don't think you went in 15 I, with us. I was, I was guessing. I was, yeah. I don't think I did. But uh, I got third place in the Cthulhu Masters tournament, and as the prize, I got a copy of the round one game, which is Shroomfellas, and uh, I was given, it was signed by the writer and, and, the, and the judges there, and I was given written permission to use it as, and, in, a, in a game, you know, in, in games. I was given permission by the writer to use it in a game, so I can do it, you know, it, it, it didn't specify a media. So I can do it on video and they, they can't do anything with me. So that's what I did. All right. For segment one today, we are starting a brand new game. As you can see on the screen there, we are starting Forbidden Lands. This has been highly requested. So I have a funny feeling I'm going to get a lot of commentary on this one. Hopefully good. But I'm sure there are going to be some people that, that quibble about some things. Now, we're going to do this very similarly to the way we did Coriolis. There's going to be a bit of read. This is a deep dive, so we're going to read through the book. We're going to see what it has to say. I'm not going to skip too much. With that said, I'm also not going to forecast a lot of things either. I might forecast a little bit, but if something's going to be covered in a future week, well, I'm probably not going to entertain it today. And the intent of that is so that we just can keep on track and we're not bouncing around and we're keeping this in a timely manner. So today we're going to talk about the introduction to Forbidden Lands, and uh, the next video will be on your, your adventure the process and character creation. So that's what we're going to cover today, but let's start with the introduction. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, there we go. There's the cover of the book. I like the cover of this book. Uh, it's also the cover of the box set. Now, there's some things I want to uh, want to clear. I've got some notes here of what we're going to cover today, but uh, only oh yeah, I'm only covering the main rulebook. Please don't ask questions about was it Raven's Purge or um, Blood March? I think is that what it's called, Blood March. I have not read through those books yet. Haven't had the opportunity to do so. This is just going to be the core box set. Uh, oh, hey, I have a module for this game. That you can get for three dollars off a of drive-through RPG. 
Woo-hoo. It used to be other places as well, but uh, I got uh, got told that if you're part of the Free League Workshop, you're only allowed to be on Drive Through RPG, which is why I'm not in Big Geek Emporium, which is where I want to be. Can you but, put the link in chat? Uh, it's, it should be in the description. If not, it will definitely be in the description of the video. Okay. Uh, can't put it in now. And I have videos, two videos on this game already. One that covers the kin and one that covers the character creation. Now, that's more for the next video than this one. Is this the introduction? But I want to get those out of the way. If you want to see how to create a druid from beginning to end, I did that video about four years ago. And I, to be fair, I don't know how deeply I went into the kin. I don't know if I broke down the elves. I don't know if I broke down the dwarves. Hopefully I did. But it talks about the kin of the game. So we probably won't talk too much about the wolfkin, the goblin, other than what the book presents here. And then we're going to move on. So, uh, And it looks like this is going to be about six weeks total. Uh, 10 to 12 episodes that's that's what it's looking like anyway we'll see how it breaks out but let's start with the introduction now people ask me why do i like forbidden lands what's so good about it years your engine i know we got a couple people who cried out there you know with uh coriolis like, i hate the coriolis you know uh, game rules uh you know the, the uh, system sucks it does not you do um oh. i know right oh i forgot about this well here's the errata this is the fifth printing of the book guess what printing i read what printing do you read? The first. Sure. And I know there's at least one major change, and that's the Goblin. So, uh, okay, well, we'll we'll be reading the fifth, uh, fifth printing, which is the most current. So, And you can see here, introduction, your adventure, a lot of things to deal with with the adventurer. Combat damage, stronghold. Now, this is why I like the game. What at what level in AD and D second edition do you start? Oops! Wow, hey, you can click on those things. I just learned that. Nine. Uh, right at level nine, you can start worrying about your stronghold. In this game, it is what's that? If you're a warrior or a paladin, well, all all of them are nine. It's well, yeah, you know, whether it's your tower or whatever, but that's stronghold stuff, you know, whatever. Okay, here it's baked into the beginning of the game. This is part of the reason that you want to earn money, is to you know, build up your stronghold. And isn't this funny how every one of these uh, uh, free league games all have this baked in, whether it's the Ark, your spaceship, now it's mm-hmm. the stronghold. Mm-hmm. You love has... money sinks. What? Max loves money sink. I like the he idea of adventuring it. other than playing a Monster of the Week first season Supernatural t- uh, type. That's boring to me. I, I like things to make say like, why are we doing this? Well, we we're up here in a land that hates us, and we probably want to build something that keeps us safe. I'm in. Uh, do you have any money? Nope. Do you have any money? Nope. We need money, or we need people that will make this, or we need big rocks to put this together. Either way, we need to go get stuff, and then you put a cockatrice in the way. <laughs> uh, also, the uh, journeying. I like the journeying feature of this game. Now, I, I don't know how Heathen Dog's going to take some of this, and, and I mean that because um, I forget if you are a spreadsheet player or you're a hand wave player. Because this is neither. Hmm. The, the old school spreadsheet, I want to account for every arrow that I have on me, players are not going to like this. And the people are like, whoa, my God, dealing with equipment, that, that's just, no, I don't want to have to deal with every arrow and how many rations of food I have. They're not going to like this either because this is in the middle. And we'll get to wait, that wait, when we Let do. me guess. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Uh, ev- every time you roll some kind of fumble or some kind of critical miss or something like that, you have to roll to see if you run out of ammo or run out of food or whatever. No. 
But you're close, but no. It's every time you use food or... Oh, every time you use an arrow, you got to roll to see if it's your last one. Every mm -hmm. time you use a bullet, you got to roll to see if it's your last one. Yep. Every time you use food, you roll. Okay. And and there's there's a pattern to it, so it's not... You you know when you're getting close to running out. Okay. So. Uh, anywho, what I don't like about this game is I do not like advanced combat. Now, you don't... I don't see advanced combat in there. Right, you don't. It does, it's, when we get to the combat, uh, in two weeks, well, you'll see what I'm saying. It uses the card system. You're basically playing Magic the Gathering against the Game Master, and I have no use for it. Uh, I just roll the dice, roll your initiative, do your stuff, so. Anyway, other than that, I, I think this game is fantastic. The one last thing is, and I guess I could show it here. I slide it over. I do have it. Can you see that on the screen? Yes. Okay. Uh, here's the map. You might not be able to see it well, but it is a hex map. When Heathen Dog runs the game, the map is going to be filled in differently than when I run the game, which is going to be filled in differently than when somebody else runs the game. Now, there are areas where the elves live, where the orcs live, where the ogres live, where the lizardmen live, sorials, I guess I should call them. Um, those all remain true. But where adventure sites happen and where other villages what's that major cities or towns are all different and here's the uh stickers that you can use for them so oh okay okay so what do, do you roll randomly within a certain area like the elf city could be anywhere in the elf land please roll or something like that yeah uh it's more about adventure sites and and uh and we'll say chaotic things than that but yeah a village for sure Absolutely. Okay. Like I might have a village. I don't know if you can see my mouse, but I might have a village in this little bend of the river here where you have one down in this little bend of the river down here. You know, but that's also what makes this game playable multiple times. I could run it with your group and I could run it with a group that includes crafty. You know, uh, every, every uh, campaign is going to be different. So I like the, Hey, Patty's pilot. Good to see you. So anywho, let me go back to, supposed to be looking at all right so let's start off with the introduction what is the forbidden lands did you hear the story of the forbidden lands beyond the mountains beyond the mists of the north once it was called the raven land our promised land these days strange creatures haunt those valleys beasts that should not be for the land is cursed so forbidden lands if you want to uh break down to one sentence it's a uh, theme should be humans ruin everything. Oh, but that's not true. Okay. Why can't I get this to, there we go. Uh, unfortunately it, uh, keep in the wrong button. <laughs> Zoom in there. Um, once Zygoffer, I, I don't know if it's Zygoffer, Zygoffer, I say Goffer, you say it how you want. Once Zygoffer, the Spellbinder was one of us, leading the passage through the mountains into the new land. But when faced by the savage orcs, he opened dark gates to seek the help of demons. Well, that, that never was, works out well. Oh, it worked out great for him. Mm. Well, I go, for him. And that's it. End right there. <laughs> that was his undoing. Zygoffer turned on us and placed himself on the throne of the Ravenland, his daughter, Therania, by his side. To keep their vile corruption from spreading, our wise king built a great wall across the mountain pass and forbade all to ever speak of what had happened. Since <laughs> I then. wouldn't call that wise. 
that that that's well, that's not that's not wise. Like, hey, let's just let's just wall off the, the the room that has that has the murderous people in it and pretend it doesn't exist. La 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 la. No, that it worked out perfectly for them. You can't but, come through there. But there's no but. It's a it's a one way door. You can go up there. You are not coming back. Hmm. So since then, the Spellbinders' domain is known as the Forbidden Lands. To this day, the Demon King and his daughter still rule there, using the feared Rust Brothers, think, uh, jerk clerics, and the demonic blood mist sucking the life out of anyone who dared stray too far from their hearth. The blood mist is gone now, and we'll talk about it just that much today. Here, here's the, one of the problems with, the, with this game in terms of me doing an introduction like this. The entirety... This is the Game Master Guide. This is what I would have to read to you in order for you to understand what's going on in Forbidden Lands. We're not going to do that. So I'm only going to hit a couple of the main points. Uh, th yeah, this, this... And none of this... Uh, in fact, in a moment here, I'll be switching over to the Game Master Guide to, to read something. But uh, the Player's Guide tells you nothing about the history of the land other than what I'm reading here. Which I think is fine. As long as the game master knows everything else, that's fine. Yeah, I think there are some things that you do need to know as a player, unless, unless, and this is absolutely an option, you play somebody from the south that was thrown to the north. <laughs> exiled. Like, yeah, no, that, that is one of the punishments. You can be exiled to Forbidden Lands. Uh, then, then I'm like, okay, I get it. All right, so, uh, and the demonic blood mist sucking the life out of anyone who dared stray too far from their hurt. That is true, by the way. Zygopher and Therania have kept the human folks who still live north of the wall under their heel. Yet, not all is lost. For now the blood mist has lifted, and there are those who dare defy the demon king and his daughter. Adventurers, treasure hunters, scoundrels, not heroes, far from it, but men and women who dare travel the land as they choose and make their own mark on it, unbound by any fate or story set for them. They hunt for the ancient treasures, they fight whomsoever gets in their way, they build a new world for themselves on the ruins of the old. They are the raiders of the Forbidden Lands. Now, this causes some consternation with people. Oh, so we're not playing heroes? No. Now, this doesn't mean you have to be complete dicks. You could be like, you know what? Let's actually put a, a bit of humanity. Let's put a bit of goodness in this land of, you know, the Demon King. You absolutely can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you are not forced into the, you know, Knights uh, of the Round Table hero role. There's no paladin class. So you, you, you are, you're struggling to survive. Now, how do you do that? Do you do that by being a nice guy, winning friends? What's that book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People? You absolutely sure. can do that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But the point of the game isn't here, isn't heroes and adventurers defeating evil at every turn unless that's what you want it to be. And I've had people say, oh, this is more relativism. I don't want to play the game. If that's really, if, if at this point you're stuck on that, that's a you issue, okay? Like, because you can turn this into whatever you want it to be. Uh, actually, I think I skipped this. Yep, it's time to go to the Game Master Guide. Because we need a little bit more in the way of, hey, the Game Master Guide is the same cover, not mine. And I need to go to page... 16, which I'm guessing is 18. Oh, I was wrong. Here we go. 
and we are going to get a little bit of history. Now, this history is the generic history. As you can see, it says detailed history. I am not talking about the detailed history. That is many, many pages. We are not going to go into many, many pages. But I have to give you a little bit more so you know what's going on here to understand the game. It's not going to be the whole book. <laughs> no, Bruce, it's not going to be the whole book at all. Uh, Round the beggar from Varasa all sat in a ring. Round the beggar from Varasa all sat in a ring. And by, okay, and by the campfire they sat and heard his song. And about walkers, about Wolfkin, and every terrible thing, and of his fear, he sang to them all night long. I didn't know that was a poem. It wasn't written like one. Okay. There's something beyond the mountains, beyond the howls, beyond the mist. There's something within the veils, behind a heart of cold block stone. Hearken! Something walks and whispers, walks and lures you in and whimpers. Come to us, for this earth shall ever remain ours and ours alone. Ha! You can actually sing that to the Yellow Rose of Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll let somebody else do that. <laughs> Twelve hundred years ago, humankind fled across the seas to a land where elves and dwarves already dwelled. Remember when I said humans ruin everything? Well, why did they why did they leave? What the gods well, and we're not getting into that at all. I'm not even gonna okay. be covering the gods at all. God uh, said you must go. Piss off, of. eh? Canadian gods. <laughs> well, it's a Swedish game, so it'd be... Uh, I can't Dirty do a Swedish gods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the god worm who had gui guided humankind across the seas divided the land with a mountain range to avoid the looming war between the kin. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The gods led humans to the land. It's not the human's fault. The gods screwed everybody. Mm -hmm. There it is. There it is. You're you're, you're you're somewhat true on the, uh, uh, correct on that. And when they got there, the gods uh, argued with the with the elf and dwarf gods and said, "You know what? Screw you guys. We're just gonna build a mountain range." <laughs> there you go. See that that's that's God, you know, foolishness. And that's not humans. They they were a pawn. Okay. Elves and dwarves were given Ravenland to the north, while humankind settled in Alderland, south of the divide. This separation is called the shift and is the point in time the humans use as year zero in their chronology. As compensation for this division of land, the elves and dwarves were given the orcs to serve them. I think the orcs feel about that. Probably not great. But to God said so. What are you going to do? Say no, God. Lightning comes in the sky. Damn it. Okay, God. To maintain peace between the kin, hostages were given to each kin and the mixed breeds descended from them. Wow. God... The more you read, the, the more the gods of this world are total D-bags. Yeah, they are. <laughs> After 500 good years, harsh times struck Alderland, and a religious war erupted. A group of humans fled north over the divide to Ravenland. Oh, that was horrible. And, and elves and dwarves grudgingly allowed them to stay, provided they submitted to the law of the land that stated how the human guests should behave. Soon, more humans arrived, among them the riders from Asleen in the west, uh, which I think there's a book that covers Esleen now, but it isn't part of the core game. After another three centuries, Alderland felt crowded to the humans as they had continued to multiply, because, you know, that's what we do. Yep. Uh, they tried to conquer Ravenland under religious pretenses. The consensus was that they had been denied their right to the land during the shift. I mean, the elves, and, the elves and dwarves own everything. We come over, the gods split it in half, so you can have the bottom, elves and dwarves keep the top. Humans still aren't happy. Well, no, no, they are empowered by the dickish gods of the world for religious pretenses. I get it because the gods are literally on their side, right? 
I mean, God, God split this continent in half, gave us half. That's not enough. I want more. God says I should have more. And you know what? The human gods are probably like, I didn't say it, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Piss on the elves and dwarves. Okay. Uh, since the elves and dwarves are few in number, they chose to arm the orcs and send them. Oh, no, you chose to arm the, okay. That was a horrible thing. I'm going to arm my slaves. To fight my wars for me. Okay, let let me continue like reading. A great plan. It was a it was a great plan. No, it no. was absolutely a great plan. It until, was a pure victory, probably. Oh no, that that was the problem. They didn't have victory. Oh, when God, the war it didn't, didn't even work. Yeah. So when the war did not go their way, the orcs were abandoned by their masters. That's even worse. There you go. You gave them weapons. You you gave the people that that you've ruled over as slaves. Literally, that's what they're called, slaves. You gave them weapons, sent them to war. They lost, and you, then you just cut them loose. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to be mad at the humans for much longer. Well, the sorcerer Zygoffer was placed in power as governor in Ravenland while the king of Alderland, Alderland was occupied with the war against Esleen. The sorcerer discovered a demon gate in a mountain pass and experimented with awakening the dead to aid him. Great guy. Necromancy. Since the king... Always the answer. Yes, it is. No. Since, the king could... Since the king could not spare enough troops to support the sorcerer's ambitions. Once the wars were over... The king was appalled at Zygoffer's heretical rule and sent an army across the mountains to depose him. Mm. Zygoffer opened the demon gate wide, so horrible creatures poured through and destroyed the king's army. To distract the demons while the gate was closed again, they were sent to ravage the neighbor country of Asseline. Hey, 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 go over there. Like, hold on, I got some things to do here. Just, just keep doing that thing, but go that way. The inhabitants of Alderland, sorry, the art's in the way here, built... The Iron Lock, a wall without gates to Ravenland, and forbade any further contact with that cursed country. From that day on, known as Forbidden Lands. So this whole thing is just short-sightedness after short-sightedness. Everyone is guilty of it. The humans human nature. That's, that's are, well, you can no, argue no, all the, you want, but that's human nature. The dwarves and elves did it with the orcs. Short-sightedness. Well, didn't didn't think of what happens after. That's exactly what this whole the dwarves and elves thought they were going to win. Well, guess what? They and if they would have won, there wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> no, there still would have been an issue because your, your slaves now have weapons and a lot of combat experience, and they don't want to be slaves anymore. That's the outcome. Right. That's what happens if you really win. need me to let me get to the end of this because you're Sorry. wrong on so many levels here. <laughs> but that's the way it's supposed. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Zygoffer was old and decrepit by this time, and so melded with his sorceress daughter, Therania, to gain enough power to live on. Awesome. Did you... Did... <laughs> awesome. This odd spider-like creature was called Zytera. And yep. has continued Zygoffer's uh, demonological and necromantic studies. Its ultimate goal... Uh, see, notice it just starts using its here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know why? Because it, it's a, an abomination. It was horrible. And... The, the father merge bodies with his daughter. If all you think about is power, who cares? Oh, boy. Why do you think he's the enemy? <laughs> I get it. Well, now, yeah. Its ultimate goal is to drive away the dwarves and elves from the Forbidden Lands, then conquer Alderland. So humans come, humans come over. Humans don't like that they only have this. Or... Iron lock 
I want all of this now. Send the elves and dwarves away. Yeah. Does that not seem like every human empire that ever lived? It's successful. It sounds like a lot of religions I've heard of. Yeah. Well, religions as well, but uh, a lot. I mean, the Mongols did it. The Romans did it, at least at first. Zytera is supported by half demons and the fanatical cult of the Rust Brothers. Perhaps war would have erupted earlier if the blood mist had not enshrouded the Forbidden Lands, a ravenous haze that made travel impossible for three centuries before it disappeared inexplicably. Today, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Today, okay. only fragments of human civilization remain in the Forbidden Lands, attempting to survive in the fortified villages in the wild. Elves and dwarves have withdrawn to their core homelands. Orcs also remain full of hate towards humankind and scorn for their former masters. The Forbidden Lands are once again open for exploration and conquest. Uh, here's the quick version of the mist. The mist came up and you couldn't travel during, you couldn't travel far. At night, especially, you couldn't travel anywhere. During the day, you could go as far as you could travel during a day. Sure. But then the mist would come up and suck your blood out, eat you alive, wither you. Uh, it was like everything, every bad Star Trek episode there was about draining your soul of salt or something. Uh, right. So you couldn't travel. You couldn't go anywhere. Trade basically stopped. You either had to do it or had to be able to make a, some sort of weird supply line. Okay, we're going to go here, stop, go here, stop, go here, stop, go here. St it's just Come to find out later on that that mist is actually demonic. No kidding. And it feeds. I would have never guessed. It's very similar to horrors from Earth Dawn. It fed off emotion. So if you went into that red haze of nasty afraid, it ate you. The Rust Brothers could walk through it and everybody thought, oh my God, you guys must be holy warriors from above because you can walk through the mist. It's because they had no fear. So the mist left them alone. So the and confident that, and the arrogant survived. Yeah. So, and then the, the, it went away. We're not going to get into any more of the history. Uh, I, I wanted to detail this so you kind of understand why things are the way they are up there. Uh, Crafty wanted me to talk about the books. Yes, the books are very well done. Unlike the other ones where we talked about the color books. I flipped through these books many, many, many times. Now, I want to be very honest with folks. I've never run a Forbidden Lands campaign. I have run a ton of one-shots to teach people how to play. I've never run a campaign. So there can be some campaign aspects of the game that I, I, I don't know. And I also haven't run it in a few years, but uh, books are very well put together. I have flipped through these many, many times. You don't see any bad pages. There we go. Uh, the, the binding's not falling apart. It's unlike those color books that they put together. These are very well done. If you like the smaller books. So, all right, let me figure out where we are now. Uh, Okay, five to seven. Back over here. I don't need the Game Master Guidebook anymore. And we're going to look at what you do. What do you do? There is no one to hold your hand and show you where to go in Forbidden Lands. It's up to you and the other players to decide where you are going together. The GM will let you make fantastic discoveries and face tough challenges, but in the end, the stories of the game are created by you. They're not written down beforehand. I love the fact that... <laughs> that freely goes so far as to say well, this isn't a story game stop treating it like one those are bad games story games are bad games this is this is emergent storytelling so things are going to happen based on what your decisions are you have control over your adventurers lives and one day the fate of all the forbidden lands and there is plenty to do by the way there's lots of death in this game 
So don't take this like as in you're coming out there. Oh, look at me. I'm starting off and I can kill everything. <laughs> no, you can't. And my introductory module shows you that. You can explore the world. The demonic blood mist that covered the lands for three centuries, draining the life out of anyone who dared to wander too far from their village, has suddenly and inexplicably poofed. You and the other restless souls like you are finally free to leave your homes and travel far and wide in the Forbidden Lands looking for treasures and adventures. To explore the Forbidden Lands, you'll have to use the big map in the box. This does come as a box set, even if you get it off of DriveThruRPG. The difference there is you'll get all of it in PDFs instead of in a nice box like I have back there. To explore the Forbidden Lands, you'll use the big map in the box. It's divided into 10 different types of terrain. It has a hexagonal grid that will help you navigate through the wilderness. And how that works will be in Chapter 7. I think that's four weeks from now. Maybe five. Adventure sites. Just think of this as your dungeons. Whether outside or inside, whatever. Adventure sites. You'll have adventure sites. I'm going to skim most of, the, most of this now. Search for the four elven gemstones, which I'm not going to talk about. Sorry. Uh, uncover the secrets of the land. That could be anything. And I'll get to that in a moment. Build your stronghold. This is an important one. Okay. And we'll talk. We're going to have an entire video on that toward the end. So probably in five, six weeks. Because building your stronghold is important. Uh, oops. All right. That's, uh, did I want to cover this as well? There's one page or there's one uh, notation here. Yes, I wanted to cover this as well. There's one thing that's missing that I want to make sure I say first. Dice, custom cards, we'll get to that. Where is it? I know I didn't pass it. Oh, I probably passed it. Oh, dang it. Dice, character sheets, map six. Okay, uh, oh, here it is right there. Big, biggest text you can find. Play in other worlds. The lore and setting of Forbidden Lands is rich and detailed. A new take on classic fantasy that we really hope you'll enjoy. And, and I'll be honest with you, I do. Now, does this follow Tolkien tropes? Not necessarily. But it still maintains tropes that you can recognize for the races. Dwarves are stubborn. Elves are, 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 are part of nature. Halflings, well, <laughs> we'll get to that in the next video. Uh, but the point is it still keeps the familiar tropes, but turns them on their head to some degree. And we'll talk about most of that in the next video. However, we also realize that many players already have their favorite fantasy worlds to play in, be it from other games, books, movies, or homemade creations. Thus, we have made Forbidden Lands rules and sandbox campaign structure very easy to port to other settings. 100% agree with this. And I tell you this because the module that I wrote, I wrote it for Forbidden Lands, but I've run it for Earthdawn. Well, and Forbidden Lands. And I think Hyperborea. But I put it in writing for this game. So this is a very true statement, and I, li I like the Year Zero engine. So. The adventure sites can be easy placed in any other fantasy setting with minor tweaks. All you need is a hex map of the world you want to play in, and you're good to go. So all you old school, uh, you want to play West March style play, uh, games. Boom, there you go. It's right there. You can do it with Forbidden Lands. Unless you just have a weird aversion to, uh, aversion to uh, the D6. Ravenland's Ravage and Fragmented Kingdom. The area where you grew up is familiar to you, but the rest of the land you know only through stories and tales. During ten human generations, travelers were devoured by the blood mist, a red and ravenous haze that rose from the ground at night. Very few dared venture outside after nightfall, and fewer still know for certain what lies beyond the horizon. A few years ago, the blood mist disappeared inexplicably. 
And now people look over their shoulder anxiously. The bravest sharpen their blades and prepare to leave. They can't bear the oppressive weight of their homes and hearse any longer. Perhaps they hope to find that which was lost and take back what was theirs. Perhaps they sim are simply driven by an insatiable lust to see what lies beyond the horizon, to discover if the myths are true, to conquer that re remained. Wow. To conquer that which remains or has been stolen, and to carve out their own place as lords of some abandoned castle ruin. That really explains the game right there. Humans have inhabited the villages of Ravenland for generations, and still they are considered intruders by elves and dwarves, who have yet to forget the ancient and bloody wars between hum humans and the Elder Kin. The yeah, elves and... What's that? I get it. I get it. You know, got... You know, God gave you half the continent and you still wanted more? What the hell, dude? Right? I mean, from their perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what is human nature? Explore, expand. I mean, 4X, right? I mean, we have 4X games for a reason. Explore, expand. Uh, ex Exterminate. Well, exterminate's the last one. Yeah. But yeah, I figure it's, it's explore, expand. Exploit, exterminate. That's what it is. I mean, that's just human nature. Hell, that's almost biblical. Yeah. Uh, Manifest destiny. That's what yep. it is. The elves sent their servants, the orcs, to war, but left them on their own when the battles became too savage. Because, you know, elves are, ew, gross blood. A betrayal that lives on in the songs of the orcs. See? No foresight. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. You know, humans should eliminate all of their species from the land. They're, they're just, uh, they're just, they're just demi-humans. They're worse than, than rats, pigeons. Gotta get rid of them. I get it. The blood mist may be, may be gone, but the land may have become even more dangerous because of it. In the last stages of the Elder Wars, when the king of Elderland, beyond the wall, sent armies to subdue his former governor, the spellbinder Zygoffer, it is said that the wizard desperately opened the gateways to demon worlds from which hordes of indescribable horrors poured out into the land. Many claim that the blood mist followed the invasion. What is certain is that one can run into horrifying beasts in the forests and among the ruins, and that is true completely alien or twisted combination of various creatures that never should have existed there's even a species or a kin in the game that's like that it is said zygoffer is still alive transformed into a demon and worshipped as a god by the priesthood of the rust brothers close to the elder stone in the west there are whispers about half demons and undead created to finally conquer ravenland at the same time, the elves are standing fast in the woods and the dwarves in their mountains while orcs no longer serve or spare anyone on the plains by the ocean in the east, forces are gathering to crush Zygoffer once and for all in the name of the old gods. Others simply want to live in peace. These may be the remnants of human settlements now living in human villages, half-elf druids, the wolfkin of the woods, or halflings in their burrows. Ravenland is holding its breath for tomorrow. So the game is part exploration, part combat, part maybe getting along, or you could turn this into just complete, you know what? He who dies with the most coins wins. You play the game how you want. Personally, I would play it to try to make it a better place. That's my style. But that isn't how you have to play it. That isn't the intent. All right. Uh, so we already kind of skimmed through this. I'm not going to read all these, but you get some character sheets, which uh, I don't have up. Uh, just want to remind you, I do have a complete video on how to make a druid. So it goes into spell casting. It talks about how magic is done. Uh, so if you want to see step-by-step -step process of how to make a druid, I already have a video on that. It should be in the description below. Dice, what do you notice different about these dice than any other Year Zero game that we've covered so far? Uh, it's usually just D6s that they show. Yep. 
And this I'm one seeing in here D8, D12, D10. Yep. There you go. This one includes D12, D8, D10. So I, I have the fancy old uh, old dice. There's your uh, base die. It's your skill die. And we'll get into all this next week. And your gear? Here's your, yep, here's your gear die. But on top of that, you have artifact dice. And where's my other art? There it is. Artifact dice. D8. Where, if you it's still roll a six, and you get a success. But if you roll an eight, you get two successes. Ooh, pretty. Here's a D10. Where if you roll a six, it's a success. Sure. If you roll an eight, it's two. Is this one three? This one isn't three, is it? Hold on. I might have actually said that. Uh, nine is two successes. And is ten three successes or two successes? Where's ten? Zero. Ten is three successes, yes. Wow. And then, of course, the D12. And guess what 12 is? Four successes. I see one, two, three, four little swords on there. Yep. There you go. So that's it. So artifacts, a.k.a. magic items, Leet. are pretty tough. Yeah. And they add to your normal dice. So that's going to be one thing that's different from uh, the other games that we've covered so far. Uh, custom cards, which I do have. I have the, the card set. Are good if you've got, say, a magic item. A published magic item. And it tells you about it there. Also, I don't like it. I do use this when I'm teaching somebody how to play the game because it is what is... it. It's the rules of the game, okay? I would not do this if I were to run a campaign. Initiative cards. I would use the Mutineer Zero version of initiative and go with that because I like it better. Uh, and then you have the close combat cards. And these are the advanced combat. Like that one says hinder. Now, what does hinder mean? Well, I'm not going to read we'll it now. Yeah. So, anywho. You can get the card set. You do not need the card set. Every one of these has a description of the game. Or you can roll a d10 for your initiative. And even with the, uh, the advanced combat rules, you don't have to have the cards to use it. You can use your own uh, tokens or whatever at home. Okay. Okay. So you don't need to start playing. What is a role-playing game? We don't need that. Okay, so I think that's it. That is look, the background for this game is fairly detailed and in-depth. But I gave you the premise, like the recent history and what's going on right now. If you want to read more about what really happened, why the humans came over, the names of the gods, and so forth, you want to get the core books, and it's in all in the game master's guide. Uh it's it's I thought it was an interesting history and definitely not as goofy as some of the other ones. But at the same time, it is tropish and cliche, but in, a, in an interesting way, not in your typical, oh, look, and somebody else copied Tolkien again. But there are no surprises. Let's put it this way. There are no surprises. I mean, do you see a surprise of some dude wanting to summon demons and then merging with his daughter or whatever? I mean, it might be neat itself, but does any of that really like, wow, I didn't see that coming? The merging with his daughter thing was kind of a curveball. Okay. That's just that 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 it it went from like six to ten real fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that went real fast. So we we got some chat first. We got uh, okay. Man of War. He is member for twelve months. Sweet. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Man of War. First six time he used the words member and twelve in the same sentence. You can read into that whatever you want to. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Well, I appreciate right. that, Man of War. And then we have WJ says sweet home forbidden lands, the whole father daughter merging thing. Yeah, that that is that is the ultimate 
sexual predator. Right I don't there. know. As, as somebody who now lives in Alabama, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> exactly. And L says, this is the plot of Star Wars. Where to go? There it is. This is the plot of Star Wars 9. I never saw it. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it either. It. I didn't watch it, so I can't tell you. Uh, Mercurius says, uh, there's something wrong with human nature. No, there is not. You know why? Because other species don't exist. So there's nothing wrong with the human manifest destiny. Nothing. Okay. I'll fight you on that. Chill Gamer, this sounds like a lot like an MMO. Go adventure, bring back your treasure, build a base. Mm. And, well, no, Shroud of the Avatar is really good about this because it has a real, real strong base building built into the game where you build a home and and it gives you buffs and all this stuff and all that stuff. And you have to go adventure and make money to build up your home, stuff like that. So I do you I consider can... Conan Exiles an MMO? Yeah. Really? Because it's not. Why not? Single player game. Story? You, well, I mean, you can you can have uh, you can play co-op, but I mean, it's generally a single player game or co-op. It's not an MMO. Um, I, I guess it has story. I, I take uh, Conan Exiles. Not really. Oh, yeah, okay. well, you, you start you start off in your underwear. You have to grab some stuff. You start building, you know, protection. Every so often, weird raiders come to try to club you. Well, uh, think about it. I mean, if 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 you can play online with other people, but it's not massive, right? You you can't play on on. Wait, wait they they have servers with like what five hundred pop? Thousand? I don't know. I don't know how big it can get. Yeah, we so, played with yeah, three. I'm, I'm still I'm still okay with that. I, then, I don't i don't well hold on i don't like the mmo reference just because the fact that people are going to read that oh it's just a video game no this game doesn't play like a video game conceptually i don't have an issue with what he said because but there's more to it than that it, it isn't uh okay i got it i got it but this one i have a problem with okay. it seems there's a great potential to racism okay stop it stop it. oh no 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 oh, well hold, hold on well first of all patriotic gestalt gives us a bunch of money so i'm gonna be nice to him. he does um, but he's about to regret it because i'm gonna lay into him well, pretend, racism exists in this game in terms of fantasy tropes, but your adventurers don't all have to be part of one race. The gods are involved in a lot of this, and let's just say all the races have their issues. There's a big warning. If you try to play an orc, it tells you you're playing the game on hard mode, and we'll get to that in the next video. Now, old are, uh, is there old-fashioned pronouns here? It depends on which printing of the book you get. Yeah, this that, book that I was in chat. That that was I was going to mention that in chat. There was a debate in chat, and the 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 newer PDF versions have been retconned to they them yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, the first printing that I read down there actually uses the old free league style, which I love. I love it. Game masters, she players are he. Yep. But the starting with the second printing and beyond, it does the they them nonsense. So okay. Well, this one right here, racism in role playing games that have different species basically you, you can't be racist if you're a human you cannot be racist against dwarves you cannot be racist against orcs or elves or or dwarves to elves that, that's not that, that that's not what you are referring to as racism it's not now in the game yes but in real life racism is is defined you know as everyone understands it as uh two differing human species hating each other for some foolish well, stupid reason ethnicity but yeah yeah e ethnicity differences uh a human hating a dwarf because he's a dwarf is not racism it's speciesism sure 
but you you cannot be racist in this game. Now, if you want to want to out yourself as an actual racist in real life, you can say, "Well, the orcs are just black people in this game." You know, you, you want to wear your sign? That's fine. That's fine. I'm just going to laugh at you and then and then block you on everything and ignore you in real life. That's pretty much it. But uh the the way the elves and the dwarves hate the humans is not racism. Number 1, it's they got beef, right? They got real beef. And and the and, and the humans were encouraged by their gods to just multiply and take over everything. Screw those guys. But I'm gonna it's not, I'm gonna agree with what the second part of what you said, but I'm gonna disagree with the first part uh, a little bit. And race is a common term used in fantasy games to identify elves, dwarves, humans. So we we can I I agree in the terms of Think of them as different species because they have bioessentialism, and this game opens that door completely. They fully have bioessentialism in this game, uh, and I'm for that, and that's the way it should be. But race is a term that has been used all through fantasy gaming back since before I even started playing 40 years ago. So I don't have an issue with the term race. You can be racist against a, a dwarf, but I, I don't care because there's nothing inherently wrong with that. They live differently than you do. They believe differently than you do. They live longer than you do. They do think their dwarves are incredibly stubborn to the point that it doesn't make any freaking sense to a human. But then again, humans are prolific to a point that it doesn't make any sense to elves and dwarves. There are things that are just going to be incommunicatable that's a word, but I'm making it up now. Uh, between those. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. So if that's racist, great, it's racist. And I'm not yelling at Patriarch Assault about this. But but uh, uh, ultimately, I like the fact that the game has its own version of those tropes, which we'll get into in the next video, which we'll see, and stands by them. And you really can't change them. And you'll see why when we get there. This isn't like D&D &D where it's like, you know, we'll just give the modifiers where they want. No, each race comes with its own talent. And its okay. talent is, uh, <laughs> is unique. Is genetically linked to each yes. race. Yes. Now, the, the reason I hate this is because when it comes to that, that game is racist, they're using real-world definition of racism to somehow equate to a game that doesn't yeah. exist in the real world that's just stupid think and you're an <laughs> idiot for even even thinking it i haven't heard too many people complain about this game's tropes uh, like usually when i do it's about D D or tolkien type stuff uh most people really find them inter interesting especially when we get into the halflings and the goblins mm. yeah that is all the chat cool that, that i had start all right so that was a little bit more, uh, that didn't go as smoothly as I had hoped. I thought I was a little bit more prepared with those pages and that, especially since I have them written down, but whatever. Um, next one, we're just going to scroll through this and we're going to find out how to make an adventurer. And I, and I hope you look forward to that. Again, what we're going to cover here is going to be the process. It's not going to be the actual die rolls or selections and so forth. I have a complete video on that. Step by step from part one to the end of how to make a druid. So it includes magic. And yeah. you can see how well, to do that in that video. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about what the process is. All right. Well, if you want to see that video, go ahead, like, subscribe. And then you'll be able to magically look through our back catalog, which if you don't subscribe, you can't do. Don't tell them I'm lying. So, you know, go ahead and subscribe first. It's good. All right. I know at some point I put up. Uh... Okay. So this is page 18. I got to remember that. Oops. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm not as able to read chat today as normal, so hopefully he got everything up there. If you didn't get something a uh, answered, go ahead and post it again, because I did see a lot of stuff moving. But I don't know do if you guys are Dwarven just talking Druid about other stuff. or What's that? Do they have Dwarven Druids? Yes. Yeah, which, which makes sense. <laughs> w well, says, a Druid? <laughs> no, no, druid. So, so, so there are Dwarven Druids in this game, uh, but there's also a, uh, what do they call it? It's not a school. I forget the term that they use for it. There's, there's actually a stone crafting uh, druid, if you want to call it that. Uh, where is it? Magic. There it is. Uh, healing, general spells. Do, 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 do. Where's my druid stuff? Shape-shifting. Ah. Spaceballs reference. Max stone doesn't song. look druish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's, a, there's the stone song. Is that a druid, though? Or is that uh, a mage? Whatever. So you could... Oh, Voice of the Mountain. Stonesmith. Stone sto uh, Swarm. I can't read. Stone... St <laughs> I'm going to get this. Stone Storm. There. Apparently I can't say that three times fast. Uh, wither. Earthquake. Iron Song. So, I mean, just as an idea of some of the spells. So it, it can make sense for you to do... Uh, also, they have their own gods, which do things differently. And why am I not going to complain about that? Because this game maintains enough dwarven tropes where having a dwarven druid can can make sense. Well, Unlike D&D, no, &D where it can't. Well, no, even a lot of, especially first edition AD&D, they had dwarves could be druids. They couldn't be high-level druids, but... No, they couldn't they, be they, druids they, at all. Well, no, they, they, they could be clerics and priests and... No, not I'm, in first just, edition. In first edition yeah. only... Nope. They could only NPC can be clerics and none can be druids. Okay. Uh Dragonlance first edition, they could be they could be uh druid uh, not druids, but clerics. Uh well in in Dragonlance you could be a cleric of orcs, but I'm talking base game of uh oh, AD &D. Okay. All right. You could not. Okay. Well, in Dragonlance you could, but only up to like eighth or tenth level or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like sixth in in first edition, and that's only as an NPC. Oh hello. So, all right, let's uh, get up the two. All right, for the second video today, we are going to talk about how to make your adventure. And I want to reiterate one more time, in case you didn't watch the previous video, I already have a video, a step-by-step -step process of making a character from beginning to end. A druid character, I think it's a half-elf druid, if I remember correctly. I did it a few years ago. You know, sorry. Uh, so it includes magic, it includes the, the, the kin race, it includes all of that wrapped into one, but step by step. Today we're going to do the overview portion of it where we're going to talk about all the kin and all the possibilities and do it in a more general sense. So if you want something specific on the step by step, go check that video out. I will put it in the description below. And if you're here to see what the character creation process is like in Forbidden Lands, well then you have come to the right place. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. 
Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right, there we are with our Forbidden Lands cover. I started a chat and I want to bring this up. This is uh, in Forbidden Lands. There's a symbiotic relationship between the dwarves and the elves. The dwarves feel that they are. They are. This is actually true. They feel that they are building out the earth where the elves feel that they curate the surface of the earth. Well, if it's actually true, it's not that they feel that they do is that they do. Uh, it, it's, but it's not actually true. Oh, then they don't. You got to stop that, man. I don't put a lot of stock in feelings <laughs> when, when, when it comes to fact. Feelings the, the, versus the, 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 fact, fact wins every so, time. So, so that's one of those things where, uh, like, not to get political here, but that a lot of people mistake. Most people base their information on feelings. And that's, that's why I don't like most people. Well, that's fair, but uh, the world revolves around feelings, whether we like it or not. I don't like it either, but that is how the world revolves. And when you have dwarves that feel that through their tunneling and through their growing, that they create mountain ranges, do they? Probably not. Maybe. No, they, the, they the create elves, sinkholes. The, the elves <laughs> curate the planet, the top of the surface of the planet. They make it lush and they make it habitable. Do they do it fully? Probably not, considering they don't live all over the entirety of the world. Hmm. But... If that's how they feel and that's what their gods express to them and that's how they continue day by day, then that's that's their belief system. Doesn't matter if it's real or not. Perception is reality. It, it, that's this is why this is why scientists don't lead the human race because nobody will listen to them because they're dicks. Well, they seem that way to people who who go by their feelings. Which is 90% of people. Yeah. And you, you're not going to kill off 90% of people, so suck it but up. But we could if we put our minds to it. Only if you believe in psychic powers. I don't. <laughs> Set. Uh, for $10, Patriotic Assault says, Earthworm versus Sparrows, LOL. I don't know what that means. I don't know the reference, but I do appreciate the $10. Can you tell me what that reference is? That was on, by the way, that was on Rumble. Oh, so, uh, can, can you say that again? Earthworms versus Sparrows. Now, if he's talking, the weird thing is, is he's kind of close where it is the worm versus the snake in Forbidden Lands, but I wasn't going to get into the gods. So oh, no, I, I think he's he, talking about elves and druids. Oh, dw oh, dw oh dw okay. Dwarves I mean, versus I'm, elves. Elves and dwarves, sorry. Yeah, yep, that's what he put it. Dwarves, uh, dwarves versus elves. Worms versus sparrows. Okay. I've never heard that before, so you edumacated me on something. Sorry, you are no hero. You don't fight to protect the realm, though you could. Or to put a true king on the throne. No, because you should be the king, right? You hunt through ancient ruins for treasure. You help those who help you, or don't. You make your own mark on the Forbidden Lands. Your fate isn't determined for you by someone else. You choose your own path. You are an adventurer. All right, so you're going to make a character in this game, right? Sure. And there's a multi-step process for it. It is right here, how to create your character. First, choose your kin. That's what they call races in the game. 
pick your profession, decide your age. You'll see some, again, if you've watched our previous Year Zero Engine uh, videos, you're going to see a lot of similarities. You're also going to see a couple of little differences in here. One of my favorite is the pride. I, I like how pride works in this game. But uh, pick your age, spend your points, yada, yada, and we're going to go through all that in a moment. But you can see it's a 12-step process there. Now, there is, oh, I forgot about that. There is this book here. Uh, there it is. Boop. Can you see it on the screen? Yes. Oh, you can. Oh, you, uh, the new book that I put up there. Yep. Okay. Forbidden Lands: Legends and Adventures. This comes with the core set, and if you want to, you could just roll a character out of this book. Gives you a backstory if you want to, in case you can't come up with one of your own. It's got uh, all the. Here we go. Oh, all the, the whole kin. life path type thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. All the kin. Go through, find out everything you want, but at that point, you don't assign your attributes and your skills depending on what you roll up and or pick here you get those attributes and skills okay so it's a so, it's a speed speed yeah. creation type thing yeah exactly and as you can see it's got a bunch of pages to it let's uh scroll down i said scroll down and i don't know what that is lax head oh tentacles oh monster gen oh there's a monster generator in here too i never used that that before but uh anywho uh that back off so there is an alternative method for there now it shouldn't take you long to make a character if you if you watch my video it takes a while because i'm explaining things to you so what's the first thing you want to do you want to pick your kin right sure. well uh the first kin that it starts with oh it is human i thought it started with l <clears throat> humans came to ravenland as intruders yep there you go <laughs> as humans are wont to do yet you have earned the respect of the other kin by showing them what organization and skill can do while some fear or dislike you the more open-minded among the native kin should understand that humans are a blessing if only they could see past their prejudices while also giving up some land and gold of course yeah no humans humans in this are just wrong they're they're ob objectively wrong and they're like cockroaches I get well, if you feel that the British Empire, the Mongol Empire, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, the Persian Empire, all were wrong, then yes. Because that's that how they I act. I do not, because there's no dwarves or elves in this world. See, you're, you're, you're equating real life with fantasy again. But in, in this fantasy setting, the humans are cockroaches. I mean, they, 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 they made promises, broke them, made promises, broke them, had, 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 their, had their gods screw over everybody else. It just, being a human is, is just got bad juju on it. Okay. Some of your ancestors came from the armies from Alderland to fight against the elves, dwarves, and orcs. Others sought sanctuary from the war as refugees and settlers. You came across from the southern mountains or rode from Asleen in the west and stayed after the din of battle faded. The roads are closed. Demons feast on whatever remained, which this paragraph always made me scratch my head. Because up until now, didn't everything say that you were born here? Yeah, I mean, you, you came here from another land, but so long ago that... You were born here. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. Fair enough. It does say ancestors up here, but uh, you came from across the Southern mountains or wrote, you know, that I've had people when doing the one shots, like, wait a minute, did we start here or did we come from somewhere else? I was just like, look, you started here, but you were cloistered in this little area. You don't know much uh, uh, beyond like maybe one hex around where you start. You know, and let's move on. But uh, when the blood mist fell like a shroud across Ravenland, your ancestors were forced to huddle together for 10 generations. 
till the soil and simply try to survive. But now the mist is lifted and the world is opened up again. You have exchanged the plow for a sword. You are born here and you will take what you want, whether those who stand in your way be other humans or even stranger beings. And just as a side note, for the kin, I am going to read them. After the kin, we're not going to do much reading. Okay. But the kin are interesting. So what's your key attribute? Empathy. What does key attribute mean? We're going to get into more of that uh, oh, attribute would be today. Uh, like with skills and so forth will be next week. The key attribute empathy means that you can actually start with one point higher. As with every free league game, you can start all your attributes between two and four. And that's how many dice you roll. Well, with the key attribute here being empathy, that means you can start between two and five. There's actually a way of making it between two and six. And we'll get to that later. Uh, kin, adaptive. I have to remember this one. Uh, adaptive means that humans, this is a kin town, so every human has this ability. This is the BS the Game Master ability. What is the human trope in every game? That they uh, understand different types of view, can can use, you know, almost everything. They are they are very uh, I I, I want to say adaptable, but I I want to use a different word. Well, Earthdawn uses versatility. Sure, sure. In in D and D, you know, humans are the diversity trope. Sure. Well, here adaptive being the word. You can actually, if you can find a way to BS the Game Master, you can roll a skill check using a different skill. Oh, oh, outside the box thinking. There you go. Okay, okay. Typical professions? Well, all of them, because we're human. We're the diversity trope. And let's not worry about names. So, what is the strength of humans? Well, if you're really in a pickle... And you and you can somehow find a way to finagle your game master how uh, the crafting skill <laughs> can help you uh, swim. Nope. Hey, I, I get it. I get it. What cooking skill can help you fight with a sword? They both use you, blades. I've, I've been training my entire life for precision cuts. I should be able to use some knowledge I, I gained from from you know filleting fish to filleting people. Okay. <laughs> no, that that's how it works. Okay, all right. And we'll talk more about the specific specificity of that, like spending willpower points and so forth, when we talk sure. about talents next week. Elf, at the dawn of time, you fell like a rain of glimmering rubies scattered across the land by the red wanderer of the heavens. Your task was to cover the barren land in life, for the wanderer wished to lay his eyes on beauty. You clothed yourself in flesh and coaxed plants from the ground so that you could walk singing through the lush forests of Ravenland. To the joy of the wanderer, the god clay, I'm sorry, to the joy of the wanderer, the god clay drew animals from the mud, fish and toads from the mires, and birds from the clouds. The great craftsman gave you the task of shepherding them, with the dwarves preparing the ground for your art. Now do you see why they feel like they cultivate the earth while the uh, dwarves feel that they are making the earth bigger? Crafting well, it from if, within. If it's what God said, then it's not feeling. It's true, right? I mean, God said it. Who, who's going to say God's wrong? There's no one. Uh, da, da, da. Then the humans arrived. Their oh, raven here. god. Uh, <laughs> oh, bought. shit. Spaceballs. There yeah. goes the neighborhood. <laughs> yep. There goes the planet. 
the raven god bought half the land for them and gave you the orcs in exchange. But the humans' intentions were false, and they soon attacked you with demons in tow. Since you well, were... The okay, the, a human did it, so I get it. All right, hey, okay. you know what? One person does it, they all did it. Yeah, yeah, Since well. you were few in number, you sent the orcs into battle, but those craven creatures failed you. Well, you don't gotta be a dick about it. I mean... They're elves. On. Yes, they do. Uh, fair enough. Your elders, your elders claim that everything will return to the way things were, if only you wait. That humankind will wither and eventually die, just as time eats away at all stoneless kin. Uh huh. But, but the younger among you do not want to wait. While some desire to coexist with the humans peacefully, a growing number say the upstarts must be driven out. This game, right. this core book here, does not get into the factions of elves. The game master guide. Er, does okay so here we're just gonna be talking about general elves so i'm not getting into elven spring and whatever the other names i forget what they all are called uh we're not going to do that here key attribute agility i mean they are elves right yeah it's that's not a surprise kin talent inner peace now this doesn't tell you what this does okay. inner peace allows you to regrow lost limbs that doesn't make sense it's meditation through meditation you you heal yourself yeah but that should be called something else well you can say that but that's what it's called so i understand i understand but uh, the, it, it doesn't seem like proper english so through through meditation through oh because you do actually it's almost like uh well no it's even more than that as you say, it's like a recovery test from earth but no it's not it's actually more than that you have to spend was it four or six hours i think it's four uh in this inner peace meditating and you heal back your damage and we'll get into more of that when we talk about talents in two weeks there is a limitation to it but not by much by the way what it doesn't say here is elves have a gem heart inside yeah, it, them. It, it said that that they fell like rubies from the sky right so apparently that's literal that's literal yeah and then, then the ruby shaped a body around them that's great when an elf gets old and it's like you know what i just don't want to deal with this nonsense anymore he plants it underneath or, or with the seed of a tree. I might get, be getting this a little bit wrong. He either plants it in a tree or with the seed of a tree and turns into a treant. That gem is the life force of the elf. Sure, sure. Not, and that's why this whole meditation thing allows him to regrow nonsense. Typical professions, druid, minstrel, and hunter. And I forget if typical professions gives a bonus or not. I'll be upfront with you. I don't remember. Hopefully we read about that in a moment. Uh, every blue moon a smurf is born. Well, there are also blue gems, but you know, we're not going to talk about that. Half elves. Remember when we talked before, I think it was in the last video about uh, the whole prisoner swap. You are the best of two kin. No, you're not. Born from the union of humans and elves after they traded hostages during the shift. You were conceived because those things that are good, strong, and vibrant always find their way to each other. Hang on. Hang you have half-elven propaganda. No, no. The implication of that is disastrous. Born from the union of humans and elves after they traded hostages during the shift. That means that humans had, had elven hostages and elves had human hostages. And when they traded them back, some of them were pregnant. How'd that happen? I don't know. No, they did it intentionally. 
There was no, I don't know. It was done intentionally. It doesn't seem that way from that sentence. <laughs> because um, uh, I, I don't think a prisoner can give uncoerced consent. <laughs> they weren't technically prisoners. The elves didn't. Do, we see them as prisoners because it was a hostage. All, they're called hostages. Right, hostages aren't prisoners. They were given oh, land. Sorry, sorry. Hostages aren't prisoners. Uh, still, they weren't. They weren't confined in a ten by ten box. They weren't stuck there. Do what I say. They were told, "Live up here, and you're going to follow our laws." Okay. Some of you live up here. Some of us live down there, and that you know, so that we're not slaughtering each other. That's keeping the peace. It's just like what kings and queens did back in the day. Okay, I I disagree, but let's move on. Uh, you're considered, uh, where is it? Uh, your elven ancestors taught you the ways of magic, granted you wisdom and long life, but you rejected their torpid languor. Now, there are two types of half-elves. Again, I'm not going to get into that here, but there are the ones that, we'll just say, are more human, and there are the ones that are more elven. We'll leave it at that. Sure, makes sense. I mean, that, he, that was in Tolkien too, right? I mean, I don't know. But it here is. they here they have specific differences. Oh sure, but uh, in in uh, in in Tolkien, Aragorn, uh, it has elven blood, but he chose to be human. And uh, the 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 elven leader, what what's his name? In the in the, in the I haven't movies? read it in a long time. I don't in, in Elrond the, in the movies. Yeah, Elrond? Elrond. He's half human, but he chose to live as an elf. Okay. So it's it's like a choice for them. And they they can choose to be elf or choose to be human, and then live by those those edicts. So that's neat. Yeah, here here there's uh, there there are lots. I know it's called lots. There are different noticeable differences between the two. But again, this book doesn't get into that. Uh, your human ancestors gave you vigor, but you rejected their foolishness and falsehoods, as well as their smell and crude appearance. <laughs> yeah, humans. I get that. Sure. You are the future. Both elves and humans know it in their hearts. But let them be blind to your superiority if they can't oh stomach God. realities. Wow. The well, they got the human arrogance. I'll give them that. The half elves are the crown of creation, and you will mold the world into what the gods and your own glorious kin intended. So, Whoa. what do you All think? Right. Uh, where's uh, there it is. That sounds like a jihad to me. I don't know, man. <laughs> Why am I not seeing? Oh, there we go. What do you What do you think their their power? Uh, well, I just kind of gave it away. So it's wits. Psychic power. There is no stronger magic user in the game than the elf, than the half elf. Wow. Okay. Well, then I I understand where they get their arrogance from. Imagine yeah. if you had human drive, but elven fey. You be you become the epitome of magic. Sure. Uh, uh, so we go. Wits. Uh, wits is its key attribute, and they tend to be druids, rogues, and sorcerers. Uh, yeah. I get that. Dwarves. And I'm going to have a little side note about dwarves in a moment. Okay. In the beginning, the god, I hope that's huge. I don't know if that's huge or huge, but it looks like huge to me, so I'm going with huge. Also because they're dwarves and their god's name is huge, and I just think that's funny. That is funny, yeah. I like that. I had people tell me it's supposed to be pronounced huge, like it's Japanese, but screw you, I speak English. So in the beginning, the god huge gave you, gave your ancestors a small pebble and the task of building a world around it. They stoked their forges and sang stone songs, so their works took hold and the sphere grew. Over many generations, the dwarves expanded the sphere. Soon, the curve of the world was barely visible. And so you will continue building until the sphere reaches the god's fiery hearth in the sky. What, isn't that bad? What? What? Touch the sun, it, baby. Yeah, and that's bad for us, right? 
Well, not for the dwarves. They live underground. Oh, the, fair. The feeble fair. elves are given the task of growing grass and trees across the surface of the sphere to keep it moist and prepared for new layers. Like the carpenter who prepares a wooden surface before it is glued to another. Thus, the elves have a task to fulfill, and you accept them. Okay. Uh, the not very well, because you just called them feeble a second ago, but whatever. All right. <laughs> the arrival of humans slowed down your holy task of building the world. You're given the orcs as servants in exchange for a piece of forged land, but the orcs have limited skills and questionable loyalty, as was displayed in the inevitable war that broke out. Humans may be resourceful, but have no purpose, and thus fail to understand your works as the chosen ones of huge. They must be kept in check, so your work may continue. Some younger ones are tempted to meet the harsh light of the world and run around the surface like humans. Let them. Hopefully they'll come of age and return with more sense than when they left. That's very Amish of them. It is, yeah. Rumspringa. Yeah. Key attribute strength. Makes sense, nope. especially since crafting is based off of strength. And digging. And digging, yeah. True grit. True grit means they get to push their roll multiple times. Oh, man. Now, what is pushing the role? Well, we'll cover that next week. Yeah. But uh, Heathen Dog knows what it is. But yeah, yeah, doesn't that sound cool? Now, you have to spend a willpower point to do it, but you sure, get to but... push your role multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, be because if you push your role, you you could go from, I need one more success, su success to succeed in this, or, oh my God, I've ruined my life. It could really turn to that. If you can try again. And again. Awesome. And again. That's awesome. Yep. That is that is as um, I, I I would say without reading more on it, it's pretty OP. Well, remember, it does cost willpower points, and we'll talk yeah, about that still. some other time. But yeah. Now, my favorite race. <laughs> the halfling. You already know the story of this, don't you? The, probably a little bit. Yeah. Everyone is happy and tubby in your family. Okay. They sing humorous songs in the inns and drink and smoke. Sure. But when darkness falls, they vomit in the flower beds and go home to scold their children. Wow. Your crazy aunt is locked up and no one wants to acknowledge your even more twisted relatives, even though everybody knows they're out there in the woods. You clean the flower beds and oil the wooden facade of your burrow so the neighbors will see it and be forced to go out as well. And everyone smiles and nods, even though they hate and slander each other as soon as the opportunity arises. Wow. I don't this know if that reads bad. the same as the original one, but uh, you can't stand it anymore. You're going out in the world and never coming back again. You want blood on your knife and gold in your purse to eat dangerously spicy food and see streets and no one cares to sweep in villages where no one grins without reason. Oh, my God. Talk about the bottom of the barrel. Jesus. What 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 are they? Are, are they elves and dwarves or dwarves and humans? Oh, no. We'll get to that in a, in a minute. We got another race to cover that will clear right. this whole thing up. Uh, empathy. Really? <laughs> well, they can. Sound like it. Well, they know, they know how to hide their. Uh, look at us. Yeah. We're happy little. Key attributes: sociopathy. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> hard to catch. It makes them difficult. If, if, if you're trying to snag one, it, they get a bonus. Yeah, they're, they're instantly kind of like a greased pig. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, minstrel, peddler, and rogue. Peddler's got a neat uh, talent, which we'll talk next week. Uh, there you go. That but, is but that, awful. But that didn't talk tell the about absolute degeneracy. Jesus. That didn't tell the whole story. We'll get that at the end because okay. we're going to do Wolfkin next. Hey, we got dog people. Great. You are part of this land. 
The other kin are pitiful and spoiled, needing to go inside to warm their paws by the fire after a day in the woods. And boil their meat so their weak stomachs can handle it. They couldn't stand the breath of the huntress, so they died like weak pups. It's known that rot springs from such weakness. You and your pack live as was intended. You hunt. You howl together and do not beat wood or tin cans because your own voices have grown weak. You will roam day and night, basking in the far parts of the creation of the goddess. You long to wander unknown forests, to smell the distant scents, and drink the intoxicating blood of strange prey. Wow. Key attribute, agility, makes sense. Well, Hunting like instincts. Uh, well, okay. agility because uh, they, it's used for marksmanship. Oh, okay. Hunting instincts. I forget what this is. I think this means once you target a prey... And we'll talk about it next week, but I think it's once you target a prey, you have that target. You you get bonuses to continue to track them and, and kill them. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, I may be wrong on that. We will find out for sure next week. Okay. They tend to be druids, fighters, and hunters, which like archers, sure. range, rangers. Makes sense. Arcs. Oh, Does this still have the disclaimer? I don't see the disclaimer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Down here. Orcs are feared and hated by most other kin. Playing an orc will therefore present unique challenges to you and your group. If you want to play an orc, it's a good idea to discuss it with your group first. And if you're a game master that hand waves playing an orc, die in a fire. It's meant to be difficult. But, risk or reward. Orcs are an ancient and free kin. But the elves and dwarves of Ravenland enslaved your ancestors. When war came, they needed the courage and strong arms of the orcs. Your masters fled as the tide of battle turned. When humans, fearing the onslaught of your brethren, resorted to sorcery and to demon uh, and and to demons, you what? had it right. Resorted to sorcery and to demons, sprung from their unclean dreams. Here we go. Now you are free again, and the time has come for the world to learn to respect the orcs. You are many, and you are strong. And you will show the other kin what your perseverance can accomplish. The clans grow. You will make Ravenland great again. But first, you will go out into the world and uh, to ravage and have a bit of fun. Now, orcs are a dichotomy. They want to be taken seriously, but they're orcs. <laughs> there are even orc villages like, look at us. We can make villages. Look, it's civilization. Oh, God, we burned it down. <laughs> there's some truth to that <laughs> so uh yeah uh the, so key attribute strength makes sense you know you're a strong orc right content unbreakable the easy way of saying this is you have to kill an orc twice oh wow okay they like to be fighters hunters and i don't know why rogues but Rogue? rogues. why the f all right whatever goblin all right back to the halflings now we're going to talk about goblins. Okay. The elders say you are the dark brothers of the halflings. Like you give a shit. Written right there in the book. Yep. All you know is that you live while the lard bags don't even try. What do halflings yep. know about howling with the wolves? Licking the blood off dipper trees you know, under the full moon? Or making love among nettles? If you didn't keep That's night true. watch over their petty village or pretty villages, trolls and wolfkin would have you torn... Oh, trolls and wolfkin would have torn them apart long ago. You say enough and be gone with that. The world's out there, swollen with smells and flavors and silver and thrills. 
You'll be taken off into the dark. Fingers dug deep into your wolf's fur. Do uh, they ride wolves? Yes. See, oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, froth washing your face. The night's alive, and you're the ones living it. Okay, I thought it was here, and I'm mistaking. Apparently, it's in the Game Master book. Let me tell you about, after we look at these three things here, let me tell you about the halflings and goblins. I could have sworn it was in the, the core book. Agility, nocturnal. That happens a lot. Agility as a key attribute has happened a lot. That, but that's okay. Honestly, it, it doesn't really, it just means they can have one more, and it doesn't stop anybody else from doing anything. Um, it used to be stealthy. I don't know what nocturnal is. Again, that hold on. It's it it's it's probably increased skills or attributes or abilities at night. Yeah, I know it. I know it was stealthy before. It's one of the changes that has happened. So um, we'll find out into or next week. Hunter rider rogue is what they like to be, and obviously this is the rider. It's basically the cavalrymen for goblins. They ride a yeah. wolf. Makes sense. Okay. Now before we go into prevent, now I'm not going to read the professions. I wanted to read the kin because they're interesting. Goblins and halflings are actually the same species. When two halflings make a baby, or sure. two goblins make a baby, it could pop out the other one. Two halflings could pop out a goblin. It's a 50-50 chance. Two goblins could pop out a halfling. It's a 50-50 chance. So, out in the woods where nobody's watching, they have these things called baby swaps. Where the halfling will say... We gave birth to a goblin. Take your dumb goblin. Give me your dumb halfling. <laughs> Dude, halflings are amazing this game. I love them. <laughs> this game is fucked up. <laughs> Goblins and halflings are different enough to actually be different races presented in the game, but there you go. But apparently not that different. They've got their problems. <laughs> They've got I love it. No, there has to be some deeper meaning behind that. I mean, yeah, sure. Horses and what donkeys are similar, like, like goblins and halflings, but they don't spontaneously produce another race. Well, so, uh, Mr. Max says in here, what if a got, uh, what if a halfling makes a baby with a goblin? They don't, they stay away. They hate each other. Okay. Um, halflings hate goblins because goblins show the true face of what they are. And goblins hate halflings for what we literally just read. Yeah, they 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 hide their actual yeah. their actual true nature, and it's disgusting to the to the goblins. Yeah. And I get it. I did. I said I was going to say something about the orcs or the, about the dwarves. Ogres in this game are half dwarves. It's not in this book. It's in the game master book. A human. So you have half elves, human elf. A human dwarf is an ogre. Really? And they're, yeah, for some reason they grow big and they are very magic resistant. Okay. All right. So we're going to speed up now. I wanted to go through the kin. I know I have an entire video on the kin. This is just fun. I really like the kin of this game. I like that they are, they maintain tropes but are unique. They're interesting and each one has a purpose. Sure. Now, professions. Professions are your character classes. You can be a druid. Key attributes, wits. Why? Because druids live by intelligence. What? Not feelings? Nope. By intelligence. Uh, skills. Endurance, survival, insight, healing, animal hand. What does this mean? And we're going to talk about skills next week. But in Forbidden Lands, you can, when we go through the skill list, and I know I didn't show the character sheet yet, but when, we, when you look at the character skill list, you can put one in any skill. 
at, as a starting character, just one. These right here, I'll zoom in on it, you can put three in. If you played Coriolis or saw our Coriolis videos, you'll see it's the same idea as Coriolis. So in these skills, Endurance, Survival, Insight, Animal Handling, and Healing, you can start with the skill level three instead of one. Okay. Key attribute wits. Now what happens, you can have two to four. What happens if your race allows, or your kin allows you an extra point, the key attribute is wits? Well, that allows you to have a five. But then you take a profession that allows you to, that also has key attribute of wits. That allows you to start the game with six dice in that attribute. No other game, well, no other game that we've covered does that. Okay. So it is possible to start with six dice here and three dice here. Nine dice to start the game, not even counting gear dice. Wow. Okay. Now, pride. We'll talk more about pride later, but pride, the way pride works is like this. You, you in, in a very niche and specific scenario, you pride yourself on something. You can add an extra D12 roll to that action. Oh, wow. To that very niche action. If you fail, so let's say uh, you sense an unnatural phenomenon before anyone else. Well, something weird's going on and you want to sense it. You roll. You failed. You can now... Ah, my pride. Ah, I pride myself, my ability to sense unnatural phenomena. Roll that D12. And remember, you can get one, two, three, or four successes rolling that D12. You could have gone from failure to, to four successes just based on your pride. But if you fail, you lose that as your pride. For the remainder of the session, you have no pride, and you must oh. pick another one before the next session. A different one. A different one, yes. Okay. So, that's the way pride works. So, here are the options. You can obviously come up with your own. We are not going to read all the prides from every one of the cl uh, classes, but just to give you an example for this druid, uh, you're nobler than other people, and the gods love you more. I don't know exactly how that works as far as a pride goes, like what kind of role that would give you a benefit. But okay, you sense a natural phenomena before anyone else. That one makes more sense to me. And uh, Twitch streaming went went weird. Oh, I don't care about Twitch. Okay, well you you care about it when you segment these videos. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it says uh, we're having trouble streaming to Twitch. Does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, over there. I don't know. Well, if I have to download the video, I'll have to download the video. Hopefully, it's. Uh... I'm not removing the destination, so nope. We're going to continue streaming, and right. hopefully it, picks, it fixes itself. Uh, sorry for the people who watch this on video later. This is a live stream. Keep trying. Okay, well, it's going to keep trying. Well, if Twitch is dead, Twitch is dead. All right, uh, Dark Secret. Another thing that we haven't talked about uh, in, in a different game. So choose an option below or create your own. You enjoy wallowing the mud and to live off what others would never eat. Basically, you like creeping people out. You're a druid that likes to creep people out. As everyone, everything are part of Clay's creation, you lack respect for others' property. That, that seems a common trope in this game, lacking respect for someone else. Yeah. That's, that seems like, a, like that's the normal thing. Okay, well, let's flip this over. Uh, you are a moralizing know-it-all who thinks you always know the will of the gods. That's fair. Now, again, you can come up with your own. Now, what is a dark secret? Well, it's a role-playing shtick 
that the game master can incorporate into the game, and it also gives you a way of role playing your character. So a dark secret is something the game master can literally use against you. All right, that's the point of it. We can have a side quest because of it. It can put your group in a bad situation. Obviously, you know, something really simple could be you're an alcoholic. But it's a secret, so you have to hide it. These are things that you don't want people to find out about you, or you just act in such a weird way nobody exactly understands why. Uh, one of my favorite ones is that you killed a Rust brother and they're out to get you. Relationships, if you watch the other uh, Year Zero Engine games that we've done, you always have a relationship with every other character in the group. And of course, I highly suggest you take your own. But here, for example, Heathen Dog doesn't understand. Well, it says her, so you know we'll say his. Uh, Heathen Dog doesn't understand his role in the world. I will guide, but I will not teach. Heathen Dog is drawn to dark arts and must be kept under close watch. If needed, it's my duty to stop him. What? Or, he or Heathen Dog is a slender oak that could grow into something great, given the right care. I suppose if you're an elf. But the point is... I, is actually, from what I've gotten out of this game so far, no matter what race you choose, you're just born to live and die a douchebag. You don't have to, but you can. It seems that way. If I mean, if you're black and white, yeah, but that's again, this game is this game is about gray areas. It's not about uh, moral relativism is a thing in this game to to an extent, to an extent. But you don't have to play it that way. Uh, relationship again, you have a relationship with every other character in the group, and the relationship is something that you do to get role playing experience points. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about experience at the end, uh, you'll you'll see that. But uh, it's also it also. Was I can say? Oh, they change. They change over time. So Heathen Dog right now could be a slender, uh, a slender oak that could grow into something great. But he keeps getting drawn to dark art. So I'm changing the relationship to this one up here. Again, these are just examples. You infinite number of relationships you can have. These just get the brain juices flowing. But for the point of example, I'm saying that the relationship changed from this. I'm I'm done with him. He keeps going after necromancy, and we can't have that. So now I'm changing the relationship to this. Okay. You do that at the end of a session. Gear. Uh, that's the equipment you have. What's important, uh, you know, staff, knife, whatever, right? Start with a D6 silver. It's not a lot. But things also don't cost a lot in the game like you're used to maybe in D&D &D where things cost like 200 silver for a knife. Sure. Resource. Here we go. Resource dice. You get a D8 food and a D8 water. What does that mean? When we go into the journeying section, we'll dive into it more. But for simplicity's sake, you can have a D6, a D8, a D10, or D12. D8 means you roll a D8, and if you roll a 1 or 2, it drops down a die. If you don't, you're fine. It stays at a D8. That's how you tell how much you have. Okay. And, of course, the, the smallest die is a D6, not a D4? D6, yes. Okay. When you're at a D12, uh, you have a, a, if you roll a 1 or 2... That's like basically a one in six chance. So like a 15% chance of having it drop down a die. When you're at a D6, you've got a 33% chance because it's a one, it's if you roll a one or a two. Mm -hmm. So at a D8, if you roll a one or two, that's a 25% chance that it drops to a sure. D6. When you're at a D6, you worry. When you're at a D8, you're like, eh. When you're at a D12, you're, you're overflowing. The large S. Large S. There we go. That, that is generally what you're going to find uh, with, with all these... Uh, 
classes. Now we're just going to look over what the other classes are. What are they? Well, you have the fighter. Yeah, got to know how to fight, right? And the skills for the fighter are might, endurance, melee, crafting, and move. Why crafting? Because it's based on strength, and you probably want to be able to fix and and uh, make your own swords in this world. Sure. And of course, strength being the key attribute. Yeah. Then you yes. have the hunter, which is like your ranger, your archer. Yeah. Agility, Agility makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agility, stealth, move, marksmanship, scouting, survival. Very ranger-esque. Yep. Yep. No problem. And when we cover journeying in a few weeks, you want one of these in your party. Sure. Makes sense. Minstrel. Now you might be like, why would I care about the minstrel? Well, it has, emp- well, first of all, it's key attributes, empathy, lore, insight, manipulation, performance, healing. Oh, performance and healing. Healing. Minstrels heal your mental woes. Oh, okay. So Do you remember, the- and I know I don't have a character sheet up. I should have done that. I did. I I didn't even think about bringing the character sheet up because I have a video on character creation. I should have done that. There are four attributes in the game: strength, agility, wits, empathy. To heal strength and, and agility requires healing, normal healing. To heal empathy and wits, you use the minstrel or copious amounts of alcohol, or copious amounts of alcohol if you're playing Mutant Year Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the peddler. Key attribute, empathy. Why? Because that's where your manipulation comes from for, you know, making your, you know, haggling. Crafting, sleight of hand, scouting, insight, manipulation. The the talent for the peddler, I wish it was written here. It should be written here, except for it's not. Or one of the talents is awesome. You always have a gold piece on you. You spend a willpower point. Oh, I have a gold piece. Look what I found. The rider. Cavalryman, right? Agility is the key attribute. Endurance, melee, marksmanship, survival, animal handling. Think of this. Uh, if, if you wanted to do it, you could be very Mongolian with this. A horseback ranger. I get yep. it. Yeah. The rogue. Agility, of course. Melee. Hot damn, stuff. look at that picture. He just looks like someone you do not want to find in an alley. <laughs> right? It's kind of <laughs> Conan-esque without the barbarian you know, look. Yeah. There, but that's very Conan-esque. Um, melee, a stealth, sleight of hand, move, manipulation. Makes move sense. gets you out of situations, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sorcerer, Sor- very Sauron esque. Sauron, the- yeah. <laughs> Sauron the White. That's uh, what we're looking at right now, except he's dressed in black, but whatever. Wits, because uh, it, wits is intelligence, and that's how you do your casting. Crafting, sleight of hand, lore, insight, manipulation. Wait, what about what do you use for casting? Willpower. I mean, why is this key attribute? Because spells automatically work. Okay, okay, got it. Are you getting? Do you remember back to Mutant Year Zero? Yeah. Except I'm going to tell you that work, but there's a cost. Hell, spells are much more powerful than those uh, than the Mutant Year Zero powers. Okay. Okay. Age. This is that's not a class, right? Now we're moving on. You choose your age. If you remember before, you have young, adult, and old. Young gets higher attributes, less skills. Old gets higher, uh, less attributes, more skills. That's just the simple way of doing it. Heathen Dog doesn't like it. I don't care. It's a game mechanic. That's all it's meant to be. Skills. You have uh, talks about rolling skills. You have no skill level. Well, you can always roll. In, unlike Coriolis, um, every skill you can roll, even if you don't have a level, you just roll your attribute dice. So if you have a four and an attribute, you roll four dice. If you have a four and an attribute and two and that's a relevant skill, you roll six dice. If you have Question. four and an attribute, what's that? Question. 
what uh, do they have uh, skills that cannot be used untrained? There's no such thing as trained or untrained. There, no, every skill can be used. Okay, making sure. All right. Yeah, o- only Coriolis does that. What okay. is it? Zero max is DC. What? I don't know what he means by that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he means by that either. Clarify that, that comment, please, because you might be right, or I might have to clarify. Uh, starting skill levels. When you create your player character, you distribute a number of your skill points. How many points are determined by your age? And oh, where was that? Uh, if you're young, you get 15. If you're old, you get 13. Oh, that's attribute. Where's your skill points? You said that was, hey, there we go. Skill point eight. That's right. Only eight. You don't know anything. <laughs> or you know a lot of things really poorly. Okay, see, it, it's better to be old than it is to be young. Because if you're old, you lose two attribute points, but you gain four skill points. Yeah, but attributes cover four skills. I understand. I understand. But if if, if you're min-maxing, I just go old. Okay. Uh, unlike Mutant Year Zero, where it's three skills per attribute, this game is four skills per attribute. Okay. And I'll show that off later. Um, you can sign a single point. To, okay. Uh, how many points determined by age? You can assign up to three points for each of the skills listed in your profession. I think that this paragraph is written backward, or this part of the paragraph is written backward. It should say you can assign a single point to each skill. Except for you can assign three skills for those profession ones that we noted above. Because the default is one. And sure. you can increase, but you can increase any skill. There is no maximum other than, well, five is the maximum, but uh, it's just your starting ability for that profession is higher. Um, talents. You have a kin talent, which we've already talked about. You have a profession talent of your choice. You'll have three options. Sure. And you'll have a number of general talents, to, and you'll get those later on in the game. Here's a new thing about this if you've covered our other uh, user engine games. Every talent has three ranks in this game. You actually increase your talents. So you normally start the game with rank one in each talent, but you can choose to forego one general talent for starting the game with rank two in another. Hmm. And you can increase your general talent levels as normal. So uh, you have a number of general talents equal to your age. So if you're an old, yeah, you that have three is, talents. That is also seemingly very powerful. Starting off with two extra talents or, or two extra ranks possibly. Because if you start off with two, right? You could have up to, up to five if you take old. Well, because you, have you, your, you, you get your a kin talent and you get a profession talent. That's automatic. And, you, and then you yeah. get, then you get these, then that's up to five, but you can sacrifice three of them or two, two of them to get a two in one of the last remaining three. That's, that seems pretty powerful for being old dude. Okay. Uh, special category of profession talents are the magic talents. These are needed to cast spells and generally only available to druids and sorcerers. Fair. Yeah. Pride. We already talked about pride. I'm not going to dive into it except for to say here, where is it? Yep. Once per game session, you can activate your pride. When you mm-hmm. fail a skill roll in a situation where your pride is relevant, the GM has the final say, but should give you the benefit of the doubt. When activating your pride, you get to roll an extra D12 and include the result in a die roll. Okay. If you fail the roll, despite this, you must remove your pride. You then need to play one entire, oh, it's one entire session, my mistake. Without one entire session without a pride before you get to choose a new one. No, you said that. You said that. Oh, I thought I said you, this is the rest of this session, but. Hey, look at that. I'm a little goblin. I'm a, I'm a hot looking archer. And oh, look, we have skulls. Oh, here's the character sheet. 
This is the non-color version. This is the black and white. So we can see strength here. Hopefully you guys can see it. Let me zoom in. Strength of three, agility three, wits five, empathy three. And this is like Mutant Year Zero. A strength of three means you roll three dice and damage happens to your, your attributes. It's not like Coriolis where you have hit points and mind points. This happens to your attributes again. So if you take three points of damage, you lose your strength is at zero and you're broken. We'll cover that in combat in a few weeks. So wits, you have five wits. How do you heal your wits? Well, you have a minstrel sing to you. There's also another way you can do it, but the minstrel singing to you is the quickest way of doing it. Uh, conditions, you can be sleepless, thirsty, hungry, or cold. We'll talk about that again when we talk about combat. Critical injuries are a bitch in this game. They will kill you better than lowering this stuff to zero will. Okay. And here are the skills. Might, endurance, melee, crafting are all based on strength. And yes, even cooking as a crafting skill is based on strength. It's a it's a rules light game. It's how rules light games work. Stealth, sleight of seems like agility would be better for crafting because you're using tools you, it's a strength multiplier you would just need agility and hand-eye coordination to craft things better well but, okay. i think any blacksmith because that's what it's really intended to tell you that endurance and strength are more important so fair enough yeah i wouldn't have a problem if a game master house ruled it but remember rules like I get games it. i get it yeah i'm not mad it's just i would have gone differently but i'm not mad at how they went Stealth, sleight of hand, move, and marksmanship are your agility skills. Stealth, obviously, being stealth. Sleight of hand being palming and doing things, you know, pickpocketing. Uh, move, that's your ability to get out of combat or to, you know, the pendulum swings, to dive through the pendulum. The big pendulums are trying to slice you in half. Uh, sure. Marksmanship is shooting things with your boat. Scouting, yep. lore, survival, and insight. Those are wits skills. Remember, wits being your attribute up here. Uh, scouting, that's, well, makes sense. That's finding things. Lore is your knowledge. Like, hey, do I know about this? Survival is very incredibly mega important in this game, and we'll cover that in the journeying section. And that's, uh, can I build a fire? Can I make a camp? Can I find food? Can I find water? Basically, can I not die? Yeah, can I not die? I mean, yep. what is the opposite of not dying? Survival. <laughs> yep. And insight, this is used against manipulation, as most of the Year Zero Engine games do, uh, to see if you can determine if somebody's lying or messing with you. Trying to screw you over. And then finally, you have the empathy skills, which are manipulation, which is screwing somebody over, haggling. Performance, which is if you want to sing or play an instrument. Uh, have a play, I guess, you know. Healing, so this is where you want your healer to have, you know, his abilities. And animal handling for your wolf riding and for your cav uh not cavalry, uh your yeah, your your rider. Okay. And I don't think there's anything else that we have to talk about here. Notice there we go. Look, Path of Blood already started at two. Let me zoom in on that. This character here. Psychic power. Just, oh, this must be a half elf. So psychic power, path yes. of blood. So it's a half elf mage. And lightning fast. I don't know what lightning fast does, but you know, that's the talent Seems this person picked. But yeah, this, this person apparently took adult because they have four total talent points. Yep, at rank two, and this is cool. This means he can cast higher, more powerful spells. Sure. And there we go. Yep, sorcerer. Okay, half elf sorcerer. And you know what? If you're going to go sorcerer, half elf is the way to go. They all work. But dark secret. We already talked about what that is. Every player in Forbidden Land has a story. And where's it down here? Okay, uh, 
uh, nope, no, don't. I already, it's something that your game master can, yeah, here's the dark secret so that you and the other PCs have first and foremost tools for the GM to create stories, but can also affect how many experience points you get after a game. Okay. This game is based on role-playing. So relationships, we've talked about that as well. You have a relationship with each character and your gear. You start with, you start with some really basic gear for your character. You'll have a number of silver, some food and some water. If it says a weapon of your choice, pick one weapon from the weapons table in chapter five. That's of your choice. You cannot choose a magical artifact. Don't be a douche nozzle. Coins and, you know, we t- you know, again, you can have 1d6 silver. Encumbrance. Do you remember how encumbrance works? In use your engine. Take your strength. Double it. Yeah. Yeah. So if this character has, uh, well, three strength, right? Well, I don't have to do it. It has three strength. That means you have six lines of items that you can have a normal item is one line a light item is half a line a heavy item is two lines if you once you fill up six lines then you're encumbered until then you're fine bags do not cost as line items uh, coins oh, yeah. count as a tiny item you can have 100 coins before it becomes light 200 before it becomes normal 400 before it becomes heavy now, what happens with you when you're over-encumbered? You can temporarily carry more than your normal encumbrance limit. In this case, you need to make a roll for endurance whenever you want to run in a round of combat. Notice that this isn't quite as deadly mm-hmm. as Mutineer Zero, which is roll or you don't move. Yeah, this roll just, or you're just there. Yeah. This yeah. one says, well, whenever you want to run or hike, for this is going to be for a half day, or a quarter day, sorry, for a quarter day. If the roll fails, you must either drop where you're carrying, stay where you are, or suffer one point of damage to agility and keep going. You have options. Mm-hmm. If you're just walking across from here to the tent over there, you don't have to make a roll, or no. just don't run. Now, if you're running, that's a different deal. It's a bit more flexible. I like this rule better. It makes yeah. more sense. Mounts. Oh, we're not going to talk about the mounts. Consumables. All right. This one I'm going to slow down on because I think it's the last thing we're covering. Yeah, the last real thing we're covering. A special category of items in the game are called consumables. These are food, water, arrows, and torches. You don't count individual units of these items. Instead, you count in each consumable is rated with a resource die from D6 to D12. That measures how much consumable you are carrying. Each type of consumable has a box on the character sheet where you note your resource die for it. All right. So, um, should start up here. Every time you eat a ration of food, Drink a ration of water, shoot an arrow, or light a torch. You roll a resource die for the consumable. If the die shows a 1 or a 2, you must decrease the resource die one step. For example, from a D8 to a D6. When you roll a D6 and get a 1 or 2, the result, your stash of the consumable is fully depleted. Starting resource dice are indicated by your profession. You don't roll these when creating your character. Instead, simply note the die type on your character sheet. Here's what I'm going to tell you if you've never done this before. Don't get cocky with D12 and don't cry at D6. Game Masters, don't screw over the players when they're at a D12. It will go down. And once it starts going down, it goes down faster. Just the roll is going to happen. Let them have their two quivers of arrows. And shoot, shoot. One person's going to shoot four times and be out. That's really rare, but can happen. Other person's going to shoot 100 times and not be out. That's just the luck of the draw. Okay, you somehow crammed more arrows in there than you thought. 
don't make it a spreadsheet game. It's not meant for that. And if you're so pedantic or autistic that you have to count every single one and this isn't fair, play a different game. I like this. In fact, every time I've done this, I've run this as a one shot. The players at the table said, this is the one thing they said, I thought I was going to hate that, but ended up liking it because it was meaningful enough to be something they had to think about, but quick enough where they just moved on. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Can you increase your die by buying more of the resource? Wait, wait, wait. I'll say that again. Can you increase your die by buying? Yeah, abso absolutely. Okay, yes. good. All right. Yes, then, absolutely. Then we're, we're fine. Okay. And trading, you can trade. So what sure. happens is if I trade you, let's say I'm at a D12, you're at a D6. I trade you one unit. I go from a D12 to a D10. You go from a D6 to a D8. Fair. Okay. And uh stockpiles having a d12 resource die means you're carrying as much of the consumable as a single individual can of course your group might come across larger stockpiles such as a wagon filled with food these are measured in units of consumables below so you can still have a wagon and go back to the wagon and restock this is just how much you can carry on your person got it um so okay here we go finding by when you find or buy consumables they're counted in units a unit consumable re uh, increases your resource by one step so four, right, four units goes from, you know, it gives you the D12 from nothing. And I already told you how to uh, trade. Uh, appearance and experience. Uh, we don't care about that name. Experience. Let's read quickly here. Did you participate in the game session? Did you travel through at least one hex of the game map that you had not visited before? When we get to journeying, you'll understand why that's worth an XP. Lots of things can happen when you're journeying. This game, one of the complaints I hear about the game is people see the charts and like, dude, I spend more time stubbing my toe and falling in pits than getting to where I want to go. That's not true. That's only true if you, ha not hand, if you don't take any character class in the game that has survival skills. That's a you problem. If you have at least one, preferably two players, players in the game who have decent survival skills, you will be fine. And the stubbing the toe and falling into a, a, a pit will be the thing that you laugh about. All right? Remember, you also have prides and pushing your role, which we'll talk about uh, next week, that will help you make these roles. Okay. Did you find treasure? One or more gold. Look how simple that is. Now, one silver is not a treasure. But one or more gold is. Did you build a function in your stronghold? That's... A big a big part of this game is to try to build up your stronghold because your stronghold will get attacked. Your stronghold will be how you increase your spells. It'll be how you increase your weaponry. It'll be what keeps you safe at night. Did you activate your pride? Did you suffer from your dark secret? Look at that. Role-playing experience if your dark secret comes back to haunt you. Did you risk your life for another PC? Notice it doesn't say for your buddy this time. No, it says for um, another PC because they're not your buddy. I, I read the race descriptions. They don't like anyone. Well, I, Nobody likes like, anybody. What I liked about this is I actually don't like the buddy thing in Mutant Year Zero. Mm. I, I never, but I do like this. Did you perform an extraordinary action of some kind? Of course, that's going to be the GM call. Call, yeah. So spending XP, you spend XP to raise your stuff. We're not going to get into that. Uh, if you play the game, you'll get XP. You'll raise your skills. You raise your talents. Got it. You can change your dark secret, if especially if it's found out, or if just course of the game. You can change your relationship. I hate Heathen Dog. Is uh, is my relationship to start? Heathen Dog's my best buddy. You know, it happens later on. Look at Gimli and Legolas. Reputation. 
affects your manipulation rule. We've covered that in other oh, yeah. games. Old people have higher reputations because sure. they're generally wizened and more respected. And yep. this will add dice to your, uh, to your manipulation rule to convince people of things. It will grow and it will diminish as you play the game. Reputation is important. A prominent NPC was killed or saved from certain death. You'll gain some reputation. What was that? Uh, if you kill a feared monster, a legendary treasure artifact was found or stolen. <laughs> the deed permanently altered the overall situation of, uh, in an adventure site. That means you went to a dungeon and you changed it forever. The deed will have significant consequences for one of the major powers in Forbidden Lands. Yes, you can be a political force. You built a certain function in your stronghold. This one, uh, because you're already getting rewarded with that function, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I get. I get that. Okay. And that is it for uh, for making your character. Now, if you want to see how all of this plays together, one more time, I'm going to tell you. Look at the description below. The link to the character creation video is there, and you're going to see how I created a character from beginning to end for a half elf druid. And I don't yeah, remember I don't anything. actually see that in the description, but well, okay. you're not going to see because this is the live stream. They're going to see it in the video. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we got some chat now. Bring okay, up cool. Malachi. Hopefully, good stuff. Dwarven wizards, best dwarves. You, well, sorcerers, but you can do that. Yes. Sure. Sure. It's possible. And then L comes up with, "Wait, how did humans bring the gods with them? No, other way around. The gods told the humans to come to this land." Don't worry, I got your back. We're dicks, you're dicks. We're all going to be fine. We're in the same corner. That's what happened. So the gods started this whole dickery thing going on. And then L comes again with uh, kill all the elves, take their mag magic stones to the Adventurers Guild for money. Every anime. He's not wrong. Okay. He's not wrong. See, uh, in, in, in a lot of, of, of anime in the last 10 years, especially if you're if you're in another world you kill a monster it drops a stone that you take it to a peddler and get money it's it's weird but okay it was a joke. all right and rex teal says i love how this setting mm -hmm. is just twisting tolkien's theme and making them more gritty yes every single race is is hamstrung by being a dick in some aspect there is talk no about that in a moment i have to i'll be right back Okay. There there is no pure, you know, elf or dwarf or whatever. They're all they're all broken in very obvious ways. I don't like, but that that's how it is. Then uh, everyone in this game is a is a is a D-bag including the gods. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, can you go back to that last one? Oh, I lost it. But yeah, all, all all the races are are grittier, are are Tolkien, yeah. but dark. But it, but it, what I want to reiterate is it maintains the tropes that you would expect. The dwarves are tough. Yeah, the dwarves are stubborn. No, dwarves yeah, are... it, it it maintains all those Tolkien things, but it's like tales from the dark side version. <laughs> yep, you know, it's like the same thing, but the other way. You know, like I, it's darker. I, I really, and I mean this, I really like this game. I know people are trying to trying to think I'm going to get angry about Dwarven Wizards. No, I only get angry about Dwarven Wizards and Dungeons and Dragons because... Yeah. Uh, it's not supposed to be. Right. This game, I like the way... And in fact, one of the things I really liked about it is it took those tropes and threw them on their head. That That's what made the game much more interesting to me. 
then we have uh, Rex Steele coming back. Is, it, is your age randomly rolled in choose this game, it. or do you choose it? Both. It, it uh, actually says you can roll or choose. You, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, Everybody that I've ever played with chooses it. Yeah. Then L comes back again. Boom. Games like this prove why. I like this one. Games like this prove why games like this fail. Baked-in settings are not very good. You are playing the setting more than the game. I believe Max and I would both vehemently disagree with this. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely Be, wrong, El. <laughs> yeah, Be, because uh, baked-in settings gives the player a framework so they know exactly where the boundaries are in their gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it gives the game master the ability to turn anything as possible to know in this world, inside the framework of the setting, only some things are possible probable and some things are now impossible and that actually you think well that's taking away from agency from both the game master and the player if you play within a settings true but since since you can't go in any direction everyone can go further going the same direction there's less randomness there. Therefore, there's less player versus player, player versus environment, because if everything reacts in a certain specified way, then you can navigate the world more easily. It's actually easier for your players to move forward because everyone's moving in generally the same direction. So I wanted to do that. Um, the thing is, well, go back to, to Alice. So I, I can't I, I unstart it. Oh. So uh, as far as that goes, yeah, I, I agree with Heathen Dog on that. But also, most people need a starting point. It doesn't make sense. Like, why are the wolf wolfkin like this? Why why are the halflings like this? Why you know why are these things happening? You have to have the setting to to frame that. Really, now you can do whatever you want. That's why I read right at the beginning. It says you can use this system for any game you want as long as it's a hex crawl. Games like this don't fail. Forbidden Lands is actually, I think, other than Alien, is their bestseller. And even this might sell more than Alien. I don't know. Forbidden Lands is doing very well for uh, uh, for Free. Free League. I know a lot of places that would actually cover Forbidden Lands uh, with physical books that they wouldn't do with even Palladium. So, uh, yeah, now, this one right here. Hang on. I like Forbidden Lands, but I don't care for the story. It's okay, but I could do without. I am with with Mister Max here. I I I do appreciate what they've done and it has it has value. I don't like it mainly because I I do uh, uh like the the uh, Tolkien tropes better and and everyone here is a little too dark side for me a, l- a little too uh you know evil is in everybody's core type type idea i personally don't like that and i think mr matt mr max is saying the same thing he personally doesn't like that about the game so yeah, i he, understand that but so, so, we but he's not saying it's bad he's just saying it's not for him which is completely valid yeah, the mr max wants to play paladins in uh in pendragon all the time so i mean <laughs> he doesn't like fantasy gaming at all i mean no i shouldn't say it that way he doesn't like magic in games. He doesn't like, uh, you know, he wants to play Charlemagne's uh, Knights at all times. So, you know, that doesn't make for most people, that doesn't make for a compelling story or well, compelling yeah, but he's game. He's not talking about that here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not bringing that into this, but no, I, no, I understand no, like, 
I've had him on my stream a bunch of times. I, I, I guarantee you that's what he's talking I, about. I understand you have more knowledge ab about, about his thoughts, you know, beyond what he wrote here. I'm just talking about what he wrote here. And he likes it. It's a good idea. Uh, it, it's okay, but it's not his favorite thing. All right. That's cool. There, there's much that. also much deeper aspects to this story that go into the history and everything else. What specifically happened with the humans, what specifically happened uh, with the dark mist or the red mist and uh, blood mist. Jesus came to say it. Um, clear agency is the enemy of a good story. He's going to make me bring out my shirt. Uh, there it is I don't care crafty that's pedantry I don't care about <laughs> I don't care uh, so, so anyway yeah uh, that is it. but no this this game this game is successful for free league I like it like I said I, I kind of talk through what people complain about and what people have really liked either at my table or generally speaking that I've come across. Uh, if you do have to, I would, one thing that I would change in this game, this is the one thing that I would change. I would double the amount of points it takes to raise talents and maybe even skills. I don't know, but I would definitely double the amount of points it takes to raise talents because after you've played for six months, if you play weekly, you're going to have a character that is a meat grinder and I don't care what class you are. Mm, okay. so. all right well that's it all right yeah so next week we are going to cover skills we'll go through each of the 16 skills and talents and like coriolis there are a lot of talents and they level up as you see in this game you start with four well three three to five talents that's that's quite a bit but you get to level them up. We can see how they level up and what that means for characters. And you, when you hit that rank three in most talents, you're going to wonder why you need any others. But uh, like, subscribe, and share. And oh, I, I have my finger on that button. Oh, did you? Yeah. Beat you. <laughs> and I hope to yeah. see you guys next week. Now, for the folks that are just here in the live stream, um, let me see if I've got an email. I don't. Is 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 that all your segments? Yes. Oh God, yes. Okay, good. All right, I gotta go. Everybody. Okay. Um, we may have a change of plans for next week. It's touch to Scandinavian for you. Uh, this, if you want Scandinavian Simbaroom, that's the way to go. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, look, I, I'm gonna stand by Forbidden Lands in nearly everything I've run it, and every group that I've run it for has had at least half the people pick up the game. So uh, hopefully they're running it. I don't know. I, I'm not in Germany anymore. But um, So next week could be Forbidden Lands, or I'm working out the details. I don't have an updated email, but he's already showed interest in uh, Mark McKinnon from a Big Eye, Small Mouth. Also, oh, what's it called? Absolute Power. Is and I'm gonna show you my email for a second here because I'm just gonna pop. Oh, here I can do that first. There we go. Um, there is a Kickstarter, Absolute Power, seasons one and two, plus anthology. He's already made his. his wow, that's gone up again. So he's got 151 backers and already made his 18,000. He wanted 10,000, made 18,000. 
So we're hoping to possibly have him here next week to talk about this because uh, Mark's been really cool to our channel. And while anime and comic books aren't my thing, I have his games and uh, and I do find them interesting. I actually do find them interesting. And I want to I want to cover them at some point, but depending on how we do next year, I might not have as many deep dives. And you know, I, I really do want to take a look at Absolute Power. I think it deserves the look on the live stream. But you can check it out. Uh, as you can see there, I backed it. But season one, Urban Warfare, it expands some rules, it expands some stories. Silver Age Sentinels, uh, season two, Dark Empire. Don't know exactly what that one does. Got some cards. Pre-made characters. There you go. Some good stuff there. And you can see what the different uh, backing uh, levels gives you. So, anywho. I, uh, what did I back? I think I backed this. Yeah, I think I backed this one. Because the higher one gives you also the two main books in the slipcase, and I already have that. But check that out. What did I miss? Oh, I, I've, I, oh, I don't have an absolute. I have a Bessem dice tray. I don't have an absolute power dice tray. I think I have absolute power dice though, or I have Bessem dice. I have one of them. Anyway, so stretch. Uh, if he gets twenty k updated SAS adventure, or two backers pledging seventy k uh, seven dollars plus, receive a PDF download of the classic Silver Age Sentinel. So gotta get, get him twenty thousand. Give Let's him. Get him. He'll get you an extra book. Yeah, give him twenty thousand. Want more bang for my dollar? Uh, but there we go. Again, I'm still working out the details. He's already said uh, that he's interested, but we have to work. Uh, well, he has to be here when we stream, so he has to see if that fits into a schedule. So we hope to see him here next week. If not, I'm I'm still going to move forward with the free league just in case you know I have to cover skills and talents for Forbidden Lands. But uh, else, it could be Mark McKinnon. And then what's the other one? So Palladium's got a sale going on right now for a bunch of Rifts books. But not all the Rifts books, because there's only one in the list. Because I, like, I have a list of, for the Christmas package. I'm like, yeah, I'll beat the Christmas package with these with the sale. There's only one book on here that's on sale. It's like, and the Christmas package will be better. So, but uh, I wanted to show. Oh, it's way down here. There we go. These are the books that are on sale and how much they're on sale. These fifty percent off ones. If you don't have them and you're interested, oh, I would get those. Hardcover. That's that's nice. Yeah, yeah I would that, get those. Yeah. So, and the rest are 30. Well, okay. Actually, these are 50% off also. I have Juicer Uprising already. I have both those. Yeah. I have South America and Juicer Uprising. Yeah. I don't care about South America, but yeah. Uh, I just want the, like the robot and the bionic books and sometimes the coalition books because they include more flying robots. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the bionic source books I got in the last uh, uh, Christmas package. Yeah. I need it. No, it's not War Camp. It's one of the coalition ones I have to get. Oh, Manhunters. I mean, do I have Manhunters or War? Yeah, I think it's Manhunters, but it was only 20% off. So I was like, eh, I'll put that in the Christmas package. <laughs> like, so, but check that out. Uh, still no word on whether Ke uh, or when Kevin and Sean want to come back. Hopefully it's soon. And the reason I say that is because of where the hell is it? Uh, hardcovers on sale. Uh, it's in here somewhere. Fun podcast adventures. Yeah, we're not. We're not there. No. Well, that's for, no, that, that's for live place. Closing oh. thoughts. Here we go. May not seem like it from the outside, but all kinds of things are brewing behind the scenes at Palladium. You will learn one of them in October. God, I hate how this site jumps so much. You will learn one of them in October with more to follow. Hopefully, we're part of that. But if not, you know, we're not. You know, you can't make them. 
But uh, so we're hoping to have them back on sometime this month. And if you consider that Forbidden Lands is going to be six weeks and we hope to have Mark McKinnon on and we hope to have Kevin and Sean on, that's two weeks. So that that puts, that's two months and we're in October. That doesn't give us a lot of flex time when you consider holidays and so forth, you know, to make it to the end of the year. So, uh, yes. Anywho. Speaking Sorry. of that, we got uh, Michael Mammoth here. He says, Riffs Australia feels like a soft reboot of Riffs in general. Isolated enough to justify depowering the world and keep the same themes, but with more SDC. You would think that would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now that I'm not gonna say during the video. This book sucks. It's a shitty book. Oh wow! Don't tell Kevin. Don't tell Kevin. So what makes it suck? It it refers to OCCs that don't exist. It has no adventure ideas. It is magic is depowered, but come on, Australia is Australia. If you put magic into Australian animals, you get really bad animals, right? I mean, is it, it's that bad? Is it that bad? It's that bad. Yeah, it is that bad. So, uh, yeah, uh, Australia fared generally far worse than uh, North America. But you can ride uh, a kangaroo. They have giant killer kangaroos here. Yeah, with horns. It's not dino roos. Come on, that's got to be awesome. No, it isn't. <laughs> Somebody said earlier, bring uh, bring in uh, mutants down under into Riffs uh, Australia. Like, do that. Oh, 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 oh. Riffs Australia has their own mutants, hmm. and you can play them as a player character. And guess what? They suck. <laughs> the rifts part of Australia is redundant. It should just be called normal Australia. <laughs> you know, if if they didn't have giant, murderous, ravenous, you know, rabies-induced versions of their of their animals that they already have, I would say, yeah, it's 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 just Australia. You know, but no, it's it's rifts Australia. You can tell the difference. One other thing I wanted to put up on the screen, I forgot because uh I, I did this on the Friday stream, but I didn't do it here. Mutant Year Zero finally has mutant at Astra. So obviously we're not going to cover it this year, but this would be the fifth book in the series. You remember Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, Mutant Mechatron, Mutant Elysium, and now Mutant Ad Astra. This book is not exactly like the other ones. The other ones detailed a new location and gave you a completely different type of character. Mutant humans, mutant animals, robots, and pureblood humans. This one basically combines them all. It spends a lot less time dealing with Elysium, so the pureblood humans, but... That doesn't mean they can't be here. In fact, they they can get here just like anybody else. Uh, but it it combines all of them together. It's got mutant rules. It's got robot rules. You know, obviously robots don't need to breathe oxygen in space, but it has space rules. This is Mutant Year Zero in space. The intent of this is to be after. And if again, if you watch the Mutant Year Zero series, you know that we talked about the whole Eden storyline. Is it true? Is it not true? Well, doesn't matter if it's true or not true. When that storyline's over, you can move into this storyline. So it's almost a continuation of it outside of even the Grey Death if uh, or Grey Waste, what is it? Yeah, Grey Death adventure if you have that. So I wouldn't say this is an adventure. It is definitely a setting because it adds a bunch of setting rules, but it doesn't include a new set of... Perf uh, um, I don't want to say that because pilot is a profession here. Uh, it sets a... a doesn't add anything new character wise you are going to use the four standard robot mutant pure blood human whatever uh that you already had other than that i've paged through it 
I think it's interesting enough uh, to cover at some point, but uh, I just don't know when that would be. But uh, it's got definite space rules in here, and you know, there you go. I'll let you see the chapter headings. And it does talk about the one final faction that we never talked about previously other than in name only. So, go to Mars. Go to Mars. And with that, that's all the intermission stuff I wanted to do. All right. Are you ready? Because I'm not. I am ready. Hold on. I'm not ready. I have to unf 11 that and, and get chat ready. Okay. All right. Let me get this up here. Rip's World Book. Boom. Let's get to the beginning. Boom. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rift's World Book 19 Australia. I'll be going over the background of this book today. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, a lot of people believe Australia is a bad place to visit and a worse place to live because, damn, that place is riddled with stuff that wants to kill you. Oh, my God. Now, with the coming of the Rifts, you have no idea. Not only do the regular things want to kill you, the <laughs> super unregular things now want to kill you there there's there's a demon god in the water that's going to drink the world there's there's a uh, uh aborigines that don't like don't like people at all who have technology there there's people who have magic and technology that don't like people with tech basically everyone hates everyone else everyone is 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 on the cusp of dying at all times this is riffs on hard mode we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right. And here we are with Riffs Australia. And we're going to go over the background. Let's look at this picture. We're riding a kangaroo. What the heck? There it is. A, a kangaroo with horns. Well, those are ears. Oh, are they, oh, they did ears? I didn't yeah, know that they did their ears. I guess that would make sense. Their ears going back. Yeah, like if that. you're running, your ears are back. It, but But if you look at his face... He's got uh saber tooth kangaroo saber tooth thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saber tooth roo. <laughs> this right here. <laughs> this is different, right? That's different. <laughs> hey, can you show? Can you show its big feet? 
Big feet. Did, okay. Like, did they add talons or something? Even bigger uh, ones? Oh, never, never mind. Can't okay. Can't see it. It's it's hidden. Wouldn't surprise me if they could do an MDC kick. Wait, 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 wait. That looks like some claws there. Some raptor stuff going on. Yeah, it's a little pixely because you can't zoom in that much on this thing. But that <laughs> looks like some claws right there. But yeah, yeah, this is this is Australia. This is this is riffs on hard mode. Okay, Australia is the only. I mean, even compared to England and and stuff like that, England is in, is in rough shape. But Australia is a breath away from being completely murdered almost every day. Australia is 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 someplace you don't want to live. And okay, I, and you're gonna understand why in just a minute. First, we'll go to background. All right, we'll look. Come, we're gonna look at the changes that happened when rifts came about. The changes wrought by the coming of the rifts are many and disturbing. Well, that's normal, right? They're all disturbing. <laughs> the actual physical structure of the Australian continent has been altered dramatically. Now, in many other in many other source books, uh, the 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 planet has changed a little bit, right? Uh, North America doesn't still looks like North America, but some mountain ranges are there. Some mountain ranges are not some, some places are flooded. Some places water receded, but it's not drastic. It's not absolutely like, wow, that looks completely different. Australia looks completely different. We're, we're going to see maps in, in a little okay. bit and you're going to understand be like, wow, this, this place got wrecked. No doubt. This place got wrecked. Before the Holocaust, Australia was a big, flat country with ridges on each side. The center were three major deserts, each as flat as the other. The lowest point was 39 feet below sea level in the middle of the continent, where no water can get to, right? A salty place called Lake Eyre. Sometimes, in particularly rainy seasons, it would fill up into a lake, an extremely salty lake, but a lake nonetheless for a while. But it would eventually go away because no water could refuel it. And if you didn't get those hints, then... Well, I don't know what to do with it. The change has had enormous side effects. Many rivers have dried up. Well, uh, what people don't understand, uh, what a lot of people don't get about Australia, is that there are a lot of damn rivers. Rivers are almost everywhere. If you're outside the center of the continent, especially on the eastern side of Australia, rivers are everywhere. After the rifts, no. I didn't realize that there were three deserts in Australia. I thought it was just one. Well, big they're, they're all they're all touching each other. So why they made it three, I don't know. Maybe because they were so big, I got nothing. But yeah, uh, the deserts were not only reshaped but pushed pushed further towards the coast, as raised salt levels killed once fertile land. The result was a well-defined green track of land that almost circled the entire country, called the Rim Territory. And now is when we're going to look at. We're going to skip ahead a little bit and look at the map. Here is Ooh. old Australia. Okay. Where, no, that, that's new Australia. Where's old Australia? There is a picture of old Australia in here. I didn't write it down because I'm dummy. I mean, that looks like old Australia. No, it is not. You think it looks like old Australia, but it doesn't. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I thought it was right there. I am a super dummy, I guess. I mean, it shows the outline of Australia. Oh wait, here we go, here we go. It's gotta be... Nope, 
Nope. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We, we, we'll go to the new Australia. Here's the new Australia. The, the desert was replaced by a giant inland sea. Okay. Okay. So all that desert turned to water, but it's salt water. And so all of the green area around the desert was slowly destroyed over hundreds of years because of salt contamination. So now the only places that have greenery and can support normal human life are all around the edges. All around here. See, here's the rivers. Again, it's like regular Australia. Everybody lives on the outside. But now they they literally, but the it's even worse. Like this is the green, like this is the green area only. This is the green area only. This is the green area only. It all this around the sea is desert. Okay. Desert. Absolute desert. There's only two cities left. Perth and Melbourne. Those are the only two technologically advanced cities left. They, Interesting that Darwin isn't a city still. Or is it there Dar- are the, the, the one the old... one in the north? That, that's Darwin, right? Uh, York, Mosby. I don't see it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, yeah, when, when I say drastically changed, obviously you lost you know, at least a third of the landmass to ocean. That's that's radically different than than many other games, right? And uh, you lost a whole bunch of your of your uh, actual usable land to desert and the lack of of streams that we can see. Like all this, right? You think, oh, that that's a lot of rivers. No, no, you're missing. There used to be this many rivers. Like if you cut and paste this to right here. That's how much rivers you lost, right? I mean, you lost half of the half of the rivers in this in this in this uh, continent. So the 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 habitable land is drastically reduced. What took its place? Desert filled with disease, death, and destruction. That's what that's what replaced it. All right, we're gonna move back to page sixteen, seventeen, actually. Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. Destroyed all but two cities, Melbourne and Perth. Uh, while most of it is flooded and dropped into the sea, much of it was rebuilt and moved into the mountains. Alas, all other traces of the old civilization were either obliterated or have disappeared. Sydney, once ranked amongst the biggest and most populous cities in the world, is a skeleton of crumbling skyscrapers and villainy, surrounded in part by swamps and marshlands, its broken harbor strewn with debris. Canberra, an, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, and I don't care. The inland city that was once the Australian capital fell to the destruction of the Great Cataclysm and is now Lake Canberra and serves as a shallow watering hole. So drastically changed. And the thing is, North America had had many large cities. Some of them were destroyed. Some of them were rebuilt. Some of them were fine. In Australia, they did not have many major cities. Only two of them survived. One of them had to be rebuilt. All the others, dead and gone. Technological civilization took an almost death blow in Australia due to the cataclysm. Almost no one is high tech in in this whole joint almost no one and there was a there was a uh 
a comment earlier about techno wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right here. No need. No need. To say. Uh, how did how how do techno wizards get to Australia? They don't. Tech techno wizards is by and large techno wizardry is by and large a North American construct. Player characters or the overall storyline may have brought techno wizardry to other areas, not in Australia. Australia may as well be in a different dimension. It is so far removed from the rest of the world. And getting here is so hard, long, and crazy that no one, almost no one actually visits from somewhere else. So again, this is a history lesson, not even a game. The history lesson is necessary for the game, to be fair. So yeah, there you go. Then we move on the outback. What's left in the middle? I mean, you got you lost a 30-year landmass to ocean, you lost more to desert. What's left there? Well, we'll find out. Humans who were not of Aboriginal descent or not fortunate enough to have gotten inside the walled cities of Melbourne and Perth before they closed themselves a few years after the cataclysm are left in the wild to fend for themselves. Over the centuries, many thousands of lost and frightened people have made pilgrimages to one city or the other, pleading to be allowed inside. All of them has have been told to pound sand. There's plenty of it here. The cities re- reject outbackers to maintain their own delicate infrastructure. That's that, that's what they call people who are who are technologically knowledgeable but live in the wastes of of out, outside the cities of Australia. They're outbackers, and they the, the cities have limited resources. That's for us, not for you. Piss off, get out. So, so they so had to involu- make- involuntary luddites. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> they had to, they had to make their own uh their own civilization their own cities their own culture their own everything but this all comes and goes because outside the walled cities it's it's freaking freaky town out there it's everything wants to kill you time because it's australia on magic everything wants to kill you so they 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 come and go civilizations throughout the last 200 years 300 years since the cataclysm have come and gone very rapidly because it's just a bad place to live. Uh, in present-day Rifts, Australia, the majority of the people have accepted their plight and do what they can to rebuild and survive in the outback. A select few dream of entering the cities, but that is oh, not likely, red <laughs> never, going to happen. A promise of citizenship is a common bribe the cities use, but they never follow through. They use you, they abuse you, and then they don't let you come here. So the cities are liars. Yes. Are they evil? Sometimes, yeah. Is is Melbourne the coalition states of Australia? Yeah. But, hey, you know what? They've been alive 300 years in this hellhole, and you haven't, so shut up. Throughout the Australian wilderness, towns, villages, farms, settlements, and trading posts have sprung up. Most are located where fresh water can easily be had from water holes, freshwater lakes and rivers, which aren't many much anymore, and few places where arable land can be found or cattle raised. Again, water becomes priority. Others are built from the ruins of old pre-rift cities or the sites of old cities in a feeble attempt to recapture the old ways or to hold on to one's roots. The further one travels away from the ocean coastlines, the more deserted and dangerous the land becomes. Like I said, the coastlines are where the arable lands are. That's where your forests, that's where your fields, that's where your rivers are. The more you go inland, the drier and more desolate it becomes, harder and harder to live from a technological standpoint, 
until you reach the salty inland sea. And then we're just not. They need a couple of druids down there. They have, they have, uh, well, theoretically they have something similar, which are the Aborigines, but I haven't gotten to that yet. All right. There are not really any such thing as the average outbacker. Loner, savage. Well, the reason I said that is because, like, like I said, civilizations rise and fall in the outback all the time because it's just damn hard to live there. So you can't have an average outbacker because there isn't homogeny among the society because they're not as long lived as the other societies are. They pop up, they get knocked down. The the survivors band together, move to another place, build up again, and then the world knocks them down. It's a, it's a, it's a giant, it's a giant, uh, house of cards that Australia keeps just flipping the table every now and then because it's Australia and and the whole place is a dick. You know, the whole country is trying to kill you. Why not the people too? Yeah. And the people aren't much better because they live in the country and the country's taught them lessons. (laughs) Aborigines. Here we go. More than three quarters of the old cities were toppled and millions upon millions perished in the initial cataclysm. The heaviest casualties came during the magical storms that followed and transformed the land in a primordial fury. Millions more perished with each wave of destruction. The government obliterated three quarters population dead or dying. Australia, like the Americas, most of Europe, injuries or, or disease. Australia, like America, uh, Asia, messing up places, saw a complete collapse of civilization, complete anarchy, and more death. Just like in many other areas in the world, when the major cities were destroyed, the people that were left couldn't deal with the dead bodies. And so pestilence and disease was a big problem and killed off many of the rest. By contrast, a huge number of aboriginal people escaped the destruction of the great cataclysm and the plagues, short-lived city wars that ravaged the few that survived. That's because the aborigines lived away or at the periphery of civil of our civilization, right? So they were they escaped all of that. Now, the ones who lived in the deep desert, well, they they better learn how to swim real fast because that's what happened. But the ones that lived in the periphery or near the periphery, they came out all but unscathed. And all of their ancient techniques now worked because magic came back. So they had a leg up on everyone else. Are there actual ley lines in Australia? Yes, but they're called song lines. Because the Aborigines got to name them. Okay. I'm going to get into that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Thus, many had fled the cities and reservations to gather in tribes at sacred places and near forgotten sanctuaries spoken by their ancestors because the Aborigines were forewarned about the coming of the apocalypse. The ones that still practice the old ways, the ones that, 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 uh, you know, uh, sang the songs of the song lines or, or, or dreamed the, the uh, dreamscape, they were, were given a warning that this was going to happen. So they reached out to their fellow Aborigines and say, Hey guys, guys, this is going to happen. We're going to, we got to get to safe zones and this is one of them. Okay, great. You know, that they, they were able to tap into, you know, ancient knowledge and do that. Great. Uh, Thus, many had fled the cities and reservations, gathered in sacred places, safe from the cleansing storms. Cleansing storms. Very apt 
choice of word. They waited hidden for generations, foraging for food and returning completely to the old ways. Having weathered the storm, they have only recently fully emerged and reasserted themselves as a true people of power in the land. Not the true, a true. So that's different. For, for natives, the world is as it was thousands of years ago and returned to the way it should be. That's factually incorrect. How, how, how long was that storm? Oh no! They, uh, they, the initial cataclysm lasted for weeks or months or whatever, but they, they still hit out after that. Okay. Until, until much later, and they were like, "Is it truly ready to come out?" Okay, let, let's come out now. And then they did. Uh, in rightful ownership, if rightful ownership has been granted to anyone who lives in the continent, it is the Aboriginal people. Mm. No one else can live as perfectly in the new wilderness of Rifts, Australia, as they can, and nobody understands the dreaming as they do. The The dreaming is loosely, from what I can tell, connected to the Leyline Network, where they, they call it here Songline Network, and it seems to be uh, something the Aborigines can tap into, something like a universal consciousness, I guess. That's what I'm guessing, because the book that describes it doesn't exist. So. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. At the moment, the Aboriginal people consist of a large fractured body of tribes and communities that are content with things the way they are. Here's the thing. They are a whole bunch of tribes very much similar. If uh, if you have no concept of, of Australian Aboriginal history, it's the the closest analogy I can help you with is American Indians uh, b before, you know, they were. They were moved by the by the white man, forcibly moved by by the white man. They had several different tribes, several different cultures, and sure they had conflicts with each with each other. But each of them had the idea that we live with the land, we live for the land, and it the Aborigines deal the Aborigines in this book deal with the land in the same way. magic a wave that refuses to break australia is a very magical land as alive with mystic energy as the british isles but the main difference is that the use of magic in australia is far weaker than not only england but north america because isn't england like the the super magic land yeah. yeah super magic land it's just as magical as england but the people here do not practice as powerful of magic, even as the practitioners in North America. That seems weird. It is weird. But the the the, the people who are most attuned to magic are Aborigines, and they don't share shit with nobody. <laughs> they well, don't. Would you? I mean, they got a fair little enough. history there, would you? <laughs> yeah, fair enough, right? And uh, this this place is home to uh, its very own uh, horseman of the apocalypse. It's very own horseman. It's a, it's a, a, a frog demon God. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the frog demon God. Are you doing that? Gonna... Kind of, you find the frog demon God. We got $10 frog super demon chat. God. So thank you, CBK. Did CBK Pine Gap a... survive military base in the Northwest? Could have the knee windy. What use it as the main base on earth with access to satellites? Uh, there is, is no access to satellites and rifts because the, there's some kind of barrier between Earth and space that is up to the game master to decide what it is, but it basically locks off space from uh, from everyone except Archie 3, apparently. 
Thank you for the ten dollars, and uh, maybe Rifts in Orbit or Mutants in Orbit can answer some of that. I don't know. But here's the thing: Australia is like Atlantis; it doesn't exist. It's all in your imagination, anyway. Where is it? Stupid frog god. <laughs> is it like the Bullywug King? No, there, there's there's a good one and a bad one. The bad one's gonna win though. The bad god. The bad god is gonna win. Oh, it's one nine. I put one nineteen. It was supposed to be one ninety one. Whoops. Oh, dyslexic in your old, old age. Tequilic. Isn't that like Tequilic the citizen? Is close. Yeah, is the closest thing the aboriginals have to a devil. What it is, it is a frog demon slash god that is in the bottom of the inland lake right now it's a tadpole but baby's gonna grow and in a in a couple of hundred years it's gonna be fully manifested and what it's gonna do is drink all the waters of the world and we're all gonna die yep guess how many people know it's there it's a tadpole none no no no. it's a giant tadpole like size of a house tadpole okay it's like the loch ness monster nobody believes it nope the aborigines believe it and they could sound a warning, but guess who they're telling? The white man. No, nobody. They're telling nobody. Mm. I figure we were just weren't listening because you know it's mumbo jumbo magic. No, stuff, no, but, they, okay. they, they don't like any any other people, so they don't tell Would them you? I, I I don't. <laughs> you know what? If there was a nuclear bomb in my back in in all of our backyard, even if I don't like my neighbor, I'm going to tell him just in case he can help. Eh. I think it'd be fun to see what happens when it goes off in his face. All right. Well, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> but that 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 is that is the basic background of Australia. I hope you now have a better idea of what we're looking at. The Australia of today is very dangerous for those who don't understand it. The Australia of Rifts is very dangerous to everyone, even if you understand it. It's dangerous because you understand it. Or maybe even more so. I don't know. But the land is against you. It is the harshest land in the world for a reason. Are you going to survive there? Hopefully so. But probably not. So let's look at uh, let's look at some of the chat. Well, we got a super chat first. Two dollars from Crafty. Frog Demon God? Zekwatha? I can't I can never say that. Zeth Aqua? That I don't know what that is, so. So yeah. it's a frog demon god. Oh, okay, well, then yes. Okay, but it, th this one is pronounced ticklick, <laughs> ticklick. <laughs> and the answer to this is yes because it's riffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be the point no, of well, making a source book without having some world-ending possibility there for them to uh, to mess with? That's fair. I wouldn't even call it riffs if it didn't have it. Then. All right. What uh, else we got? All right, just been watching Vince from his channel today and saw this was going on. Just now, good timing. There you go. Yeah. Obviously, watching all your stuff. Have we ever watched Thank you very much. <laughs> so, thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, and it's been largely glossed oh, yeah, over. The techno yeah. wizardry is strictly a North America thing. There is techno wizards all parts of the world, like Japan. Yeah. Uh, uh, North America and, and Japan are the, are the uh, exceptions for techno wizardly techno wizardry because uh uh north america they kind of created it when magic came about 
in in Japan, they had so much technology to begin with. It was just curiosity that got them to techno wizardry very, very early when they came back. So, yeah, they're the, they're the two places that have it. No one else really does. This book would have been more fun if the writer had doubled down to the Mad Max theme and made this go-to oh, book no. for vehicle oh, customization. That is a spoiler for the next video, the OCC. Yeah, there, there is an OCC if you want to play a Mad Max Australia. Awesome. Cover it. So it is Mutant Down Under. There's mutants too. Yeah. Oops, I accidentally killed that. So we'll just do that. All right. Well, now we've got our spoiler for a next episode, which you said is me OCCs and RCCs. What do you mean RCCs? RCCs and RCCs. and if I there... get through it fast enough, there is a bonus OCC that sh that showcases the uh, one of the failures of this book. What? What? Can you hint at an RCC? I'm trying to think what the RCCs would be. Mutant. Oh, oh, okay, got it. Okay, that makes sense. All right, well, then I probably should have put this up while you were saying that. But hey, like, subscribe, and share for uh, our, his upcoming video. Be notified when that pops, when you can hear more about OCCs and RCC. We saw one. He scrolled by it about 15 times in there. But uh, what else could be in that book? I don't know. All right, let me, let me see if I can find that goddamn map. There was supposed to be one map right next to each other of old and new and i remember seeing it yesterday and i for some damn reason i can't find it now and it's pissing me off Plans field customization would have made this book useful outside reading one thing yourself that kind of stuff. yeah well uh, like he dog i think said at the beginning if not i know he said it behind the scenes there should have been there's supposed to be at least two and he says three total books that were uh yeah. written for this and they never got back to it that's true that is true okay I, i've stopped looking for it i lost it <laughs> okay uh oops that's not what i wanted i wanted that all right give me a sec yeah i think it would have been awesome to have a uh a mutant down under theme. The thing is, is I think that Rifts and TMNT or After the Bomb can be so closely related because of so much of the similarity between them. Uh, I would still prefer After the Bomb because I like the SDC aspect of it better, but that's just my personal taste. Uh, I, I think I think they should cross-pollinate more. Okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Riff's World Book 19, Australia. Last time we spoke about the background of Australia, how it got to where it is and, and uh, how it is generally in the time of Riff's. And now we're going to look at the occupational character classes and the racial character classes that you can play if you start in Australia. Now, I didn't go through all of them because many of them are just the Australian version of the city rat or the wilderness scout or whatever. And that's not that's not super interesting but i picked two and if you're lucky three occ slash rccs that are very very australian or have an australian bent so much australian bent to them that they are really for this setting only the core values of hashtag rpgate and any good tabletop group are escapism not representation entertainment over activism and natural organic inclusion not Forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. 
Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, here we are, back to Australia. We're going to look at uh, an OCC first that if you're... uh, if you think of Australia, you may first think of deadly spiders and and lizards and scorpions and whatever. You may think of that first. Or you may think of aborigines and and indigenous peoples and or you may think of Shrip on the Barbie. But <laughs> but if you're a movie buff, you're thinking of the Mad Max series. Because that that seems to be, you know, baked into uh, the the uh, movie, you know, culture that uh, if, if you have large deserts and and cars running around and, and bands of, of robbers and stuff like that, speaking with an Australian accent, boom, it's Mad Max. Right. Guess what? They have that here, too. And we're going to look at the road ganger. You know, while I'm much more of a Mad Max fan, I think Crocodile Dundee when I think of uh, that. Or, that's fair. Or or Steve Irwin. Somebody go crikey, crikey. There you go. Yeah, that that is there. That is fair. But we have the Mad Max Road Ganger. One of the most interesting developments in Rifts Australia is that of the Road Ganger culture. These barbaric and bloodthirsty survivalists are built around a culture of brutality, stealing, raiding, and war. Now. If you if you watched the background version of this, there are there are people who, when the rifts happen, when when the coming of the rifts happened, the, the cataclysm happened uh, in Australia, they call it the apocalypse. But uh, people moved to the two surviving cities for safety, security, and protection, which all mean the same thing. I understand that, but you you get it. They were rejected. Some of them made their own settlements. They're called outbackers. Others decided, screw you guys. You want to make stuff? Well, you're going to make stuff for me because now I'm going to be a bandit. But I'm going to be an awesome Australian road killer bandit called the Road Ganger. Okay, that there it is. That's where it is. Now that that's the the Mad Max here. You can you can play Mad Max with magic. You could do it. Which magic does explain some things in the Mad Max series of, of movies, but whatever, whatever, it's fine. Oh, uh, techno wizardry cars. That would be great, except we already spoke that techno wizardry yeah, doesn't exist here. Uh, let's see. How this violent culture survived is a miracle in itself. No, it is not. But survive it did. In modern Rift's times, the ancestors of these people have become marauding savages. Parasites who live off the land and plunder outbackers, traveler, and wilderness communities. Roving armed camps. Ruthless mobile bandits who take what they want, fight any who challenge them or dare to stand against them, and prey upon those who struggle to rebuild civilization. So why These am I playing are this OCC? Bad guy. These are the anarchist bastards who make life harder for everybody. These guys. This is the Australian version of Negan <laughs> in the in the Walking Dead. This is this is Negan's dudes right here. That's it. I, I forget the, what he named his group. Something with an S. Survivor, survivors, uh, something. I forget. 
but they're just Mad Max road gangers. That's all they are. Parasites, which are a blight to civilization and people in general. Now, what do they get? Well, let, let's see. Optional player character. Don't do it. It's it, it it's kind of like saying, I want to play a Dark Elf because Drizzt was a good guy. No. Dark Elves are bad. Road, road gangers are bad. They grew up with Might Makes Right. You don't unlearn that because of a single epiphany. I don't care what you say. No. Road gangers are not player characters. Shut the hell up. They get bonuses on initiatives. On initiative at levels 1, 3, 5, 6, 8, and 10, and 12. Oh my god. Initiative bonus in Palladium is crazy good. They get a lot of it with the proper bionics. They're so used to everybody trying to shoot them first that they're like, exactly. I got <laughs> They grew up in a culture of strike of basically Cobra Kai. Strike first, no mercy. That's what that's what they live by. Okay. So they they they, they kill you quick. Uh and of course they get pilot all this. Outback combat driving. Mad Max, baby. Outback combat driving. How's that Come different on, than man? every other combat driving? Yeah, it's not every other combat. It's outback combat driving. It's specific to. So does that mean can only do it in the outback, or does that give me like spiked wheels or something different? That. <laughs> it, it, it. Okay, Kevin is very fond of saying that. Oh no, uh, all the books work together. Australia is proof they don't. Proof, because. There is no other anything in Australia. Australia has no contact with the rest of the world. None. None. They don't. Like I said, may as well be another freaking planet. To get to Australia through the air, you have to fly something like 10,000 miles or some crap like that. And there, there is nothing that, that, can, that can go that long without having to stop and cool off or you could take the water route you got to pass like three different bermuda triangles to get here you're dead you're not that's not happening sorry not happening. <laughs> you're done so no australia is its own world there there is no other stuff in australia so they just call it outback because that's all that exists in the world outback and a vehicle the character starts with a motorcycle pickup truck or jeep and a $20,000 budget to spend on improvements. Yeah, Car Wars, baby. Yes, it's now Car Wars. I don't know if anyone is familiar with the, with the game Car Wars. I, I first played it in the early 90s, but uh, Car Wars is just that. you are There's a driver and another guy in a car, and you fight other cars. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's exactly why this is Mad Max stuff right here, because that's exactly what all rogue gangers do. They have a car. They have a vehicle. They, they kit it out with killing you stuff and then they go in and kill you that's what they do kill you and take your stuff that's what they do that's all they do cybernetics none huh they're hard to find hard to implant and hard to maintain in the outback practicality prevails that makes sense it does make sense but if you could if if this were allowed to be a player character which i don't recommend being a road ganger and having a hearing implant would give you so much initiative that you would go before they were born. You'd go, you'd go so much first. They didn't know they were in a fight until you shot them. That, that is how far first you went. All right. And you're probably going to win. So yeah, that is, that is the road ganger. He is a tough hammer jamma. 
and he has a mean motor scooter. Now, that's my primary OCC because I, I'm an old Mad Max fan. Okay, that's the, that's the one I chose. Now, the RCC I'm going for is the Mutant. The Mutant is literally the worst mutant in Palladium. And I hate mutants. I hate this one more. Mutants in orbit after the bomb. I don't like anthropomorphic animals. I think they suck, but this is even worse. And I'm going to get into why. It is interesting to note that whatever the cause of the mutation, only humans born in Australia are subject to its influence. That means anyone can have a kid with someone else who's absolutely normal and just pop out a dirty mutant. Boop. Sorry, your kid's a mutant. Well, Spartan his ass off a cliff, but they don't do that. Halflings and goblins again. Yeah, halflings and goblins all over again. Exactly. Human mutants are physically deformed, but blessed with psionic or magical enhancement, making them both less and more human. Note less. We're going with less. Less and less. It is MS power that fright. It is this power that frightens ordinary people as much as the freaker's strange appearance. That's the slang term for mutants is freaker because they look freaky because they have the physical deformity. 50% looking more animal than human. And the other 50 still doesn't look human because it's some animal. Aborigines and most people regard many of the common deformities as animal-like, seeing aspects of a cat, dog, kangaroo, wombat, platypus, etc. in the appearance of these mutants. Only 5% look completely human. The rest of them are dirty little freaks. Either just unusually tall, I'm talking like slender man tall, narrow-shouldered, barrel-chested, hunchbacked, it gets worse from here. Animal features, snake, looks like a kangaroo or a wallaby, looks like a lizard, looks like a billaby, looks like a Tasmanian freaking devil, uh, looks like a bat, canine, a feline. And but the, to offset the fact that they cannot be around humans without, oh my God, oh my God, what is that thing? and then getting rocks and spears and bullets thrown at it, it gets mutant powers to help survive the obvious crap it's going to go through in its life. And again, it's a role. And you, it wants you to use the World Book 12 Psyscape because it talks about, you know, specialty psionics and stuff like that. So that you kind of need, that. that's another way this book is broken. To use it correctly, you need another book that you may not have. And to use it correctly in other ways, you need another book that doesn't exist. So this book is inherently broken. I don't recommend it. But you you have you have all of this psychic power. Mutants are are gifted with psychic ability at varying levels of good to freaking awesome. Or if you don't have psychic ability, you are a mega damage mutant, which means you have 4d4 times 10 plus PE in natural MDC plus another 2d6 per level, and your physical strength is supernatural. That's a lot. 4d4, that's what? Average uh, 7, 7, 14. That's average 140 plus your PE in mega damage at level 1. 
That's pretty good. I mean, it's not like, you know, dragon or anything like that good, but it's damn good. It's better than armor good. And because you are human shaped, you probably either can wear armor or get it fitted for you for more protection. Additional special abilities. Pick one or make a random roll. You're smart. You're quick and alert. This, These are all good things. Major, A major MDC creature. You get bonus, bonus MDC, minor, you get bonus MDC, plus two initiative, impervious disease and poisons. Hey, that's great in Australia. Natural at hiding, natural swimmer, natural climber, energy expulsion. This is where they get into Heroes Unlimited type territory. Now you can just pew pew with your eyes or fingers or whatever. You have wings. That means you can fly. That's so what great. what part of this is worse than normal mutants? Because... With normal, with normal mutants and other Palladium games, you use bio E points to choose your, your deformities or powers, right? In this, you just roll. You roll, oh, I look like a bat boy. Uh, maybe I can fly, maybe I can't, because you don't automatically... Yeah, maybe if you compare fly. it to, say, uh, Nightbane, you roll. Yeah, but the problem with, with, with Nightbane is you're supposed to look like a bad guy. That's part of the trope of the thing. It's it's baked into the game. This one it just surprises you. You're a mutant. Guess what? You you look like a monster. Ninety five percent chance to look like a monster. And the the benefits you get. A lot of other OCCs get cooler benefits. And if I have enough time, I'll I'll tell you which one. But uh, here we go. Uh, telekinetic master. You have all the all the telekinetic psychic abilities. You have wings. Blah blah. blah. But here is your outback mutie uh skills related skills uh pilot rogue science nothing really you you get a lot of skills to make up for the fact that you look like this and no one's going to want to be around you you're going to need skills to survive you know ju just like in every other palladium game wilderness skills are slept on in australia they can't be you need them or else you're done so let's move around that uh, mode of transportation, none, because you're an outcast. You don't, you don't get access to a hover bike or a motorcycle or whatever. You got to steal one or whatever. Money, eh, 1d6 times $100 in tradable goods. And I can shoot lasers out of my eyeballs. I don't need money. That, fair enough. Or you can get money. Cybernetics, none, avoids them as unnatural. Dude, you're unnatural. Don't, don't get all hoity-toity on me. You're a goddamn mutant human. You're unnatural. Shut up. Stop putting on airs. All right, so that is the Outback Mutie. Now, we do have time. I, I, you may, Oh, you rushed through it. I did, because I wanted to show you something that is important and shows another way the game is broken. And that is the da, 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 song juicer. Oh, Max right. I'll, love this. I'll unstar that comment. Here, I'll, <laughs> I'll just... <laughs> Goofy shit about the song juicer, yeah. Okay, so the song juicer. Now, this is a normal human, right, who has augmented his body with physical manifestation of magic that exists in Australia. Like I said, magic in Australia is just as high as the highest places on Earth, like, for example, England. But it is rarely fully utilized. The song juicer uses ambient magic in the environment for the most part 
to funnel magic into their bodies to augment their, all of their physical stats. And it is super strong. But, and I say but, there's a downside. Just like the juicer who has a time limit on their life, four, five, six years, whatever, depending on your juicer variant, the song juicer has a limit on their power, not specifically time. We're going to get to that, but on the amount of power they get, the higher level you are. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That is not a bad analogy. Not bad. Let's, let's move on to it. This character is essentially Australia's juicer for magic users. The song juicer is juicer the for magic type, users. Yeah. Is the second type of white wizard exclusive to uh, white wizard. How kind of, Okay, whatever. Like the sham man, the shaman, the the white shaman, the sham shaman. Yeah. Most aboriginals see him as bastardizing the philosophy behind the aboriginal use of magic. In particular, the song juicer could be thought of as a parody of the druid. He uses the magical energy of nature to power his body and his spells, harnessing raw power for his own purposes rather than trying to to borrow or interpret the resident magic nature has to offer. That's why magic use is considerably weaker in Australia than almost anywhere else on the, on the planet, because the practitioners of magic don't want to abuse the magic that they have access to. Cause they, they, they feel like it would be, it would destroy the land. But everyone else who knows better knows that it doesn't freaking matter and you can use magic to do amazing things. It all depends what kind of person you are, whether it harms the land or not. That's real talk, not, not dumb Aborigine talk. All right. The principle behind the song juicer is that potential psychic energy is not just an energy source and more of a metaphysical theory. If it is capable of flooding the land and igniting nexus points where it collects, then surely it can pool and gather physically within certain regions and even individuals. Imagine a flowing river which ends in a calm lake before continuing onto the sea. Then imagine the river as a ley line and the lake as a nexus point. The moss that grows on the rocks and algae that floats on the surface of the calm, calm pool shores of the lake are there as a result of the life created by the river the idea is this magic flows and gathers in nexus points the things that grow in these nexus points are considered physical manifestation of magical energy the song juicer takes that absorbs it into their bodies and the magic enhances their physical structure well what does it do well, let's wait, 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 hold on. There's a sentence in there that I, I couldn't even listen to you anymore because I couldn't deal with it. What? Uh, it's just, right there is perfect. Uh, continuing the continuing uh, the comparison, uh, the song juicer, song juicer believes that PPE leaves the similar substance behind they call song juice. Yep. Dude, when I, I read that, I, that I, 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 I couldn't even listen to you anymore. I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Song I got juice. some song juice. Another problem I have with this book, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, it's a it's a break in the book like many other things that are breaks in this book, but I don't like the renaming of common terms. I understand why in Australia ley lines are called song lines because, like I said, Australia is on a different planet than Riff's Earth. 
for all intents and purposes. Well, it should so, be done as you say, as you say these are ley lines, but have a glossary at the beginning, or at the first time you mention it, put in Australia they'd be called song lines, but and right. then you just go back to saying ley lines for the rest of right, exactly ley lines and nexus points and all that stuff, but they just rename everything, and I don't like it. But let's take a look. That this is this is a song juicer, and he is sucking the juice out of this stuff that he collected from the land. It's an ashtray with. It's a bowl. Come on. It's just a bowl. All right. So what happens? Okay, let's find OCC abilities and, and uh, bonuses. The PPE energy pool. Unlike many of the other magic users in this world, the, the, the PPE pool of, in, inside their body grows much faster than even a ley line walker. But that's a double-edged sword. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it right now. Like any man of magic, the song juicer is a living battery of energy, but one lacks control over the energy he tries to contain and slowly burns him up. As a battery, the song juicer stores pools of energy inside him that even he cannot tap into, nor any other being. It is this energy pool that turns the character into a mega damage creature and gives him many of his special superhuman powers and abilities. Every level of experience, start at level one, 4d6 ppe is added to this pool when the amount reaches 160 or more the or if the juicer reaches 15th level he dies <laughs> of course he becomes seriously vulnerable to death around 12th level yeah in other games the the more levels you get the stronger you get not for a song juicer the more levels if you get you literally become weaker drastically weaker and at 15th level congratulations give me your character sheet because you're dead how do i does detox that does that make sense to you congratulating max level by killing your character hey isn't that end game hey i made that it to the like end that's that sounds that sounds like a kick in the ding ding i made it to the end i won the race <laughs> you won the race to being dead sure ppe available for spell casting because Guess what? They're juicers who can cast spells. Yeah. The character starts with 1d4 times 10 plus his PE attribute in potential psychic energy. This increased by 2d6 per level, but does not increase the as the PE attribute increases. In addition, the song juicer can draw double the amount of PPE from songs, lines, or ley lines, and can draw on the doubled PPE energy of animals and people at the moment of death when they have been slain by his own hands. Oh my god. He's also a PPE vampire. He, when he kills someone with a melee weapon, you double the remaining PPE of the individual and he can absorb up to his maximum amount into his body. He can hold that for 10 minutes per level of experience and use that to, to, re, to, to replenish his pool of spellcasting ability. Wow. You are incentivized for killing folk. Does that sound like a non-playable character to you? Yes, because in Palladium and Rifts, anyone who could do that was an NPC because they used blood magic and rituals and crap, and it wasn't kosher. Apparently in Australia it is because Australia is an evil place. Sorry, not sorry. And number three, bonus to saving throws. The song juicer, despite his twisted use of magic, 
has seen a lot in his studies and therefore his mind is hardened against stuff. Plus one to Saber's Horror Factor and plus one versus Ritual Sorcery. Not great. Sense Leyline and Magical Energy, just like a Leyline Walker. Read Leylines, just like a Leyline Walker. Spell Knowledge. The character starts with the knowledge of 10 spells in total. Four from first level, three from second, two from third, and one from fourth. Remember, spellcasting is an added bonus, not a focus of the OCC. With each additional level, the magician can learn one additional spell from level equal to his own. So, you will never learn a 15th level spell. Because you can't. Because you died. <laughs> so, get used I, to that. And they're all minor all psychics. <laughs> Hang on, it gets worse. I mean, you're, you're cringing, but it gets I'm, worse. I'm cringing at number eight. Oh, well, we're getting there in a second. Song juice harvesting. Yep. Minor psychic. All song juicers are minor psychic. You get two sensitive powers and one physical power. Your ISP is your ME plus 1D6. Minor, minor psychic, but it's free. What are you going to do? Song juice harvesting. This is your ability to turn the physical manifestations of magic at or around ley lines and nexus points to convert it into song juice that you can now absorb into your body. And it is a percentage roll because you don't die if you don't get it, but all of your MDC and, and, uh, and stats, maybe just physical stats are halved. If you don't have song juice every certain amount of hours. I feel like this book was written by a 12 year old who was giggling halfway through it. Well, they're, they're, the author was not asked to come back for reasons. Maybe that well, was I've, I've got that starred. Like that was mentioned yeah. way at the beginning. I've got that starred. So it might not have been that the author didn't want to come back. It might have been that the author didn't want to come back. Well, the, the author and, and Kevin had words. Anyway, gotcha. uh, the power and development of the song juicer. Here's the deal. The main strength of the song juicer comes not from his spells, but from the raw ability his power source gives him to his body becoming increasingly filled with pooling energy. At first, the power is comparatively minor, but with experience, the energy builds until the character develops supernatural abilities. Unfortunately, it also leads to insanity and eventual death. Follow the table below. Ooh, let's do that. Penalties and powers by level, it should say and powers, by level of experience. At first level, the song juicer starts with you are physically superior. Add 1d6 to physical strength, endurance, and, and beauty, plus 2d6 to speed, plus 3d4 times 10 to physical SDC. You look strong and healthy. That's all you get at level one. That's it. That is sum total of what you get at level one. At level two, you become a minor mega damage being with 3d6 plus 12 I'm sorry, hit points and SDC added together with 3D6 plus 12, MDC. So remember, your SDC was increased to level one, and now your hit points plus your SDC added together is your MDC. Plus Are you sure it's added together? Because it says replace hit points and SDC. Replace hit points and SDC yeah. now. If it were different, wouldn't it have a comma instead of an and? No, no, so replace hit points and SDC. So all of that's gone. You're just an oh, MDC. Oh, okay. Creature. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I take it back. If it was a comma, it would be like I thought, but because it's and, it's it's what you believe. And you're right. So instead of your hit points and SDC, you get 3d6 plus 12 mega damage. But remember, you, you're regular human shape, right? You can wear armor on top of that. Yeah. So you have 3d6 plus 12 plus your armor. Jeez, plus three MDC. to initiative. Wow. 
plus three to initiative and plus two to strike, parry, and dodge as the character develops enhanced reflexes. Third level, plus 46 to MDC, plus 1d6, plus two to physical physical strength and speed, and plus 1d4 to physical beauty. The character's body takes on the appearance of a top athlete and bodybuilder. Plus three to initiative, third level for that. Plus one to dodge, plus one to parry, and the character continues to develop enhanced reflexes. Level four, magical energy is strong within the character. Add plus two to savers all forms of magic, plus four to savers possession, and plus three to his spell strength. All of his spells go from a 12 to save to now a 15 to save. But mm. now here comes the first, the first negative. You get a minus three to save versus insanity when you have to roll for insanity. That's Can I just it. choose to fail? You can. Fifth level, the character becomes a major mega damage super being. Plus, plus, that's add, add, 2d6 times 10 plus 40 to MDC. Hmm. Average is 70, 110. 110. Yeah. Average is 110 to your already uh, probably 30, 40. So you're looking at a, your mega damage being of around 150. And your physical strength and physical endurance become supernatural. Now you are now you deal mega damage with punches and kicks, and you never tire because you have supernatural physical endurance. You never tire. And you look no older than 21 years old, regardless of your actual age. Uh, this no, is great. This is great, man. Who cares? <laughs> Why is that relevant or important at all? Well, because your your physical beauty has increased a couple of times, and now you could have female privilege. You could be a hot. You could be a hottie. Six level. Double the character's running speed and add one attack per round. But this is where the first of the really significant drawbacks come in. Vulnerable to one of the following. Roll or the GM assigns it. You're vulnerable to cold, silver, wood, fire, or magic. MD and magical <laughs> magic. Versus magic. Yeah, that would suck, right? Vulnerable. You take double damage from magic, and even SDC levels of these things fire, magic, wood, silver do mega damage to you. <laughs> so there's your first vulnerability at sixth level. Seventh level, bioregenerates physical MDC at the rates of 1.6 points per round. Per round. And can completely regrow a severed limb in 3D4 days. Also, plus six to save versus possession, but minus one to save versus psionic attacks, and skill performance is now minus 10%. Whoa. Uh oh. That that's a that's a hit almost everywhere in your life. Yeah, I, that, that right there, everything else is comical to me, or even if it's if even if it's detrimental, I'm just like, uh -huh, whatever. That's the first one that makes me say, I'm not playing this. It gets worse. Eighth level. The first signs of overload become apparent to others as the song juicer seems to age overnight. There are bits of gray in the hair and the character, regardless of the real age, now looks to be in your mid-30s. Still strong and athletic, but definitely older. Minus one in physical beauty and minus one to save versus magical attacks. That's minor, but other people now start to notice, hey, Bobby looks a little weird. Nine. Deterioration continues. Add 1d6 plus 4 years to your appearance, reduce speed by 1d6 plus 6, and reduce MDC by 3d6 points. Not major. You've got you've got close to 200 by now, right? That's fine. I can lose 12. 11, yeah. 11, 12. Uh-oh. Now the body's starting to deteriorate noticeably. 
add another D6 plus 6 to age, minus 1D4 to PB, and reduce spell strength by 3. You were at 15, oh. now you're back to 12 to save against your spells. 11th, more age, more minus on your looks, minus on strength, more minus on MDC, and you lose that extra bonus attack. And you look gaunt and tired all the time. 12th level, add D6 plus 10 age, minus two more PB, minus four more PS, minus D66 on MDC. Worse, your bioregeneration wow. is now gone. The character loses all of your psionic powers and you forget 1D6 of your spells. <laughs> I mean, you get to choose the ones you lose, but you still lose them. 13th level, you're aging more, uglier, weaker, more, less resilient, Reduce speed, combat bonuses, and leaping distance by half. Combat bonuses by half. I don't even care about that. F finish that paragraph. Worse, the character forgets 1d6 plus 2 skills. And performance of all the skills remaining is minus 40. That's an unplayable character. Yep. At level 13... Max and I agree your character is now unplayable in an equal level group. But it gets worse. By the time you <laughs> oh, reach wait, there's level, more. <laughs> it, th there's a 15. I don't understand why that is because when you reach 15, you die. Maybe you get this and then you die. I don't know. Reduce MDC to 4D6. Dude, I had a couple hundred. Yeah, you did. Now you don't. Hey, you still have MDC, PPE. though. Come on. Yeah, but it's bullshit compared to what you had. Reduce remaining PPE available for spellcasting and all attributes by all attributes by half. Attributes are now half of what they were. And you've already lost so much in physical beauty, strength, endurance, and MDC. Half is bit now you're working with single digits if you're if higher single digits if you're lucky. You're not lucky. You're looking at threes. The character looks like a frail 100-plus-year-old outback human with one foot in the grave at all times. Being reduced to zero MDC will kill you instantly. No chance to save versus coma or death. When you die, your body becomes devoid of any natural essence. You literally disappear in a puff of sparkling blue energy. Okay. Well, so the reason, we know... reason it's only one foot in the grave is because you couldn't lift the other foot to get it in there. There you go. That's right. It. Now, there is a way out of this. Here's the thing, though. This thing is both broken and a dirty lie. Because if you start off as a song juicer, you have until you reach fourth level to decide, eh, I don't want to. <laughs> and you find an aboriginal shaman and he will cleanse you of your demons and you will be human again. Regular human. But you will get bonuses unlike the juicer if you detoxify as a juicer you get bull crap stats you get like tens if you're lucky you get slower than normal you get weaker than normal human you are a wreck but not the song juicer no 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 defying the natural order of australia is only good side <laughs> because if you have an aboriginal shaman and you come up to him and say, please detoxify me, 
please take away the song juice from my soul. The Aboriginal Shaman hates you because you pervert magic to things he considers evil, but you are repentant. He will definitely do this for you. So what if he does? I just saw what happens in three levels. What are you talking about? Yeah, you are left with this. What, you're still an NBC creature? Hang on. The character remains a minor MDC creature with 3D6 plus 12 MDC plus 1D6 MDC for each level experience. That means if you were level three, you get to keep that minor and you get a plus 1D6 per level experience. And that's what you get now. Uh, you He or she also enjoys the following bonuses. Plus 1D6 to strength endurance beauty and speed plus one to save versus disease and poisons plus two to save versus possession you look strong and healthy however the occ skill bonuses for the new occupation are half and any occ bonuses for your new excuse me uh and you any occ bonuses for your song juicers do not apply which means you have to choose a new occ that is non-magical that's your penance and the skill bonuses for anything on that new uh, that new occupation are only half. So let's say you get a plus 15 bonus for this skill. No, you get plus seven, right? And any OCC bonuses for your, for the way I'm reading this, for your song juicer are taken away. So if you get a plus 15, 20, whatever, because it's an OCC skill, you take that away. And that 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 that's your new skill. That is not bad, man. To become a, a mega damage being for nothing? That sounds great. Here's the rub. Guess where that is in this book? Here, let, let me let me zoom in for everyone. <laughs> Guess where this OCC is in this book? Guess a page number. Well, I think I already know the answer to that, but here's my question. Does it have to be in the book? Can't that just be something that, nope. the, that the game master? No, because just like juicer detoxification, there is a percentage chance of failure. Okay. And guess where that is located? Not in this book. It, it hints to it. It alludes to it, but it doesn't give the table. Because it's a special OCC ability of the Aboriginal Shaman. And the Aboriginal Shaman doesn't exist. Can you scroll down just a little bit? I don't see anything in there that there's a role. It just looks like it happens. Yeah, the thing is, uh, if it just happens, that's great. You have to find an Aboriginal Shaman. There aren't any. They don't exist. Because it was supposed to be in the next book and the next book never happened. So there are no Aboriginal shamans. So if you play a song juicer, if you're playing the book as written, you're just going to die if you gain levels. Playing the game means you're killing yourself. See, I I don't know. I I disagree a little bit there only because I I get what you're saying. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been written. But since it isn't a, a, a character, a player character class... Anybody, I can make an Aboriginal shaman and yeah, put it out there. You can make NPCs and give them whatever power you want, but that's not what I buy a book for. I buy a book to to have you write it for me. If I want to make my own world, I can make my own Aboriginal shaman however I want. But that's not what I bought this book for. 
and uh, that that's a huge breaking of this book is it references an OCC that they never actually write in several areas. As a matter of fact, the Aboriginal shaman is the only OCC in this book that is supposed to use magic correctly the Australian way. And they don't have them in the book, which I find horrible. Yeah, for that purpose, I, I'm just talking about that one purpose right there of, you know, removing the uh, the, the song juice from the song juicer. I, I don't find it to be that big of a deal for the other stuff. That's a different story, especially if it was supposed to be in there for purposes of. But the thing is, if there isn't a chance of failure. If you were going to play something that wasn't magical as an OCC, only an idiot would not choose song juicer yeah, and then agreed. level three switch over with a hundred percent chance of starting over yep. as the OCC I wanted originally with not only no drawback, not only well, inconsequential drawbacks, bonus. but amazing bonuses. Yep. It's just a no brainer. And that is a built-in exploit. So yeah, no, I, I was thinking that when you were talking about it, like, yeah. like who wouldn't do like the Aboriginal shaman, the reason that they're reticent about this is because everybody's doing it. <laughs> like, y'all yeah. like, got to get off the sauce. People, yeah, every, everyone should be on the sauce for three levels and then, and then find their, yep. their, their resident, you know, priest to, you know, absolve them of their sins. And, and then they go on and live blessed lives that that should be everybody. Everyone in Australia should be a mega damage creature. I don't know why they're not only because they made dumb choices in life. That's all. All right. What do we got for a comment? Got a bunch of starred comments, mostly okay. going back toward the beginning, but uh, I'm so tired of racist class. One of the big things I hate about riffs. Now I, I want to hit this one first before you correct okay. me. All right. I don't have any issues with it at all. As long as it's actually right. Like I still don't understand mind melter as a freaking RCC. Like that, that one blows my, I get dragon. I get the mutant. I get a lot of the other ones that are out there, but there are a couple out there. I'm like, uh, what? But I have zero issues with racist class as long as it actually is a race. Yeah, as as long and and, and also as long as it gives everything an occupational character class gives, it's not hamstrung in any way. I have no problem with it. And Palladium is is really good with with not hamstringing the RCCs to make them weaker, like skill wise or you know, stuff like that, than, than any, any OCC out there. So I, I like it. I like it. Um, I meant to say this before, but I want to wait till you're done with the song juice. Your violence tells everything said the reformed demon from mystic China also gets weaker as it gains a level, but that's because each level it gains, it becomes more human. Yeah. But that, that's, that can be considered a good thing. Reformed demon. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do Drizzit. I'm yeah. going to play my Drizzit. If I if I remember correctly, the writer got upset over kangaroos on the cover and rage. I hope that okay. that'd be hilarious. If that's the reason. Okay. From what I have read, and we're gonna have to ask Kevin to see if he can elaborate because it, it's. Been I don't a think he of, would want to talk about this. It's been a couple of decades and a half since this happened, right? Because this came out in '99. So it's it's been a while. He may he may be able to talk about it now. I don't know, but uh, from what I understand and and have read is after this after this book was was put out the writer was very angry about the changes that were made now i don't know exactly what those changes were is the kangaroo cover a thing it seems petty but okay and he wrote the second book it exists it was given to palladium palladium read and said we got to change this and the writer said no 
You will not. And Kevin said, well, then we can't use it. And put it in a shelf. And That's weird there. because companies always have editorial control over. Apparently not this time. This, what I, like I said, I don't know. Again, we can ask Kevin. I don't know the facts. That's what I heard. That's what I read on the, on the very toxic Palladium forums. Don't go there. It's awful. It's freaking, it, 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 they're, they're all road gangers there. All right, let's move on. <laughs> oh, hold on. Confirmation. We'll talk about that in between segments, but people who are watching live stream know what I'm talking about. Um, imagine telling your players that you're running mutants down under, and then three months into the campaign, you spring MDC laser pistol on them. This cover's been Rift's Earth the whole time. That would be super funny. Although, yeah, yeah. Although... Uh, if your group quit on you, I would not blame them because you literally bait and switch them. You said you were playing mutants down under, but you were really playing Riffs Australia. Not only is Riffs Australia an objectively worse game, you also lied to them. So if they want to kick you in the ding ding, I'm not going to be mad about that. Yeah, well, I, I, I so I will pull elements from Riffs into and after the bomb game. Because there are but a lot an of MDC amazing... laser pistol. That's a bridge. No, 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 no. I don't do MDC. I mean, if I were an MDC laser pistol, would be on a tank. That would be a tank gun, you know. But uh, like, there's some awesome creatures and so forth that you can bring in, and you can use some of the the tenet. You can actually use rifts in after the bomb, and have it somewhat like you can have psychic gun a gun awry. You can have a shifter. No, I mean, uh, no, we won't do that. Uh, you can you can have the Empire of Humanity playing around tech that they don't understand. Whatever, it wouldn't be full blown risk, but you can use a lot of risk concepts in After the Bomb. And I, mm -hmm. I suggest you do that because otherwise, the Empire of Humanity is like a caricature of nonsense. It's weird. Um, now, the reason I actually pulled out the Mutants Down Under books is does this book have vehicle combat rules in it? And I wanted to compare to Mutants Down Under. This book for After the Bomb has airship combat in it. Are there airships in Rifts Australia? No, but okay. there is there is vehicle combat rules, and some of it is specialty because of the road gangers, the outback combat driving. Yeah, some of that is specific to Australia. The general framework is the same as any other Palladium vehicle combat, but because of that, the addition of that skill, it gives a much more deadly and nuanced bent on vehicle combat in australia okay yeah so if for after the bomb it's in uh the cattle uh oh my god the the west is oh my god what the hell's the name of it roadhogs there we go it's in the most vehicle combat is in the roadhogs book this one just includes uh airship combat so okay all right let's move it on because i think this one's funny mdc hockey pads on naked bodies this armor that's the that your first uh what was that occ the road ganger yeah so here you go you got mad max you got the mpc hockey hockey pads got yep. face mask on <laughs> yep yep that hey you know like i said if you want to make a mad max campaign that's the only occ you need all right what's next i'm trying to click but it's not there we go riffs australia errata magic plant blooming onion minus 10 <laughs> lifespan plus 10 weight plus two to ma that's funny that is funny. That was yeah, a good I, th one. I, I thought some of those comments were good. I didn't get them all, but you know, some. Okay, Carver says, uh, there are jets and triacs tri able to travel that distance, even if they knew, uh, if they even knew to go there. And teleporting spells could do it, not to mention we don't know what's possible with Dreamtime. I brought that up. Yeah, you can yeah, not, we'll to not, 
not to counter you, but I'm just wondering, does Riffs talk about why people from, I have a suspicion, but does Riffs talk about why somebody doesn't just fly 747 with these abilities to Australia? All of, almost, now he, he specifically said Triax has this, okay, but most people do not. The most, most uh, flying machines of all types have a nuclear power source, which means they last for 20 years. But the jets specifically have continued or sustained flight time. And with the, with the limit in speeds in, in rifts, like anything that goes above, uh, there's almost nothing that goes above the speed of sound. And there's almost nothing commonly that goes above 250 miles an hour. You can't make the trip across an ocean going 250 miles an hour in the eight to 10 hours it takes to 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 do you know to get past that you can't your 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 jets are going to overheat now of course there are some there are some that can you know sustain for 12 hours 18 hours and you know some of the but those aren't common especially not in north america so there aren't many ways to get to australia even if you remembered it was there which no one does well, see, that's what I was going to think. And and not only that, but survival right now, I think people would just be so, I care about this area right here, this 25 mile area, whatever it happens to be. I can't think about things way out there in Australia, if it even exists anymore, because, you know, survival here sucks. Why am I going to worry about that? Exactly. Hey, Sam, a suit. You want to fly to New Zealand for me? No. Not really. Oh, <laughs> no, he'd never make it. Yeah. He never make it. So I, I did this one for you because I wanted to see your response. Animals, Animals are, are psychic in real life. I have no response to that. <laughs> oh, come on. Yes, you do. I have I no idea how to respond to something like that. Okay. He's basically telling me the sky is orange. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's not. <laughs> Michael says, uh, hello, my name is Bob the Shifter. This yeah. is my best friend. Hold on. Sam the Song Juicer. I take him everywhere so he can experience as much as possible. That's, that's fair. That is something a shifter would do. <laughs> Kill your party. That's exactly what shifters do. All right, so okay. Uh oh, I meant to here. We'll just pop that and then pop that. Oof. I don't even know if I want this third segment, but I guess here we go. <laughs> this third part. Um, so what are you gonna talk about for uh next? next? I'm gonna talk about the adventure ideas using the Australian source book as your guide. Now, uh, like I said earlier, the, the book doesn't give you anything, but I'm going to piece some stuff together from what the book does give so you can have something that that resembles a campaign based in australia now that we're in between segments just during that last segment mark wrote back he says he'll be happy to join us next week so next week is not going to be forbidden lands it's going to be preparing for mark mckinnon to join us and talk about absolute power superhero rpg seasons one and two plus anthology backer kit so if you guys Sweet. have any qu questions, comments, concerns for uh, Mr. McKinnon and uh, anything to do with, obviously, the primary conversations can be about absolute power, but we can sneak in a couple of Bessem questions, too, if you want. Uh, go ahead and post that on our Discord. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't be against talking about some of his other products, right? <laughs> I'm sure not. <clears throat> All 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is our third and final video for Rift's World Book 19 Australia. And in this, I'm going to talk about the possible adventures or campaigns you can derive from this book to give your players some fun and and uh, and beautiful role-playing experience. Now, this book does not give you anything built in. These are just ideas, some things that came to my mind. And you may like my mind, you may not like my mind, but you'll be able to make your own decisions if you buy the book. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, here we are. Now, having read the, having uh, watched the background and some of the OCC and RCCs of this game, you may already have ideas on how you would run a campaign in Australia. Well, these are mine. First, the obvious, Mad Max. And everyone is either a road ganger or running from road gangers. You can have an entire campaign, just like there were several movies, set inside a pseudo Mad Max universe. You definitely can do that. Magic can take a background note in this one. It's fine because there aren't a lot of powerful magic you know, uh, magic users in Australia, just, just like Africa, the, the magic isn't utilized very well compared to other parts of the world. So this is completely doable and you can start as a road ganger and your job is to conquer and be parasites and, and survive another day by leeching off of the supplies and hard work of other people. Or you can be the other people trying to defend yourselves against these road gangers who are a constant, not nuisance, a constant objective threat to your life, liberty, and the pursuit of breathing in Australia at all times. You can do that. And that's a perfectly legitimate campaign. And a lot of people who uh, who read the book would like, yeah, I want to do that because that sounds better, right? Well, there there's other things. I mean, you, you can use the book as intended and you could go against the frog god. <laughs> because the, the frog god, remember if you if you if you uh watch the video the first video of the background on australia there is a god an evil demon god in the middle of the inland sea of australia that when he grows big and strong he's going to drink the ocean of the world and all people will die so you probably want to stop that right I don't think so. And what I didn't say earlier is that this frog god has a bunch of demon frog minions to protect him as he grows into his full maturity. I mean, he's a god. He's got to have followers. It, well, he's got to have minions. And he does. Frog demon minions. And they are no joke. So getting to the tadpole, going to be rough. But you can spend, just like the just like in Africa where you're fighting against the horsemen, you can have a whole campaign fighting against Tequilic, the frog demon god. You can do that. And 
you you can use some of the some of the uh more esoteric occs of this book to do that the the sham man the the white shaman the outbacker stuff like that you 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 can use uh, an, an eclectic mix of occs and it fits because all of them don't want to die and all of them live in australia and by extension the planet so we don't want this frog guy to drink all the water sounds like a bad time because it is so that's what you can have in your adventure you can make it that way or or you could go north america in australia because the two cities of australia perth and melbourne are technocratic uh what do you call it uh what's what's the word that's not democracy and not communism uh Dictatorships. That's right. Yeah. Tyrannical dictatorships. And so they have, they have coalition state type rules. Everyone who is not part of the city state is a barbarian and savage worthy of death and destruction. Are they against each other also? No, they are not. Okay. Because they are not barbarians like the dirty aborigines and the outbackers. Okay. Magic is outlawed. Magic is only evil. Magic caused Australia to be to, to become a crap hole in the first place. Why venerate it? Screw it. Burn all magic users at the stake. Yeah. You can be part of one of these two cities. And you, you will have, obviously, a high-tech OCC. You, you could possibly be a juicer. Juicer uh, technology in Australia is not widespread, but it's not unknown. Like regular juicer, not song juicer? Regular juicer, okay. yes. Regular juicer. <laughs> Real juicer, juicer variants don't exist. Don't worry okay. about that. Don't exist. The the base juicer is possible, but a lot of your base OCCs can be used in place of the Australia ones. City rat, mercenary, stuff like that. Uh, there is there are no real full conversion cyborg, but partial conversion is here. So you can be any of that, and you can have a whole campaign of you against the outbackers and the aborigines trying to. Uh, trying to enlighten the land from the dirty savages, or you can go another way and you went out on a patrol and your, your helicopter or your, your hovercopter, whatever got shot down. And now you go all dances with wolves and you, you <laughs> native. And now you have to fight against your former city state for, for the freedom of all Australia. You could do that too. It's up to you and what, and what your players want or expect. You can do that with this. You can. So those right there are three off the top of my head ideas that you can form campaigns from this book and which one you use, if any, will depend on how much magic you want in your world. The Mad Max world is very low magic. The Frog God world is very high magic. And the the Aussie uh, city state uh, CS is okay. how the book is written with the medium amount of magic. So compare, if you compare this book to our favorites, New West, Spirit West, and Africa, where do you put this? Yeah, it's worse than Africa. This is this is the worst book I have reviewed from from Palladium as a world book. Notice I as a world book because world books should have things. World books should have things. Africa didn't have didn't have things that it should have had. Australia doesn't have things that Africa also didn't have, but it also doesn't have 
vital OCCs that are referenced several times in this book are dependent on other OCCs and yet still don't exist. That makes this book fundamentally broken. And you, you think that's due to the fact that the, that the second book never came out? Yeah, because the second book never came out. And because of that, this book is worthless. It's kind of like having a player's guide and having a GM's guide, but only having one of them. How can you play a full game? You can't. You can either be a player or a game master. You can't be, you, you can't do the other thing. So, you know, it's not I didn't add peer, but it's, it's along the same vein. I got you. You know, I didn't like new West because I don't want to see a cyborg wearing a cowboy hat, smoking a cigar and using a spittoon. You know, I, I understand. Just, yeah. I understand. Uh, there, I, there, aren't was, a, there aren't a lot of, of uh, hurtful caricatures in this thing because this book is not racist anyway no matter no, what I, I wasn't necessarily saying. going that route i just found something uh, nothing in here nothing about this book like mutants down under i found interesting riding bugs sure yeah uh, you know you know deal with the nonsense that was going down there that and this book is only look how skinny that book is <laughs> like the what you just covered there's nothing inspired in this somebody made that comment let me find that comment too yeah, nothing, no compelling reason to buy it. Africa at least had the four horsemen. Also, I feel with Africa, I could add in something like the Mali Empire. You know, since Kevin really likes to go back to find things that happen in history and, and, and revitalize that. Well, Mali is the richest country the world has ever known. Yeah, it, it had the, the richest ruler. What was his name? Yeah, I forget his name, but he bankrupt Alexandria. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, yeah he went to Alexandria and he threw so much gold at the peasants. Yep. That that gold became worthless. <laughs> so you know, but there, was there are things outside of the four horsemen that you can do there that 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 at least can be interesting if you want to do it. Although I thought the OCCs were uninspired. The necromancy is like meh, whatever. Here I'm finding all that, but even worse. Like uh, there's yes. nothing about uh, about Rifts Africa to, or Rifts Australia to me. Like none of the OCCs are interesting. The, the I didn't hear you talk anything. Now it could be that you skipped it, but I didn't hear you talk anything about the landscape that makes it like okay, you know, you got the Coalition versus Tolkien versus Federation of Magic versus uh, a Laszlo. Uh, you've got Archie yeah. and you've got uh, uh, Mechanoids. You got yada 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 dinosaurs in the southeast. Here's like, hey, you got a desert. You got two cities. You got some people driving around in the dirt. All right, have a day. That, you know. That's basically it. I mean, it, it doesn't give you a roadmap of a, of a civilization or a culture because the Aboriginal shaman doesn't exist. So we don't know his culture, which should be the culture of most of Australia, right? Mm -hmm. With the magic returning, that should be pivotal, but yeah. doesn't exist. So there's a hole right there. And all of the outbackers, they're, they're, their cultures come and go so often that you literally can't codify them. You can't. Yeah, I don't. And, I don't find anything compelling about that. No, they're they're, they're yeah. I got to admit, there really isn't. So, really the, isn't. The, so I'm going to flip the script on you with this other comment that I starred, and I know you already gave your three ideas for adventures, but what reason would anyone want to play in Australia? Okay, Rift, specific Rifts Australia. Obviously, we're talking specifically Rifts Australia, not regular Australia. Rifts Australia. If if you wanted your group to not have access to the rest of the world. This is perfect. Absolutely perfect. It is connected to nothing. There's the, the, the book tells you there's, there's almost no way to get there from here. So if, if you want 
your game to be geographically isolated and other source books not be allowed to be entered into play, basing yourself in Australia is the smartest play. Well, there we go. Uh, hopefully, like uh, Heathen Dog's coverage of Rifts Australia, it definitely was an eye opener for me. Uh, at, at one point, when you're going through that that spell ju- or song juicer, though, I was doing, I was like, oh god, please make this end soon. Oh, please make this end soon. But uh, but no, I mean, it looks like it was a really good try at something that one didn't complete itself, no. and also kind of seemed to be half thought out. Yeah, and pardon me for saying that. But but even outside the holes, I meant it when I said before, this seems like it was written by, okay, well, let's make it a 15-year-old that wanted to giggle through it. Like, I, I, I don't find the book, like, when I think Rift's Earth, I think darkness with a hope. Survival, but we can band together as humanity. And this rips all of that apart and not even an interesting, like, oh, this is why they're doing that. Just like, nah, everybody's crazy. If I was from Australia, I'd feel offended, not because exactly like you said, not because I find any aspect of the book racist or whatever, because the fact like what you think everybody down here is just a nut job that we none of it. We're all just a bunch of like you said before Negans. Yeah, Negans. Yeah, they're all a bunch of Negans. No. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I can say that I, I uh, this is a book that I'm going to say that Kevin and Sean, if you ever watch our live streams, I don't think you do, though. Uh, <laughs> This book needs to be redone because I think Australia, like Mutants Down Under, is a great start. It was it needs poorly to be, handled. Yeah, it needs to be redone from the ground up. Maybe keep some of the concepts, but you know, especially if they belong to Australian or Aboriginal lore, I say keep it. But it needs to be done from the ground up and needs it just needs an overhaul because Australia can be so great and we all know it can be great. This wasn't it. All right. Oh my God. Now I can talk about it. This book has been hammered for racism, racism against Aborigines. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, I glossed over the part of the background that was, uh, that, that was, uh, an NPC talking about his tribes and tribulations in Australia. The reason being is because depending on on how you want to be offended you could say it's racist between racist against black against aborigines or racist against white people because in several areas in this book it says that white people are invaders burn them at the stake they deserve nothing they are not of the land and then there are several places in this book where aborigines are 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 basically called upon as as backwater hicks <laughs> both are true but you will only find offense if you go looking for it in this instance you have to go looking for it now a lot of people have gone looking for it in, including on the horribly toxic palladium books forums one poster in particular Pepsi Jedi. Don't know his real name. Don't care. He found, he, I don't know, he he turned over stones in this book that don't exist to, to, to find racism. <laughs> he really did. He, he stretched credibility to a breaking point to prove 
that the the that Palladium books by extension and the author in particular are racist and he is a pure white virtue knight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Pepsi Jedi, wherever you are, you're a dick. Die in a hole. You or and everyone like you. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand people like that. I haven't been to the Palladium forums in such a long time. And the few times that I have been there, it was arguing about like, it wasn't even game stuff. It's like you were saying. It's just like the, the Palladium Discord, the one that Palladium shouts out. They have so many rules there about uh, you have to be woke or go away that it, no. Th- those people are projecting their own racism. That's how it always is. And we're not going to dive down the old segment twos, but but that's what it is. They're projecting their own nonsense because nobody else sees it or cares. Nobody yeah. else, like, you know, cultural appropriation, as even Sean said on the show, uh, you know, that's cultural affirmation. That's cultural appreciation, you know. So, yeah, all modern forms are toxic as fuck. You might be right. So, all right, let's quickly get the link out there. Uh, Peruse yeah. through a couple comments, and I got to eat, man. <laughs> I really got to eat. Oh, that's not it. Why do I still have those slides up there? I don't know. All right, for segment three today, we're going to keep it kind of short. I know we missed it last week. We're going to keep it kind of short again today, but that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, check your audio and surroundings if you call in. Heathen Dog will get the link out there in a moment. I'll get it over get there it. on the Rumble side. One question or comment related to segment one or two will respond. You get one follow-up. Or Hawkman, are you listening? <laughs> and then we'll hang up. Watch the language. It's our job to be weirdos, not yours. There we go. And uh, let me get the comments up here. Present. I will no longer be able to read chat because it's going to zoom that in as well. And you go ahead and grab him since I'm not ready here. Okay. Hello, Mar Hawkman. What do you got? Hi. Uh, hello. Uh, you can hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, when you guys were going over the adventure ideas thing, and okay, something that I started thinking about previously when you were describing the way the geography of Australia had changed was yep. making the players go find Cooper PD. Who? Uh, who it's some insight, I, I it, saw that in chat, yeah. but I, I don't know the reference. It, it, it's the name of a mining town in the Australian outback yep. uh, where uh, the, the, the biggest thing that they, they did there was mining opals and, and selling them as gemstones. The, oh. what, what made it uh, famous in real life is that while it is actually a town of, uh, <sighs> A real I'm not town. sure. Yeah. It's, it's a town of several hundred people that's mostly underground because they dug mines and then just built houses inside the empty mine tunnels after they dug them. Sure. If, if here's the thing, Mahatman, is, that is, is that's crazy encyclopedic knowledge. It'd be great for your table, but most people don't care, don't know. <laughs> well, no, no. You, you, don't, you don't have to tell them, oh, it's all about this, that. No, you show them through, you know, months and months of gameplay, you know, and you, you find this place and maybe it 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 survived the cataclysm because they built underground and this place was geologically more stable than the rest of the country and or planet and yeah. and you have you have a, a a lineage that goes back to the golden age I, i'm not sure what elevation it, it uh is or what elevation it would be after the well, whole like rifts cataclysm well, that, that, that is the but cool it's thing in the outback the so it may or may not be underwater <laughs> yeah that is the cool thing about the game if you want it to be underwater you can if you don't it isn't that's great you know because it's a game you, you you can you can move places around so no that is an excellent adventure idea 
I, I I didn't I didn't know about the city stuff like that, but now that I do, yeah, yeah, you could you could run, you know, the the player characters could be from there, or or they they could find it, and and uh, align with it or attack it for for its for its uh, pre riffs technology stuff. Yeah, there's a whole plethora of a, of adventure ideas that can make a campaign based off of this city. You're absolutely right. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, also it's one of the few like significant landmarks in the outback that has people in it <laughs> there you go right. or you go. did anyways well, I, thank you mar hawk thank you so that, that that comment though reminds me like uh, it's kind of like uh when you were talking about some of the stuff in in forbidden lands now i really liked how you responded to this here where you said that uh you know in rifts you can pretty much do what you want you want to be underground because the world's in in the world's been destroyed or right for lack of a better term is is sometimes that i think some people and i saw some comments based on this as well forget that these are fantasy games they're meant yeah. to be fun and i think sometimes people put too much literalism in there yeah uh, you know if, whether if you put too much real life into your game then 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 the wokies come out of the woodwork and now <laughs> you can't do anything right all right keep those wokies away Keep your game as much fantasy as possible, just enough real life injected into it so, so people can wrap their brain around it. That's yeah. perfect. Yes. So, uh, well, this wasn't from last week, but I stopped on it because I'm uh, glad to see someone that refuses to acknowledge uh, Riff's uh, Ultimate Edition Ultimate as well. Uh, but that's not how Sixth Sense works, even though you read it correctly. You aren't sure. made aware of the danger only when it's 90 feet from you. You are aware of the danger to you or anyone within 90 feet of you once the danger is put into action. If you say so, no, I get it. Yeah, I get what he's saying too. It's like the whole paladin thing, where it's like, no, no, yeah. you can't detect good or evil. You detect good intent when that intent is, you know, is implemented. Okay, right. So, boom gun fired from two miles away at someone ninety-one feet from you. You won't have a clue it's coming. A long-range missile fired at you are close enough that shrapnel hit you or anyone with ninety feet of you from five hundred miles away. You will know as soon as the trigger is pressed, since it will take less than sixty seconds to reach you. Okay. That's an interesting way of reading it. I don't know if that's technically right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But it makes, at least in gameplay terms, this makes the gameplay adjudication much easier. Sure. Uh, oh, geez. Okay. Um, I'm not going to read. Wow, I didn't realize he had a lot more to say there, but uh, he, you can go back and read that at some point. It's, uh, let's see. That's oh, there's a Rift's Africa. Sorry, I'm not going to. We're on a little bit of time crunch here, so I'm only going to these now. Uh, I'd like to use a campaign. I like to use a campaign driven by the gods. Once ran okay. a game for six years where the Atlanteans were trying to summon Kronos to Earth to fight Splin, and the Greek pantheon was trying to stop it. It included time travel, TV, what? TV rights, okay. Uh, and even a side mission to stop the Four Horsemen. Not power gaming is... Uh, oh, now I think it's... Now power gaming is for wussies. Rifts is for the brave and the bold GMs. I get it, and... And that that uh, the thing is, Chronos uh, though, really seriously, you're, it, it's it, it's kind of like solving your infestation problem by setting off a nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, well, my, my 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 house has cockroaches. Nuke it. You got rid of the cockroaches. Good job. I, I I don't know. Um, I like this in a fantasy concept. I wouldn't necessarily want this in my Rifts game, but that's just flavor. That's just, honestly, yeah. that's flavor. That's I awesome. look for different things in the game, and his idea with this, I mean, that's the cool thing about Rifts, and it's also the thing, you know, again, I struggle with with Rifts, is you can do whatever the F you want with it, Yeah, and nothing is considered out of bounds necessarily, so. <laughs> no, that's completely fair. Yeah, I like boundaries, but uh, uh, here's, uh, hey, do you, uh, 
this is a foreign. So, uh, you want to make a, a video about horrors and the scourge? I know you have much more fascination with the horrors than I do. Strangely enough, because that's weird. <laughs> but because normally I'm you know the what? one that's uh, into that stuff. But uh, they 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 have uh, don't they have a source book? A first so, edition source book on the horrors. Yeah, first yeah. edition source book for horrors. Yeah, maybe I'll do that next year as a as a as a deep dive. Okay. Uh, or even a how to like how to how to put Virgie Gorm in your game. Yeah. don't <laughs> don't do that don't do that uh but now the, the history of the scourge i mean wow that's that the is problem. huge well it's either really huge it's almost like the forb- where i struggled with forbidden lands today yeah. i either, either have too to much detail- or not enough exactly yeah yep all right um Nema coalition oh here we go do you guys have anything to do with a guy named carrie blackman or something like that who i don't know who that is so no uh I don't know the name, so no. And I always do that. There should not be a comma there. I don't know. I love commas before so's. All right. Um. Oh, Curious is watching now. Oh, that was for the Friday. Oh, well, this is for our members only. We can read it. Dan was busy doing chores, missed out on live stream. My apologies. Hey, you're a member, man. We thank you. Yeah. So yeah. we're appreciative of you. Can, you can watch it a bunch. Howdy, howdy from Halcyon. Good to see you guys. The only uh, you can go back and watch it though. You remember, so you can watch it anytime. Yep. Oh God, run on sentences here. That's not that one. Um, I once had a friend run a rifts game for me and and one other player. He did Wormwood setting, and the other player got to make a demigod, and I was a Wormwood native warrior with twenty two, with a twenty two PP physical prowess. Oh, pres- yeah, okay. And was effing useless next to the other guy. This is when the Kevin Sorbo Hercules show was just starting and we were fans. We found out the hard way. It didn't make a good RPG theme as it does a show. Right. Yes. Playing Aeolus sucked. I'll let you go first, but I've got a, I've got a kind of a story on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 big problem with uh with riffs as it goes on, and Max knows there's there's power creep. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what Kevin says. You cannot use base base riffs, OCCs and, and RCCs with riffs ultimate edition era OCCs and RCCs. They are not the same. They are not completely incompatible. Yeah, they're compatible by the rules. Yes, by play, no. And this actually tells us that mm-hmm. right here. I mean, he was playing, and when Wormwood came out, the war the Wormwood Warrior was strong comparatively strong a contender with all the other occs and riffs then years later you get crap like a demigod and a godling or mind bleeder or mind raper or whatever the hell you want to call it you know that it, it, it they're they're laughable children now and being 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 uh being areolus i would i would call him areolus because it's funny but uh, uh being being the sidekick of a demigod a normal human sidekick to a demigod is painful it's painful and i wouldn't want to be it or play it so right. i i feel it i feel that pain here's the sticking point to this i would say this makes a great game no 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 can make a great game there's the rub you have to be willing to be second fiddle and yep. let's use an example from the game that i can't remember was uh, bob running it or garth either way do you remember you remember elemental i saw elemental yeah. i saw right now we laugh about that because it wasn't a big deal 
but characters or players like the epin i can do this i can i'm better than you haha you might think you're tough but i'm actually tougher and let's use this as a borg it took him a long time to hurt me with that 1d6 or 2d6 mega damage that he was doing i had a couple hundred mdc right but he had one extra attack to me per round and he had like plus 19 to his dodge I was never going to hit him. Every single round, he got one extra attack than me. So he could dodge, 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 you know, use because he didn't get auto dodge. Dodge, 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 clink. Dodge, 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 clink. And the only time you hit him is when you rolled a 20. Yes. And, the, and he'd have to roll a 20 and please, but he did the little fucker. But, uh, but we weren't meant to go against each other like that. But, but the point is, is that's what players do a lot. That's why they'll cry, whether it's Dungeons Dragons or Earth Dawn or uh, after the, whatever. Oh, it's not balanced. It's not balanced. It's not balanced. So it, they will struggle with this if you have good role players who don't worry about that and see like you are the city you're the vagabond i want to use that you're the vagabond i know your role i know everywhere we go there's something you can do to get some information for us everywhere we go you can you're gonna know people in the sewers you're gonna know you somehow you're talking to the uppity ups i don't know how whatever sure you're not gonna pew pew things better than me and sure you're not gonna cyber doc people as well as the doctor and you might not be able to hack a computer as well as uh, the rogue scientist but my God, but you can do all those things everywhere. Yeah. So what, what you want to find in a game like this, the, if, if, uh, if one role is obvious, you know, second seat, right. Mm-hmm. Obvious second seat, the person you want sitting in that chair is a person who likes playing bards, who likes playing druids, who, who likes playing support classes in other mm-hmm. games. He will fit in as the Aeolus to somebody else's hercules because he's used to that and he sees the value in that because it it does have value mm -hmm. if you have the right mindset hercules can't be everywhere the jedi can't be everywhere at some point the mundane person is going to have to do something while the strong man or the smart man or whatever it is is taking care of gandalf couldn't be everywhere no no and more importantly some people just don't don't trust Hercules because he's supernatural because he's half a god and they don't trust gods. Then, then you, you got you got your normal guy Aeolus there who can talk to folk mm-hmm. as folk. I'm a folk. You're a folk. We can we can talk. You're yep. not talking to a, a, a vastly powerful demigod. You're talking to me, man. Exactly. I'm one of you. And so you have, you have the ultimate negotiator on your side. It's a good deal. But a lot of people are are have the blinders on. They don't understand that 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 though that the the second fiddle guy has stuff that that the prime actor just can't do. And I would say this is well, it's it's a game master problem with regard to you need to know your players. Well, yeah, you also need to inform your players and and guide them where they need it to try and get them in the right headspace. If they can't, well, then you've got to play. You got to change your game up, right? As a game master, you have to adapt. But try, try and guide them into the role. But if they're just vehemently against it, then, okay, you abandon that and try something else. Definitely more of a game master issue than a player issue, but it's based on player issues because, again, the players are always, not always, but oftentimes players are competing. You know, and, yeah, anyway. Um, will you cover Sizecape? I do have Sizecape. Oh, oops. 
Awesome. Yeah, I do have it, but uh, yeah, I could. Sure. Okay. Well, there you go. You've, you've been asked. <laughs> I have. And he's a common commenter. Oh, uh, he's, he's not a member? Pfft. Wow! Are Asgard dwarves an RCC, or are they allowed to accept an OCC? They are an RCC. Okay. My gnome horses, Brock, Cindy, and all. What? Okay. Good for you. This is, he's time stamped it, so we could go back and look at what that's about, but I don't know off the top of my head, so I'm not going to mark that either. one. So that uh, is Cthulhu okay. alien intelligence or a god or both? Okay, Cthulhu is an alien intelligence. Yeah. You yeah. talked about all, that at some point way in the past, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, all and anything stronger in the mythos than an than an elder god is an alien intelligence if you converted it to rips. Yeah, again, a lot of things here there. Timestamp, which is great. Thank you for timestamping. It just doesn't work for this. So we'll go back and give you real comments later. Um so and so I'm not gonna mark it, otherwise I'll forget. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Go back to the last the last thing. Uh, uh don't does, both the Norse and Olympian pantheons act pretty petulant in the old myth yeah yeah i mean norse uh, the the norse pantheon didn't really give a shit about people as as much as most people would like you know didn't really care whether they lived or died as 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 long as while they were alive they they did what they were told and the olympian pantheon abused people they needed them and they loved them but they backhanded them in a lot well, also they, the Olympian they gave them pantheon, the, back of the hand quite a lot. The Olympian pantheon was very much stereotypes of how commoners viewed uh, higher ups, nobles. Yeah, yeah. nobles. So yeah. you know, sleeping with their own uh, uh, siblings. You know, I'm going to feed you rocks so that you because you pissed me out because you slept with yeah. somebody. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. uh, your average player here cannot easily defile a god easily at all. Okay. Your your average player character cannot win against a god. That's an old if, one. If they do, it's the game master who who messed up. Game master who messed up. Oh, is Patrick watching right now? I'll answer this because Patrick is one of our, our known viewers. This game seems overly complex. It isn't. Um, I, I actually generally like how this game Conan plays. The book is written horribly, but uh, Mutant Chronicles and, and uh, Conan, the 2D20 system, I generally like how it goes until you start banking momentum and you know doing all that banking nonsense that's that's where it loses me uh 10 minute introduction oh, uh i feel a simple d20 oh okay oh this is mutant zero. I'll, I'll come back to that i thought that was riffs mutant oh, zero. We'll, yeah, i'll come back what's I, that about a bandom why well, i think For... d20 would be better nope get out well th th so that's one of those arguments that i don't get into much anymore where uh, some people just want a simple d20 for everything i think it's boring i think a simple yeah. d20 is boring i like click clack math rocks i want to roll dice other people think it gets in the way of games i get it you know your mileage may vary if you think a simple d20 works for you go for it i find that boring as hell but that's that's just my playstyle. um Corios novel the secret of nestor empire <laughs> ouch I hate that stupid jumping nonsense. Where is it? There it is. Uh, Rania body. Oh, ooh. my previous character survived the jungle beast of Kua, a battle on an asteroid mining station, bounty hunters on Mira, a djinn on a derelict spaceship, fanatical martyrs on Zealous, a portal jump mishap causing the spaceship to plummet into the sun, and visited lower settlers on Cor Coriolis to rescue a kidnapped friend. Does that not sound like a diverse? Like that, that sounds like a, at least a year long campaign. 
only got killed during a firefight in a smuggler's den where a grenade caused a hull breach. Oh my god. My old oh, characters are dangers of space travel. Yeah. At any moment, the hull could breach and you just die. But I love this comment because it shows that Coriolis isn't just spaceship combat. It isn't just worrying about the politics. It isn't like there's a lot to it. And two of these things can happen in one of the small modules I have behind me quite easily. So great comment. I like that. And I, you know, I might have to pin, you know, I think I am going to pin this comment because I think people need to understand that. uh, Oh, I can't pin from there. Okay. never mind. I'll have to do that. What I just click on. Well, hopefully I didn't delete his comment. That'd be great. Um, uh, best to think of Coriolis Station is a gargantuan spinning oh, wait, cylinder. No, no, you're, you're not. You're not there anymore. Uh, yep, not there I, anymore. I see that. Yep, I yep. see that. There you go. I have to scroll all the way down again. Um, I think we're almost done anyway. You had a lot. I know that. I didn't have too many. Like normal, our, our Palladium stuff. Hey, we finally solidified ourselves as the Palladium channel because our Palladium stuff gets lots of views now. Um, there you go. Best to think of Coriolis Station as a gargantuan spinning cylindrical city where the people and buildings are on the inside of the wall and the cylinder in the center. Of the, very sick. Well, of the cylinder and the center of the cylinder is vast open space. Okay. Mm. Well, the, the main thing it was just the art style made it seem like it was so huge. When really that's an illusion, but uh, I think we were talking about that. Oh, YouTube apes, anyone who isn't a useless eater food? All right, that's not a comment that has anything to do with this. Uh, get an extra D. Okay, if you get an extra 1D6 for rolling 60 on attribute, how does that work with variable stats? I think I replied or you replied. Oh no! Oh no! Okay! 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 No, uh, Ke- Kevin. Ke- uh, Kevin, what is what is what's his name? Replied, but yeah. no. Uh, the the whole the whole plus one d six if you roll a sixteen or higher, that's on three d six only. Now I don't know of any rules for four or five d six for similar things, but I don't imagine they exist because for for non supernatural species, you're not supposed to have especially mental stats over thirty. And it is way too possible to do it if you have four or five D six. And there's a lot of mortal races that have four or five D six in stats for your base role. So, uh, in, on, on, unless you can find it in a rule book that I don't know about, no, you, you don't get the extra D six for exceptional. The if way I've always rule. done it is only with three D six. And if you roll a 16, 17 or 18, you get to roll the extra. That is literally it. No 46, no 5D6, no 1D6, right. no 2D, just 3D6. That's how I do it. That's all, and and that, that's how I think the rule is. And uh, Chill Gamer says, I thought you only get to roll the extra 6 if you roll a 6. No. No, if, if you roll a 16 or higher, you get to roll another D6 and add that to it. Yeah. If you roll a 6, you get to go one more time, which means you get a maximum of 30. Maximum possible of 30. Like I said, if you roll your initial 3d6, if you roll a 16, 17, or 18, you get to add a d6. If you roll a 6 on that d6, you get to add another d6, but stop adding at that point, even and if you roll another another 6. So if you roll three 6s, another 6, and another 6, that's 18, 24, 30. That's your cap. That's a riffs only rule, right? Because uh, after the bomb, you only get one additional roll. You, that, don't get, you don't get it, two. It could be a riffs only rule, but that okay. that's basically yeah. Okay. Um, additionally, if you elevate your and this is what I want because I've actually heard people talk about this. If you have a fifteen and you take weightlifting and you get that plus two to your strength and you now have a seventeen, that does not give you a roll. You have to. It's only what you roll on the dice at the at the time you roll them. 
You hear what I'm saying? No. So if you roll a 15, I just rolled 3d6, got a 15. That's no extra oh, roll. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter what skills or whatever OCC abilities you get later on. If it adds to, yep. oh, it's, it's a 16 now. No, it, 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 it's by the rules. It's in there. Yep. It, you have at the time you roll the stat, if it's a 16 plus, then you get to roll an extra. If not, you're boned. Get out. Uh, mental stats don't go past 30 for mortals and supernatural physical endurance is like zero fatigue. Okay. Because I, I just asked the question in there, like, what does it mean? Because strength to me and maybe physical prowess well, is like the only one that matters or IQ. Yeah. But like yeah. MA, who cares if you have a 30 MA? I know it gives you a bonus, but who cares? Yeah. But what uh, the, the, reason he, the reason he wrote that is because I didn't bring it up. What I said was, if you have a supernatural physical endurance, more than likely you are also an MDC creature. But he is right. Supernatural physical endurance also makes you tire either not at all or at 10th the rate of normal. Okay, God, you got a million comments here. Vagabond can take all the skills to, uh, to steal a tank or a hover cycle and drive it really well right from level one. Then you could also take six psi powers from the, uh, if the GM allows psionics and be pretty effective in both combat and in and out of it. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know about uh, the psi uh, power everyone, thing. Everyone sleeps on, on the high-skill OCCs, and that's a big mistake. Well, what I keep hearing is that, the, that it's better to be a rogue scholar than a vagabond. It's better to be a, a headhunter than a vagabond. It's better to be a city rat than a vagabond. It's better to be a borg than a vagabond. Like, like well, every OCC in the game is better than the vagabond. And right, I, see, I, don't, I don't believe that. The reason being is because even if you get one or two more or as many skills as the vagabond, the vagabond's big strength is he has almost no limitations on the skills he can take. Almost none for his related skills. It's almost all of them. Yeah. Whereas all the other OCCs have a much more limited range with their related skills. Physical skills don't increase MDC. Each skill says it specifically gives SDC since you I aren't. In M this, I think. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, well, I'll give him a like yeah, for I being did. here since cannon conversion call. Okay. Uh, all right, then we'll move on. Uh, space cell space doors from three galaxies are identical, uh, are identical stats to Asgardian ones. That is that is true. That okay. that is true. Uh, space dwarves, uh, certain certain. I don't I don't know if the general space dwarves are MDC creatures, okay. but there there are dwarves and elves in the three galaxies in the phase world universe that are MDC creatures as well because they've been suffused with magic. Because everywhere is is super. But, magic. but again, scope creep. Again, yeah, and plus it's, creep, it's, yeah. It's, it's a book that isn't part of this book, so I didn't get into it. Papa was rolling stone. He rolled all over your mom. Now that's how you start a video. <laughs> I responded to that too. Okay. Uh, would you say, can see if a Max had a hard time. I don't even remember you saying it. Yeah. It I was, don't even think was I was listening opening. to you was, when you said elevator pitch opening yeah. and no one could see it because you had the, you had the thumbnail up. But it went, when I said Papa was a rolling stone and he rolled all over your mom, you went, Oh, weird. Cause I honestly, when, when I saw the comment first, I was like, I don't even remember him saying that. So, but then again, to be fair, I don't remember what I streamed on Friday, so... Uh, okay, we don't need this. Okay, all right. I know there's some Coriolis ones here, but Legion Myth Politics video wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, okay, you know what I respond to that? Only if I see me and he and dog fight. No, politically, we are very different. <laughs> so, uh, as long as no one gets personal and respect, uh, you no. Know, it, it, politics yeah. leads politics, down a road. Politics, religion, no. There, it, it always degenerates on, unless, unless you have a moderator with a gun. And I think I answered the rest. So, boom. All right. Well, I put the last call out there. So I think we're done. I will let you do some words of wisdom. I've got a lot of stuff to, to highlight. And hopefully that Twitch stuff worked. Otherwise, I am really screwed. Because it takes forever to download these videos and re-upload yep, them. Um, so let me put this on the screen and uh, let you go.
All right. If if you like riffs or palladium in general, and you're looking for a new book, I cannot in any way recommend Australia. Sure, it's it's got some neat stuff, but it's half baked and and uh, poorly utilized, and it just doesn't work as a world book. If you want aspects of it, get it as a reference book. I'm not going to be mad. No one's going to be mad at you. You get it as a reference book and cherry pick because that's what it seems like it did anyway. It's, it's, it's a bunch of cherry pick crap mashed together badly to try and mimic a world book, which it doesn't. So I, I cannot recommend it at all. And uh, as far as Forbidden Lands goes, so far, so good. I mean, I am not a huge fan of of the darkening of of Tolkien tropes as far as the races go but I'm not mad at it. You know, it, it's, it's got like, I, I understand it. It's not the way I would have went, but it's not bad. And as, as long as you keep an open mind, I, I really recommend you, you continue with this, with this forbidden lands with us. So, so we can, how we can all see how that unfolds and, and maybe more of it will fall into place and and make sense and fit where it's supposed to be and as a whole the the game will flow a lot better than it seems to right now 